Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. It's episode 33 of the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. I'm Brent Griffith and he is... Uh, who am I, Brent? I put him on the spot. Yeah, exactly. I was sitting here looking at my notes. Now, I'm Whitney Roberts, and I would like to welcome everybody to this you month's have, episode of the show. You have to make a note of who you are? Yeah, I do. I do. Well, yeah. you know, I can't spell my name without looking at my exactly. driver's license, so it's okay. You know how this stuff goes, man. You know how this stuff goes. Got your head, you know, just kind of shoulders deep, shoulder deep in the notes and everything, and that's what happens, man. Well, it's, it's pre-production for the show. We want good content. Yeah, Great show. Yep, yep. That's what, that's what you want. So, speaking of content, Brent, one thing that... Uh, uh, we have talked about for the past couple of months, and I, I know that we've kind of batted it back and forth and even uh, maybe even mentioned it on, on what, a couple of the past episodes, is we were eventually going to get around to doing a top 10 list of our favorite games. I think, And this was this was a threat that you finally uh, made. I, had, keep, I had keep to make good it, on. I keep messing with Whitney. I keep calling it the threat that he made. We're going to do this. <laughs> you, see, During, you feel that, Brent? That's the power of my thumb. You feel that? That's what it I've is. I've had this pressure for a month. I got to do this. He's going to break my kneecaps, folks. You actually brought this up again on the last show. Yes. So this is... This is how we've gotten here. Yeah. We are going to do this. It's going to be a thing. I yeah. have made peace with it. Yeah. No, no. This this is going to be neat because I'm kind of curious to hear how your top 10 list works itself out. So for everybody uh, listening out there in, in podcast land, Brent and I have not shared, have not shared this list. We've not shared our notes or anything like that. So this is going to yeah, this, yeah, this is going to be uh, kind of a little bit of a, a train wreck as we go, I'm sure. But it's going to be interesting to see how this top 10 list works itself out. And Brent, We've even had some listeners queue in and give us their top ten list as well. We'll get to that, uh, you know, in the feedback section of the show. So, uh, so with that, before we get into our updates and everything, just kind of mix up the, the the rolling order of the show a little bit. How about let's do us some top ten? Let's do that. All right. Let's alternate. How about we alternate back and forth? Oh, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. We we and, need cue some David Letterman music or something like that, man, and, to get it started. And now, before we go, yeah, I'm sure that you did the same thing I did, which is you started with the list. Yep. And you looked at it and you said, okay, well, the, uh, maybe not this. And when you really put thought to it, things got rearranged. Things were added. Things were removed. Oh, yes. I made a copy. Hold on. Okay. Is, my, is Brent Reaches for I, his copy? I made a copy of my initial list and it's changed radically. And I want you to take a look at this list. <laughs> This is this is awesome. I will take a picture of this and post it in the blog post because Brent says uh, number 10 through number 4 is not Donkey Kong. Number 3 is probably not Donkey Kong. Number 2 is surely not Donkey Kong. And number 1 is definitely not Donkey Kong. Jeez, Brent, I I was really hoping number one was going to catch it. That was that was my first draft. Now the list has changed Fantastic, slightly. Man. Okay, <laughs> really? So did Donkey Kong make it into like number seventy two or something? That's great. It's an honorable mention at number ninety eight. That's what it is. Oh, fantastic! I figured you'd like that. So yeah, I, I, that was my initial list, and I've changed the list a little bit. Okay, so. well, I mean that's that's all fair. That's all fair. I was just really hoping Donkey Kong was going to get its fair shake, <laughs> it man. Did. Yeah, well, I, well, I guess I guess it did. It's a footnote. <laughs> All right, Whitney. So why don't you um, now? My list. I say, yeah. why don't you go first? But I, let me throw this out. My yeah. list. You know, it, it was easy to go around my game room. Okay, listeners of the show will probably 
best describe me as having just an an odd collection of games. I mean, I've got some of the the known titles, and I've got mm-hmm. some of the lesser known, like B grade titles, and it kind of all comes back to just what I what I like. Yeah. And some things that I've got are games that I didn't necessarily like back in the day, but I really enjoy now. I know that yeah. happens a lot with folks. They kind of flip-flop. They they get cold on things that they liked and warm on things that they didn't. I've just tended to have kind of this odd, for lack of a better term, collection. So it's it's easy to go around the game room and say, okay, well, that's – and pick everything out of the game room. Yeah. Some of the things on the list are out of the game room, but a lot of the things aren't. And they have a particular story behind them as to why there's something that's in my mind that makes my list. Well, and that's something that's something I think we we need to do justice on is talk about why that game is is at the number that it is. Because uh, in all fairness, Brent, I've got a few on my list that I do not own. Okay, and it would be like you say, it'd be easy for me to just roll through my game room and just pick the either the the prettiest games or the most you know the nicest condition games or the ones that I think play the best regardless of content but I, tr- I really tried to make sure that my list reflects what I enjoy the most okay gotcha. now now you said that, that you've got a pen yeah I think we were talking before we hit the record button you said that you got what one pen on I've your got, list I do have it's all videos and one pinball okay alright so I left pinball out of my list on purpose okay, okay. And, the, and the reason being that I did that and I, I'll be very transparent about this Brent I you know I'm as listeners of the show will know, you know, I was fairly late coming into the pinball scene, per se. I didn't play a lot of it growing up. I don't really have a lot of nostalgia for pinball. So with that, what I have found that I really like is modern pinball. And then my enjoyment of pinball starts to drop off as the machine gets as the, as the machines or the titles get older. Gotcha. So in, in all fairness, I would have to say that. I'm a fan of like the modern Stern, you know, the the mid, I don't know, the, let's say the early 2000s up on on Sterns, you know, mm-hmm. so so those are the the newer, more modern pinballs to me. It, it, pretty much anything with it with a DMD, and then as as I get back into the more solid state stuff and everything, I just, I mean, it's fun, but I just don't enjoy it like like I would a new Stern or you know Wizard of Oz or you know America's Most Haunted or something like that because it's got the sounds, it's got the lights, it's got you know the the modern manufacturing and all. That kind of I, I'm kind of driven toward the, uh, and I'm in that same boat. I'm yeah. of that similar generation mm-hmm. where the pins had either been pushed to the very back of the arcade yes. or they just weren't there or they by just the time we there. were in the arcade. That's right. So I am as well driven toward the the flashier yes. DMD type games. Yes, me too. The the later Bally Williams, the Stern type games, uh-huh. some of the you know some of the later Data East games. Yeah. But I have come to appreciate the early-ish solid-state yeah. games. It, I mean, and it, it all depends on – it just has to hit me the right way. Well, it, and for me, you know, the exclusion of the pins is is really purposeful because I haven't really played a lot of the older solid-state games. You know, my experience on those titles is pretty limited. So I don't – if I did a top-10 list honest, of, of pins, honestly, it would read about like the Stern release page – just read in reverse <laughs> if you want to know the truth of it and there's some titles that, that there that definitely stick with me but honest I, I don't think i'm going to have a whole lot of depth on the pen side you know when when it comes to that it, admittedly so so i that's kind of how it runs gotcha all right well, yeah. so okay do you want to start off with yes. your number 10 yeah so my number 10 uh brent would be uh, mad planets 
And Mad Planets is a game that I have only played uh, at Expo or you know at a show or something like that. But despite knowing how, despite the collectability of it and the rarity of it and everything, it, I've just found it to be a very very fun game. It's a uh, it, it's very twitch heavy, so to speak. You really work hard while you're playing the game. You know, with you know working the joystick and the spinner and and everything like that. And the premise of it is. It, the premise of it is a little outlandish, but it's a whole lot of fun. So I don't know that I'll ever be able to own a Mad Planets just because of the cost involved and you know the rarity and everybody seeming to you know have it on its list. But I, I don't know, man. It's it's got mad replay value for me, and I just I just think it's a blast. So yeah, that would be my number ten. All right, my number ten is Juno First. Juno First, yes. Okay, well, there. I will call these uh, kind of sister games then, to some degree. <laughs> yeah. Now, I've never played it on real hardware. Okay. I've always played it in emulation or on a multi board. Okay. Actually, that's the first place I had the opportunity to play it was on probably a thirty nine and one. Uh huh. So I'm not sure how how realistic it is to the real hardware timing yeah because i you know i like we talked about this before i like galaxian yeah i'm I'm a galaxian versus a galaxy person yeah me too and you can definitely tell if you've got one next to the other a hardware galaxian versus a 39 and one a multi-game galaxian the hardware galaxian has different timing yeah okay so that aside I have mainly played it in emulation, and it's one of the games, like I said, I found on a multi-game board, and I just really find it fun. You know, it's um, it's fast-paced. You've got some bits and pieces of it where the waves come in in kind of like a pattern, which uh-huh. kind of gives you that extra boost, like kind of like the challenge stage in Galaga, yeah. where you can just zap, 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 and you can knock out yes. you know, a wave pretty quick. It's, it's very satisfying. Yeah, it's very satisfying yes. to keep you going, yeah. and then it gets you into the next wave where it gets more random, yeah, you know, okay. so it keeps you, it switches you up a little bit. It's kind of an interesting game to describe. Uh-huh. I'd really suggest everyone, like, we'll fi- well, I'll try to find a video, a link to a video where you can, where you can watch it, but you've yeah. got this interesting aspect where you can back up down the play field so okay. to speak if 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 uh, aliens or whatever they whatever you want to call them enemies to get behind you it's just it's just a fast paced fun game with, yeah. uh, i love the sounds the graphics aren't high end but they work just for yeah. for the game for yeah. what it is i really like the game and and you know i'll, I'll tell you it's an int- that's an interesting choice because i have uh, i have only played it in mame i've never played it on hardware either and i've i've found it to be largely the same as you describe it's it's a fun it's a fun game to play i just haven't really logged a lot of time with it so so i have a hard time slotting it you know above some of the other games but no it's a solid choice definitely to start out with all right, Whitney. All right, number, number nine. nine. My number nine is a game that I've got fond memories of, and I just I love the sound, and I just love the play action on it, and that's Gyrus. And it is uh, it may be a little bit um, predictable or a little pattern based, and and I I will admit that, especially on the first on, you know on the first few rounds. But Brent, I will say this: every time you coin that baby up, and every time that you play, I, d- I don't think about that. You know, I may I work my way through the first three or four waves, uh, levels, however you want to look at it, and by that point, the the difficulty is ramped up enough that I don't really see, I don't really see quote unquote the, the patternistic part of the game, even though even though I know it's still there. Okay. 
okay and i'm the i'm the type of guy that would uh, knowing patterns would would be I, I guess fun for a while but then it takes away all of the it takes away all the enjoyment of the gameplay for me so to to some degree i tend to like to find some of that out as i go um it, it's i'll even mention this up a listener friend of the show sean o'shea over at my house last year after a Louisville arcade expo and we played gyres for probably an hour and a half or so drank some beers had a good time and you know he knows quite a few of the patterns rolling up through a couple of the planets and it was fun to watch okay but it's also fun to learn to learn those as you go so yeah gyrus is good the the musical score is just second to none stereo sound it just it just rocks man it, it just really adds to the game so yeah gyrus gyrus uh gyrus forever man for the win Jairus forever. <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember. Didn't they open for Guns and Roses once? Ah, they may have. Okay, they, they, right. they may have. I, I don't know, man. During That's, one summer. Okay, yeah, maybe. My number nine is a game that I really don't remember playing much back in the day. Okay, and um, I remember playing it the Atari 2600 version of it. Okay, which is vastly different than the arcade version of it. <laughs> oh, Donkey Kong! No. <laughs> this is just as bad here as yeah. it is. No. <laughs> Ouch, man. Ow. Ow. <laughs> Send all the hate mail to Brent yeah, at BrokenToken.com. Ex- exactly. Um, Pile it on. The game is Asteroids. So, okay. Asteroids was the first nice classic game that made its way into my collection and i say nice is i had already kind of gone through a round of of a couple purchases and had some quote-unquote classics including the makings of an asteroids that was just the game was rough yeah and not too long thereafter i ended up with an unbelievably nice in my opinion for the age of the game uh, upright asteroids of course i mean they're all upright there was no cockpit asteroids but it's full-size asteroids and that actually is the game that's still in my collection now okay and you know once and i'm I had looking the, at it and it's a very nice game thank you yeah uh, the control panel is beautiful on it original control panel not an overlay and once i got the game going and i got to play it for something that is so simple on the surface it's so much fun and it keeps your attention and I mean, Atari was good about this. Atari sounds, they they weren't over the top. I mean, everybody knows Defender. Yeah. Williams used that sound multiple times. They put it in pinball machines. Yeah. They put it everywhere they could. There, there was a lot of mileage gotten from that, wasn't it? Yeah, because yes. it, that, the, that sound package was an attention getter. Yeah. Atari, they didn't, to the best of my knowledge, reuse all a sound package but the sound package in each individual game was in my opinion nicely curated oh definitely and it it fit wonderfully yeah. and that that dun, 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 and, oh, and, yeah. and yeah. asteroids there's nothing like that sound echoing out of a real cabinet uh-huh. with that nice big speaker kind of just right there below the control panel yeah. it is there is that is, that game is the complete package yeah it, it's it's got it Oh, and it's Vector. That much is true. Yes. No. It's almost got a personality. That's the sound lends it lends a personality to the game in in a way that is really hard to beat. Yeah. Guttural is a good is a good exactly. phrase for that. So yeah. Okay, Brent. My number eight 
is a game that probably doesn't fit in the typical Nintendo genre, but it's one that has just had just I've just gotten a lot of mileage out of it, and I just love it, love it, love it. Is Donkey Kong Three, and it's not like I say, it's not your your typical Nintendo title. It's more of like a Nintendo shmup, if anything else. But I, I love the gameplay. My daughter loves to play it. We we love to play it two player, and it's it's just it's just so so much fun. And one of the things that surprises me about that game is that depending upon how your tactic and how you play it the game can be uh, you can roll through it pretty easily still be very satisfactory or you can hold the super sprayer back and then use it on the levels that you needed and then it turns it into a completely different game so it's it's fast paced it's fun and when i watch believe it or not when we have parties and things like that kids are over to the house they will play donkey kong 3 for several hours they just love the button mashing aspect of it and moving stanley around and it just it just seems like there's there's a lot there's a lot there to go from so surprisingly enough i know the game doesn't get a whole lot of love you know out on the you know the general forums or anything like that but uh, i'm a fan it's it's always one that i'll pull my stool up to and you know put four or five credits on and just really uh, just wear it out and have a really good time with it See, that's a game that I picked up as well on the multi-game boards. Yeah. Because that's kind of a staple. Yes. The Donkey Kong 3, probably yeah. starting back in the 48 and 1 version of that of those boards. I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. I, I do. It's, I like it's, it. It's fun. And uh, do you know what your high score is, just I, out of curiosity? I don't have a clue. Okay. You know, I, I got to think about that the other night. I was playing some games down here, and it, it crossed my mind. It's Because I know you've asked me before, hey, what's a good score on such and such? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, yeah, it's, honestly, I just play and enjoy it. Me too. I mean, I've gotten around 140 or 150 on Donkey Kong 3 and for me that's I know that's probably not the best score by a long shot, but for for me from where I started, I picked the game up kind of late. I, I just I just have a good time with it. I, I think it's I think it's fun. I think it's challenging too. So, yeah, Donkey Kong 3 uh, always always on the list. My number eight is my one and only pinball that's in this list. Okay. It also is by far the newest game on my list. All right. And this is probably going to be not much of a surprise to you, Whitney. It is... Uh, uh, Big Bus- Guns? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's it's not my Adams family <laughs> oh, either. okay. You know, it's uh, Mustang. Okay. The Premium Boss Edition. Okay. It, I think the, the pinball community is really warming up to Mustang. Uh, it's been it's been out there for a little while. Uh, the code has changed quite a bit. Yeah, uh, I've not been able to play one uh, often enough and know what version of code is on them, and to know how it's really progressed. Yeah, but every time I get an opportunity to play one, I do, and I love it. Okay, and it's just it's one of the games that I f- I like all the shots. The shots feel good. Uh, I love the sound package. The songs are good. Um, the, the songs, songs, good. And the songs the sound, are great. Sound, sounds good on it. There's no doubt. I just, I, I could play that game and just shoot at the flashing lights. And it, I have tried <laughs> to play the game and focus on. It. I, I've heard. I'm I've glad heard, to hear you admit that, Brent. That's I've heard okay. Good players uh-huh. talk about strategy. Here, yeah. here, I forked a fork to a fork. There you go. I have heard good players talk about strategy, and one of the things they talk about is trying not to get caught up in the moment and follow, oh my gosh, follow the flashing light. I'm I, I'm shooting, I'm going for this, but I happen to be a shot or two away from that. It's flashing at me. Yeah. And then your focus shifts, and it could do you do your detriment to your game. 
I have tried to play Mustang several ways, and I end up just <laughs> when it starts yelling at me, and yeah. it just I just absolutely love it. I, yeah, I can understand. I could almost just if someone would unlock the coin door, I could almost just throw a dollar in the coin door and step back and look at it and still have a good time. It, it just, I don't, it just watch it do its thing. I huh? don't know why. Yeah, yeah, I, I I completely get it, and that's that's part of the things that that's one of the things that just makes me love the later model Stern machines because they're done well, sound package everything. It's 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 as much fun to watch as it is to play. Uh, so yeah, number eight is Mustang Pinball. Well, no, that's that's and that's very fair. One day, I am sure there will be one in the basement. Yeah, you just gotta you just gotta work your and way it through. It may be it, chained man. to the wall, so it can't leave. <laughs> All right, man. My number seven is uh, is a little bit of a of a I guess a kind of a dichotomy of sorts because these two games are linked almost every time that they come up. Um, my favorite Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. No, 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 no. <laughs> Believe it or not, that's not it. Um, these two these two games, like I say, are, are linked almost every time they're brought up. But uh, when you think back about the gameplay, it's similar, but not exactly the same. And I'm going to go. Uh, Brent is my number seven, an Atari Color Vector, and it's going to be Black Widow. And the uh, of course, I guess the companion game to that would then be Robotron, because everybody tends to group those two games. You know, dual stick shooters uh, in in that. In much that same way but as much as i love robotron and i do it's i've got got one in the collection i doubt that it would ever find its way out of the you know out of the game room there's no reason to so much fun to play black widow to me is even a little bit more enjoyable to me than than robotron is i guess it's i guess it's the is it the vector you know is it the tari color vector is it the gameplay is is it what is it? And I don't, I don't even really know that I can put my finger on it. Well, per they're se. similar, but they're different. Exactly. And to me, yeah. to me, Black Widow actually has a little bit more to do because you've got the aspects of like, uh, isn't there things you can push off the web? Yes, and- yes. There's there's things that you there's things to go collect. There's things to push off the web. There's things to. It's not so much just a, a running gun. A, a running gun like like Robotron. Uh, Robotron tends to be okay over time, but Black Widow actually Black Widow actually brings to me a little bit more enjoyable gameplay. But I, I do I love them both. Don't don't get me wrong. I mean I almost have to pair them together because it's it's like the yin and the yang of of I guess of, of a game, so to speak. So, yeah. So for me, uh, Black Widow uh, with an honorable mention there, uh, Robotron being uh, weighing in at my number seven. <laughs> Real quick, the first time I ever played it, yeah. it was in a, a a friend's place, and I it was just him and I standing there, and I was like, I have never ever played this game. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna play it right now. I said I have no idea how to play it. I said I'm gonna give it a shot. So I grabbed grabbed the sticks and I went at went at it. And yeah. Then, he looked up at me, just like, just real confused. He's like, well, why didn't you push that off the web? And yeah. I looked over at him and said, what part of I have never played this did you not understand? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, yeah. if you want to throw some tips my way, I'm good with it. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me oh, have them. Oh, okay. Yeah. It just it gets caught in the moment because it's like you start watching the game, kind of like watching someone play Robotron. Yeah. You know? It gets frantic, it, yeah, man. Exactly. It gets frantic. And I think that's probably the big thing that just really, really makes me enjoy that game because when I'm done with it, you step back and you almost have to go, whew, 
like that, you know, before you can take another credit and then go at it again. And Robotron in much the same way. So as much as I love, you know, as much as I love Black Widow for everything that it is, you know, Robotron is definitely Williams Williams take on that. So they're both classics. I almost have to lump them together. But man, it's it's just it's the color vector and it's just the sound, the Atari sound and everything that goes along with that game. It's it's, it's just cool. To me, it ramps up and it, it's different. Whereas Robotron is is just fun but like more of the same more just of faster what, more of what you had in the last wave just a little faster and everything like that with black widow it feels to me like with the, with the way the webs change and everything like that it's there's there's just more there yeah okay so starting with my number seven all right there's going to be uh um it, the li- my list takes a little bit of a turn in that this was actually a little bit of a realization to myself okay and that each of these games that kept coming to mind had th- this is where i start having the the real connection with the game okay from my youth okay okay and it, that connection has kept that game forefront in my mind all right and you know i've often said and i know i've said it on the show that when i started collecting there was no real grail game for me i, I wasn't really trying to recreate you know something that i had uh memories of from 20 years ago okay. you know i didn't always go to this corner store and play this game or that game or whether it was an a game today or a c game today so but with the exception of of battle zone battle zone you know had a particular place that was the one game that i kind of thought you know would I'd keep an eye out for, but I never started actively seeking games. Yeah. Okay. But when I started putting this list together, um, a lot of these games come to mind for specific memories. And that's kind of where the rest my list starts to kind of take shape from this point on. So number seven is moon patrol. Ah, yes. Love moon patrol. Moon patrol is one of those games that people like it or they don't, you know, it's kind of like Monty Python. You know, it fits in that. I don't care for it. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it away, or I love it, and yeah. I just, I love the 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 music that it, I can't even. I'm not musically inclined, but everybody, I'm sure, as soon as I say Moon Patrol, if you've ever played Moon Patrol, yeah. you can hear that background yep. music, Ex- just exactly. that kind of sing songy, happy kind of, you know, almost yeah. kind of like circusy kind of music. Yeah, which is always kind of odd because you're in you're on a moonscape, you know, where you know you're just whatever the whatever is separating you from no atmosphere away <laughs> from death. If you think of it. <laughs> it's all happy and well you, you know, know oh look there's an alien do, 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 yeah. do, do, well you know, know you got to think about it i mean you know life on the moon's tough so you yeah. gotta have something you gotta to have you something know, keep you happy you something to lift the moods so i remember this game um this goes back to my grandparents where my grandparents they bowled in a league so depending on the league they were playing in one night a week or two nights a week we would always be at a bowling alley and uh, um turns out all these games belong to my friend jimmy litzy okay uh, christie's father christie's yeah. christie's family's company okay because jimmy had these bowling alleys i could describe the bowling alley and he'd say oh that was such and such or that was such and such okay and i remember this game i can't remember which alley this was but when you walked in it was a long hallway uh, a really long hall- hallway. It's kind of odd for a bowling alley because usually you walk in it's a little short space and, you, and then it, then it tees left to right to where the lanes are. Yeah. This was at the very end of the alley, right where it te- uh, the, the uh, excuse me the hallway from the entrance doors, uh, right where the T was, where it went right to left while the lanes were, and the, the for the time they had Moon Patrol, it was right there on that corner. Okay. 
and it was just you could walk right up to it and I, I could just sit there and just kind of bebop along with the sounds and I just I really just really enjoyed the game that got moon patrol got a lot of my money back in the day at the bowling alley interesting so moon patrol is one of those games that i almost put into my list uh but it just it just didn't quite make the cut but it's still one that i that that i just really really enjoy every time that i play it so do you have one i I don't see one here in your game i do not have a moon patrol Okay, so have you been looking for one, or what's I guess kind of what's what's kept you from 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 purposely seeking one out? I know of several that are in the city. Okay, and uh, it seems like the couple that I know of are pretty nice. And uh, if if I've made mention of them, they've already been, you know, there's already a line of three or four people waiting at oh. that collector's door for it because okay. they're nice examples. Yeah. I tend, you know, I've said it before. I tend not if if I decide I, don't, I want it, I don't tend to just look 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 yeah because i'll find 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 and i don't want to end up shipping something from california i I don't like buying sight unseen yeah so like most of the games that i've kind of had an eye for they'll eventually cross my path yeah you know so um i don't have it if one came up i'd be interested in it yeah Understood. But, you know, I've said it before, don't fall in love. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. See, see, I, I'll tell you, it's it's funny that you that you mentioned that because me, I'm a, I, I don't know if it's if if it's just a little more impatient or I I think the way that I've built my collection is a little bit different because I have I have title sought and I, I have I have struck things off of a list as gotcha. I go. Okay, and that's and, fine. And, and, that's you know, perfectly well, fine. Well, I, I guess it's just two different ways to get to the same place. But at the, but at the same point, what I've done is I've I've added to the you know to the master list. I've taken off the master list, and then I say okay. You know, I am. I've got my master list sorted in the. This is what I would. This is what I would definitely pursue right now. Versus this is. These are the games that sit on the periphery. You mm-hmm. know, and and so I kind of rank it like that. And then I pretty much actively seek out whatever sits on. You know, whatever sits on the on the priority side of the list. But yeah, Moon Patrol, man, solid, solid, solid pick. There's there's no doubt about it. All right, Whitney, what's your number six? Number six is, uh, I know we have talked about, well, here, I'll just say it. It's Galaga 3, okay? So uh, Galaga 3, Gaplus, however you want to say that. I, I guess it's the the third installment of uh, the, the Galaxian and Galaga you know, trilogy, so to speak. But Galaga 3, Gaplus, and like I say, however you want to say that, is such a fun game. Have you have you ever played it before? I have played it in emulation. Played it like in a, emulation. Like on a multi-board. Okay. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so I have not played it on a multi or anything like that. I've played it on MAME, and then uh, it took me years and years to finally find a, a Gaplus. I was able to find one. Now, wait, this this is you can go up and down in this, right? You can yes, go up the play yeah, field and down yeah, the play yes. field. You can go up the play field, down the yeah, play okay. field, left and right. So you can you can move on, you know, on two axes at okay, this point. Yeah, okay. yeah, I want to make sure four I directions. We're thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah, but what's what's great about it though is you can. Catch capture the enemies and use them right. for yourself and yep. then the firepower that you can amass is firepower. just yeah firepower it's just it's unreal you know and the game is the game is just so much fun i like it because it's the best of galaxian to me okay from just a 
sheer enjoyment and smile while I play aspect, which Galaxian is Galaxian's a little slow to start out with, but it it has charmed me that Galaga just seems to miss a lot of times, I guess. But Galaga is has has enough of the challenge waves and things like that. To, to keep it, you know, to keep it entertaining. Gapless to me, it's the be- it's the best of both worlds, and there's more to, there's more to do in the game. Plus, I I love the music, I love the sound effects, and and the graphics are just amped up a little bit over you know over the the two predecessors, and it's just it, it's a blast. I I would walk up and play it before I played the other two, but Galaxian would then get my second would get my second you know quarter. Gotcha. Yeah, love it. So not my number six. This is interesting in that. I've got a couple games on this list that that fall into this category, which is I don't know why, but there and I know I've had multiple interactions or had multiple interactions with with these titles when I was younger. Okay, and if we discussed this on an early episode where I grew up versus you grew up there, there was arcades everywhere. Yeah, I, I grew up here in the Louisville area. So yeah, see I had to travel to go get one right. to, to go to go play at one. We had not only games in every corner store, like I'm sure everyone remembers, but we we had standalone arcades. We had mall arcades. We had uh random games two or three at a time stuck in a corner of a mall that an operator had out. We yeah. had yeah. we had we had stuff in the front of Kmart's in Target. Well, I don't even know if there was a Target at the time. I can't remember. Yeah, I, d- I doubt uh, it. I don't think there was. I think there was a store called Consolidated. Yeah, yeah, I do, do remember, remember that. Consolidated? Consolidated Sales. Exactly. Right. There was a yes. couple of those here on the main stretch and then uh, uh, what we call Dixie Highway. Yeah. Dude, I think that was the predecessor to Service Merchandise, wasn't no, it? No, we had Service Merchandise at the same time. Oh, is that right? And I want to say that when Consolidated's closed... Targets went into those those locations. Okay, because I remember the consolidated sales logo was almost like a Target logo. Yes, it was the C with the S in the middle of it. Something and everything, like that. something like that. But it was circular like that. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So we had the, we had games everywhere. So I I the I know I had multiple opportunities to play these titles, but several of these games there's just that one imprint that that keeps the game in my mind and keeps me coming back to it. So okay. my number six is time pilot. <laughs> yeah. I know we've talked about time pilot before yeah. and the imprint on that game was there's a pizza place, uh, an early pizza hut, not pizza hut like today. Okay. You know, pizza hut today is a different animal. Yeah. You know, this back then pizza hut was more like a, a it was just past your hometown pizza parlor. Yeah. In that, you had, I guess, franchises. There were multiple Pizza Huts through different cities and several in a city, but it was very close to a hometown pizza parlor. It was very form. It wasn't formal, you know, like you didn't go in on a tie. Yeah, very it informal. Was, yeah, but you could you you'd go in, you'd sit down. It kind of had that that hometown pizza place feel. They handmade the. Well, like they don't handmade the pizzas now there's a robot back there now you know what i mean there, the, everything there was more attention to detail yeah you know it was like Very if you fair. went in it wasn't so cookie cutter perfect there yes. you go so the uh the pizza hut that we had here uh they had a time pilot right in the front right across from where you'd pay so when we would come in and mom or we'd have dinner or whatever and as mom was paying the bill i'd get a quarter and i could turn right around and play time pilot okay and for whatever reason that imprinted on me and that surely that has come back again as i've made this list that surely has contributed to my my love for that game yeah no it's completely understandable in fact uh 
here here in just a couple spots. I mean, I've got very nostalgic reasons for having a couple of the games on you know on my list. Yeah, no, that's that's very fair. Time ball is so much fun, man. I mean, you can sit there and literally almost give yourself bursitis while you're while you're yeah. playing that game. I mean, it gets really it gets really really intense as you move as you move through the waves. Uh, it's it's made me think that my time pilot has a uh wicko in it oh, you got to fix that dude yeah i need a couple monroe sticks yeah. i've been kind of looking for one you know shameless plug if anyone out there has a couple <laughs> monroe joysticks or a monroe joystick yeah brent at brokentoken.com yeah be happy to talk to them huh yeah absolutely they don't come up that often do no, they? they don't they were in a handful of games and yeah um I, i've got uh i've got one that was in the time pilot and the base is i have no idea how you do this the base is broken in like three pieces I could probably weld it up. Nah, no, 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 dude. Seriously, and spend fifty bucks and find yeah. find one on Clove or something like that. That's, I just I need to look go. a little bit more. Yeah, so. no, a time pilot, solid choice. All right, my number five is uh, a game that I was introduced to very very late uh, during the cycle of the arcades, but I I just loved it. I thought it was so much fun. And Brent, after that, I didn't get to play the game for 20 some odd years, okay? And have really just, I guess, over the past three or four years, just kind of gotten reintroduced to it. And uh, I I think it's so much fun, but uh, number five for me is (laughs) Satan's Hollow. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Brent, call it call it what you will, whether it's the artwork, whether it's just the, the the presence of the cabinet or what have you. A very unique game, lots of fun to play, and uh, the good thing about it is, man, you're whooping up on the devil and just, you know, just having having a good time. I mean, it, there's there's a lot going on, um, but I love the sound effects of it. The just the whole, you know, building the bridge, the shield, uh, you know, shooting, you know, shooting at Satan's head, whatever you want to call it. It's just a weird mismatch of things that you would never think work, <laughs> but then when you play it, it's like, oh yeah, I dig this, man. It's a lot of fun uh, it ramps it ramps up pretty quick too but uh it's kind of a harder harder game to find and you know it, it's probably not one that you would see in every single collection but i don't know man i'm i'm a big fan of the game it's, it's just a lot of fun to play so yep that, that would be my number five man all right my number five um kind of goes back to this it it there there's something that that triggers it there's something in my life that is that has kept this game in my forefront okay. in the forefront of my mind and it's not a a classic game by any chance by any shot any stretch of the imagination everyone say it uh it, it's almost a throwaway game to a lot of people like yeah it's there if i got a few minutes and kill some time i'll play it okay now now my curiosity is yeah yeah <laughs> it's not an older game okay. you know it's thinking of the time period i was playing it's probably late 90s mid mid late 90s uh, we talked about this a little bit before the show. It's Area Fifty One. Area Fifty, Re- really? Yes. Area Fifty One. Yes. Okay. All right. And the reason being is, uh, this is okay. Uh, this this is one of those. Well, you're all my friends. We'll tell the story. Exactly. But we're not going to yeah. tell a lot of it. <laughs> Back when this game was uh, heavily routed and was still making money, there there was a, a girl that I was seeing, and then we were actually together for a long time, and that's a that's another story for another show that yeah. i'm not gonna have yeah that's a podcast that we don't host yeah that we yeah, don't host exactly but needless to say you know I, I wasn't gaming at the time by any stretch of the imagination you know okay. the atari stuff the console stuff was long since gone i didn't home console it, you know the only home console stuff i had was atari stuff 2600 okay uh, i gamed on the 
home computer, the the Commodore sixty four. But when I moved into IBM compatible machines, I really didn't game on. I tried. Yeah, yeah. I mean Wolfenstein was yeah, about that was the it. extent yeah. of what I, I played, did there. I played that. I played um, the some of the X Wing series. If you ever played that, I, re- I, rem- games. I remember those. Those were those were cool to watch, but I, I never really played much of them. I I played a little, and yeah. that's kind of where it was at. Yeah, ended. but. We did when we were out, like if we were at a theater, which is where you tended to find games at this point in time, yeah. movie theaters, there wasn't really arcades, um, some, a few restaurants, yeah. you know, the area 51 was very common. I, I mean, I've, I and, see it out all the time. There's no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, her and I, we could set and we could play, we could just, we could play the game together. She uh-huh. enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And we both got pretty good at it as a team. So that has always kind of, I've always enjoyed that game. It's cool. If if anything, probably the the better way to to say it is I've enjoyed the idea of that game. It has a a certain nostalgia for me. It brings back a a different time. Yeah. You know, like a lot of these games do. Yeah, very understandable. That's yeah. That's a little newer than I think either one of us you know tend to gravitate towards, so to speak, on the it, arcade yes. side. Yeah, yeah. I, I've played it several times. I just don't really see it. You know, I don't see it out much today. But I guess quote unquote kind of back in the day, you would see it at well, you mentioned Pizza Hut. You'd see and, it. Yeah. You'd see it. I mean, you would see it almost at any restaurant that you went to if they were if that restaurant was going to have a game it seemed like they would have an area 51 it was the it was the buck hunter of the day it it, it was definitely that yeah Yeah, it was definitely that okay yeah very fair all right man my number four just kind of working our way uh through the list here is uh, a game that's that's been mentioned on the show a few times but again much like donkey kong 3 i don't think that it gets the respect or that that it deserves no 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 so it's donkey kong <laughs> no 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 we, we haven't got to donkey kong just yet so you just gotta you just gotta, you gotta hold your horses hey, what's coming down the road what's it's coming i see it <laughs> no but man my the no, lights are on it's coming it's, it's coming uh but no my number four is uh like i say uh, is is one that i don't think a lot of people probably have on their top 10 list but i just adore is rally x now you know brent that game was uh dest or I, I guess it was conceived to be you know a really really big follow-on to pac-man and was it was really supposed to i guess kind of you know carry the carry the water so to speak after the 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 popularity of pac-man started to wane a little bit but uh and i know that it never it never achieved what it was designed to designed to do so to speak from a sales perspective or yeah anything. i think in the trades rally x had bigger reviews than Pac- yeah, pac-man did yeah yeah i, I mean little if, did they know little did they know that it would be pretty much a exactly the opposite the game would would probably by all rights and purposes be considered a flop you know if you want to look at it that way but it is you want to you want to talk about a game that just really really um gives you that i've got to play this one more time kind of feeling or when when the game is over it is so abruptly brutal to you as a player you know no apologies and bam (laughs) it's just over you literally want to take whatever bottle of beer you were drinking while you're playing and just crash it over the top of the game and then immediately start to cry and say oh i didn't mean to do that you know and then you put another quarter in and you play it again it's i don't know it's 
it's it's it, my I, I don't know my my association or I guess my fixation on Rally X is really kind of a love hate kind of thing you're, because you're, I I love to play it. You're not allowed to have a bottle in my arcade. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep it on the floor, man. Keep it on the floor. Uh, it, it's really kind of love hate. I mean, I love to play it, but man, if you want to talk about a game that will just amp up your anxiety levels over time, that would that would be it. But uh, do I love? Yeah. Do I love it? I do. Now I've not gotten the chance to play new Rally X. Have you ever played that before? You know, honestly, I don't know if I could tell the difference. It's, okay. What, what's on the multi-game boards? Uh, I haven't got the slightest idea. I, I, could, I couldn't even tell you. I just I just know about New Rally X. I, I've only played that in MAME. I've never seen it on any kind of hardware yet. But that being said, I don't have a multi. See, I don't have a 48 and 1 and 60 and 1 or anything like that. So, um, you know, it, it appears to be, and from my observation, it, it's it's a little more refined version of the game. Uh, Maze is a little bit different. You know, it's uh, it, it's it just addresses some of the shortcomings of the original uh you know from i think just it's a, ra- looking at the colors because yeah. it's got uh, a yeah, rally the colors x, are definitely different rally x has like green uh, green grass and, yeah it's like grass, grass or like it, a, it's like earth tones yeah it, 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 yeah yes, so the yeah, road like is kind of like a uh, a khaki color yeah kind of almost like a like a dirt like it like you're in a rally tra- yeah you know, exactly rally track yeah and new rally x uh, where all the greens are, it's kind of like a purplish it pur- color. It's got kind of like purples and blues and yep. things like that going on. I so, think it's Rally X. It's on the multi game. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But uh, I, you know, I would love to have a switcher or something where I could flip flop between Rally X and New Rally X in my Rally X cabinet. But uh, I don't think that's that's an option to date. But nonetheless, uh, it's it's a game that probably would not <laughs> would never bring more than a couple hundred dollars. You know, if you were to try to sell it, but um, it's uh, it's 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 high on my top ten list just because of gameplay alone. So love it. You got me looking now at the list that's on the sixty and one. Oh, okay. Um, well, let me do mine and then because um, I da, da, da. oh no, it is New Rally X. That's is, on is, there. It, is it New Rally X? Yeah, it's okay. on the sixty. Okay, well that that may actually drive me to get uh, you know a multi just so that I would have it readily available to play on something rather than playing it on main because when i play it on main without going through a lot of you know uh without going through a lot of gyrations on the main configuration it just looks too clean you know it, the scan lines aren't there and everything like that and um i've not touched main in years and years and years so i'd have to go back and almost re you know just kind of uh re familiarize myself with with even how to you know make the games you know look a lot more authentic but nonetheless it's fun and uh i love it all right, so my number four may seem a little cliche because it 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 would land on a lot of collectors' top ten lists for, okay. for folks that are collecting a games, games of notoriety. Uh-huh. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. People that no, that, that's I mean fine. they were popular for a reason. You know, I, I people's collections are just that they're they're those individuals' collections. That uh-huh. What they're comprised of is things that are important to that person. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's a reflection of how they saw the time. Right. Yeah. So. But this game falls into that um, that category of having an imprint upon me. And okay. this, this game was a bowling alley game. All right. And it was halfway down the aisle as you were walking in the hallway um, 
like directly across from the door that led into the room where the pool tables were and the defender was. Yeah. You know, right opposite that doorway was this game and a couple versus cabinets. And I want to say that uh, one of the versus cabinets, like the next to it or two down from it, was a blue Nintendo with uh, Excite Bike on it. Oh, uh, yeah. Lo- love that. But this was Star Wars. Really? Yes. Okay. So this was a routed on location Star Wars. Okay. And to me, I know other there was laser disc <laughs> games that were also at this arcade that was yeah. also in this arcade. It was also at this bowling alley. Yeah. But there was something to me at that time to be able to hear that speech and drop uh-huh. that quarter in and hear Red Five standing by. Yeah. And I use can, the I force can Luke. That. Yeah. And, uh, of course I'm of that you know, it's the double whammy because I'm right of that age where I was a Star Wars kid. Yeah. You know, I I had seen Star Wars in the theater in like 1978 or 9, whichever it was. And I had seen, um, uh, I remember the lines around the theater to get yeah. in to see Empire. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, you know, that it, it kind of was the double whammy to me. Yeah. It wasn't, today I like the game not because a lot uh, because it's a color vector because it's it's unique in in how it and how it looks compared to a lot of the games that we see uh, i like it because of that imprint from back then interesting when okay. i was trying to decide what got the quarter yeah you know when i had this long row of games and a lot of them i bypassed and you know i i, could, I can only tell you thinking back of a handful of games that was in that long row of what must have been 20 games uh-huh. and star wars was one of them okay now let me ask you this playing it today does it have does it oh, have i the, love it absolutely really? yeah really i know people say it's the same thing over and over again you can play it forever i can't play any game forever nah, no you're yeah 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 I absolutely love it i i, I it like takes it. me back okay well that's cool i like it a lot um I find that it gets frustrating though after like the second Death Star, the second trip, you know, through the Death Star, mm-hmm. it gets almost impossibly hard. But that that's that's just for me. I don't know, you know. I'm sure that there are lots of people out there that are a lot better at it than I am. But I love the game, but I hit a wall with it so quick that that it's like, ugh, you know, and it's, it's like I, I walk away from it because no matter how many times I'm, I've played it, I, I just I can get up to a certain level, but then I just cannot. I just get hammered where my shield oh, just fall from nine to zero like within one wave, and it's like I, I'm done. You I, know? I do too, but I don't walk. I don't have that sort of a frustrated feeling that I read that maybe you're getting. Yeah, I walk away from it. And the only reason I'm not playing it right right then is because my fingers hurt from pulling the trigger yeah, i can understand. I gotta go shake yeah. my hands off for a few minutes yeah. and then i'll go do, i'll play it again then you play it again yep. yeah no that's that's very fair that's very fair yeah definitely an, an interesting choice okay uh my number three and brent these are uh getting to games that, that definitely like i say have have a nostalgia factor for me at least number one and number two do but uh but food fight is my number three okay and i didn't get to play food fight a lot in the arcades i only remember it being in one arcade that i would ever go to but i you know 
back in the day when I played it, it was almost a little complex for me, I guess, in the sense of what you had to do, how the joystick worked, uh, how how you you know how you maneuvered on screen, how you armed yourself, how you fought against the chefs, and everything like that. It's it, to me, it was a game that I knew that I loved, and every time I played it, I loved it, even though. It, even though there was just a lot going on with the game, okay? And for me, the whole thing around, you know, it having instant replay and the attract mode and everything, it was it, the the cabinet art. For me, Food Fight was just the total package, okay? Everything about it I loved, and even to this day, I can't really think of anything that... That, that I that I don't like about the game, okay? Other than the fact that, you know, I wish I could score into the millions <laughs> on it. But but uh, all that being said, I know, you know, I know that it may be a little cliched because a lot of collectors probably want Food Fight just for the sheer fact that, it, that it's Food Fight. I love Food Fight for the fact that I played it back in the day and I just I, I just thought it so novel and always had a good time every single time that I played it. See, so. I, I never saw that game... Uh, back in the day, I never saw it in the wild. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw a major havoc in the wild in a pizza see, parlor. I, I, man, all, you know, a, you know, knowing a, now, a back room of a pizza parlor, yeah. a dedicated major havoc. I remember crazy, that. I was like, what crazy. is that? What is that blinking green thing? What is yeah, you know? Yeah, but. Um, no, I never saw a food fight back in the yeah, day. Yeah, like I say, I only saw one, and it was at uh, at the the Galaxy of Games, the arcade that I used to play at uh, in Frankfort, Kentucky, and and it wasn't there for very long. I don't think that it was very popular per se. It it didn't seem like it didn't feel, or I don't remember the feel of it being there for very long. But while it was there, I I was you know if if it whatever it earned, I was probably a a, a fairly decent you know percentage of that. So I don't know, just love the game and. Um, and it it doesn't it holds up well it hasn't lost anything for me over the years my number three uh moves me away from the bowling alley and into the skating rink okay now i don't know how common this was across the country uh uh, you know we're we're not just a we don't we don't garner just a u.s audience yeah so saying that saying this to someone out of the u.s is probably even um, I was about ready to say. Oh, might as well say it now. More foreign. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, Brent. Yeah. I just, <laughs> you had to, you had to drop that yeah, one, didn't you? The concept of this may be lost on a lot of people. There's a way to clean that up. Okay, fair enough. Um, w- when I was in grade school, skating parties were a common thing. Okay. So I don't know how how that translates beyond the area or even beyond the U.S. But um, you know, skating rinks were were very popular. And the school that I went to, we would have a monthly skating party. Yeah. So one night a week, we, oh, would, wow. See, we would. That's wild. You didn't get to do that. <laughs> it was very common. Oh here no, Brent! I, I didn't. I didn't do Louisville. it. No, I never attended a, a skate. I, I, I'll tell you this much, man. We're gonna have a broken token meetup at a skate. <laughs> We're gonna have to, man. We'll, we'll have our our first, you know, authorized podcast get together in the skating <laughs> rink. I guess. Oh, that dude. Be- I I never went to a skating rink as a kid. Have you ever been on roller skates? No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did it like I, you know, I would, I, I would go skating. skates. Oh yeah, no, dude, I never had skates growing up. No way. I own. No. Yeah, uh-uh. we did it that often. No, 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 dude, no. I just had shotguns and a three wheeler and you know <laughs> a, a hoe for tobacco and stuff like that, you know. But no, I didn't go to a skating rink until I was probably nineteen or twenty years old. See, and that's funny because 
Uh, well, not funny. It just you've always probably lived what within thirty minutes of Louisville. Eh, thirty forty-five. Yeah, yeah. So you get, and I'm sure the story is the same everywhere else, everywhere in the world. You get yeah. outside of those populated areas, and yeah. the life cha- life well, life changes. changes life changes quick. Quick. Yeah. No, dude. I for me, I would just get to go to the arcades on the weekends, and that was it. But during the week, <laughs> no way, man. It was. I mean, I I, I don't. I mean, we had I don't video mean games to, everywhere. Yeah, see, I don't mean to sound odd when I say this, but during, cool. during the week, man, we pitched hay. Yeah. We uh, raked hay. You know, we milked cows. We did all the stuff that you would do on a farm, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's funny, you know, well, just how... Even though geographically we were so close, you know, our backgrounds are probably pretty, you know... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Very, very different. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So... We 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 had a week or excuse me a monthly skating party. Okay, and it was something that the school would basically organize. You could buy discount tickets at the school, and you'd go and you'd get to skate for several hours in that evening. Okay, and I ca- I can't remember what night it was honestly. Whether it was a weeknight or whether it was a Friday, I know it was. I don't believe it was a weekend. Yeah, but uh, we would go skate for several hours, and they had a good size arcade in the skating rink. Okay. This is where I first played this game, and yeah. it's where I remember playing it back in the day, kind of like I'd mentioned with Time Pilot. I'm sure I'd ran into it in other places, yeah. but I remember playing Frogger at the skating rink. Oh, cool. And yeah. being it's younger- a, It's one of my wife's favorite games. I love Frogger. I, I do. T- trust me. I do, too. I do, too. Uh, being younger, um, and the game isn't super tall, but it was always, I remember playing the games at the skating rink, it, getting that extra couple inches of boost with the skates on was yeah. always, it's like, all right, I got a different perspective. Yeah. yeah but very fair. I, I, I like me some Frogger. I have always enjoyed Frogger. Uh, I know uh, there's a couple here in town and every time I get an opportunity, I'll play Frogger. Yeah. And it's one of the few games, if I had to sit down and make a list of games that I thought I was good at. Uh-huh. I am, but by no stretch of the imagination, good at any of these games. We've said this many times. But Frogger would have to come in, like if not close to, it would come in at number one. Because for whatever reason, wow. I can enjoy it. Uh-huh. And it it really holds my interest. I can play the game. I can tune out everything around me, and I can play Frogger, and I can just go yeah and enjoy it well the thing about frogger is you almost there's almost a zen to frogger you know yes. i mean you actually it's almost like you turn off your ability to you know you shut off the sounds around you and you just focus right there on what's going on that screen and the good thing about frogger is there's not so much happening that you can't keep track of it or that it fatigues you over time you know you just kind of focus on what's going on around your frog and then maybe one or two hops ahead and you don't you don't have to worry about death you know impending death it's going to come at you from some side angle that you never see and it's very satisfying to play so and it's something that that men and women both just really seem to really seem to enjoy so yeah have you seen pixels nope Okay, well, have I, you? I have. Okay, okay, okay. Maybe we'll talk about it a little later. Okay, I would be interested to hear uh, your take on it because okay. I have... Uh, you have heard mixed things. I've heard, I've, I've heard mixed things, and you know, my daughter and I almost went to go see it, and I ruled it out because of some reviews around, you know, she's 10, and, yeah. I, and I just, based upon some reviews that I read and some of the scenes and stuff, I'm like, I, I don't think I'm... No, it's not... She, she's not ready for some of that yet, but... 
Yeah, well, I, there was a there definitely was, interested to hear what you have to say. There, about it. not to get into it too, too deep, but the the one there there was a, obviously a lot of game references. In oh it, yeah, yeah. And there was a lot she of would game like characters. That, and she would get all that. And by far the most, and it was not a, a it didn't have a, a a major portion of of screen time. But uh-huh. by far my most favorite one was the Frogger. It was it really? And, and it's they had the of course they had the sound effects and the, that leap. Uh-huh. The, the little yeah. stink sound, that, yeah, toink, 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 I, like that. That that will get my attention every time. So, gotcha. Okay, good, good deal, good deal. Yeah, Frogger's go, Frogger's go, fun. Go for the popcorn, stay for the Frogger. <laughs> Seriously, okay. So it's Marvel esque in that nature, huh? Yeah. Okay, awesome, awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I just wish that I felt like I could have could have watched it with my daughter. Well, you know? I'll give you my my review. We'll, we'll talk about it a little. Yeah, later. yeah. I, I know we got it coming up. So yeah, okay, fair enough. All right, Brent. So Frogger, solid, solid choice. No doubt about it. So moving uh, to my number two is a game that I actually played on location. And uh, my brother and I had uh, the ability, or I guess the opportunity to play this at a little, I don't know if you want to call it like a short stop or, um, you know, just a little corner market. It was in a strip mall. Okay. It's, it's just a little grocery store, a little market in a strip mall that only had one video game in it. Okay. And you'd walk in, cash register and the counter and stuff be on the left-hand side. You immediately turn a right back where the, the, the refrigerated section was where you could go back there and you could grab a Coke. Okay. And pull, you know, Coke or Sprite or something out of, you know, out of the refrigerator, uh, back there. And then right back there in the corner was their one single arcade game. Now, um, my mom would take us to this strip mall, uh, probably every other weekend because she would go, uh, we, we were thrifty then Brent and. And, uh, and my mom would go to a couple of consignment stores that were in this strip mall, okay? And, um, you know, buy whatever it was, you know, clothes, whatever, whatever, you know, we were we were going after. But my brother and I would not go to go to the consignment store. We would go to go to this little grocery right along so that we could play the one video game that was that was in this in this store. Now, before I get to, though, I will tell you it's what, not Donkey Kong. No, it's not Donkey Kong, actually. <laughs> but the first game that they had in there was Moon Patrol. And we played Moon Patrol for months, okay? And I don't know why they chose or why they chose what the I don't know what the criteria was that would say let's swap this game out for another one because they didn't get a lot of traffic, okay? And I doubt they got a lot of traffic on the game. But when Moon Patrol was swapped out, I can remember the day that we walked in there and it's like oh, Moon Patrol's gone. And it's like what's in its place? It was Zookeeper. Okay, oh, wow. and we, my brother Courtney and I played Zookeeper on what I quote say quote unquote on location for probably five to six months every other weekend, and we played Zookeeper and we played it and we played it and they had that Zookeeper for a while. Now, the thing about it though, Brent, is I, did I ever see it anyplace else? No, I never saw Zookeeper anywhere except for that one little grocery store and zookeeper has been a game that is indelible to me okay i know a lot of people seek it out for the rarity because it's zookeeper because it's this it's because it's that for me zookeeper has the nostalgia because my brother and i would sit side by side and we'd play that game that's kind of like me and star wars it's the double whammy yes people people seek it out because there's just not that many of them it's very popular yep it's it's an a good title yeah you know yeah 
and then you get the double whammy of you you kind of want it because of that nostalgia factor. It's, it's, that that's game. that's exactly right because it because it will forever be etched in my brain. My brother and I standing there playing that game and you know laughing curse well whatever we did is you know the 11 and 13 year old kids we played that game and we had a blast now when i finally was able to get a zookeeper of my own i called up my brother and uh you know of course he knows i'm i'm you know knee deep in the hobby in this hobby and everything and i told him i'm like courtney you will never guess the game that i just got and he's like there's there's no way i have no idea what and i told him zookeeper and he goes why does that sound so familiar? And I texted him a picture of the cabinet, just the side of the cabinet. And he calls me back and he goes, oh my gosh, I can't believe you found that game. He goes, I haven't thought about that game in 30 years. And it's just one of those things that just instantly there's that, there's the, that connection with the game, you know? So yeah, uh, number two, uh, always, always in, in forever, Zookeeper. My number two is um more popular well uh, let's just say more common okay okay um and this this is a game that was in it wasn't a strip mall the the place that it was in is a i guess a strip mall now this okay. used to be in an, an, an i guess would you call it an interior mall where you'd go in and they'd have your your like your open oh, yeah. walk spaces yeah, and yeah, then yeah. all your storefronts were interior yes 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 and then over the years is that that has that type of a structure has kind of faded away except for your big mega malls yeah it has been converted into basically a strip mall with larger stores i'll I'll, but i'll be at a strip mall yeah yep and inside this this mall there was a restaurant so you'd walk in the main entrance and it would it would sort of you come to a crossroads where you could go across the the main kind of plaza if you were will uh-huh. to some stores you could go right and left and go the length of the mall but right there at that corner of that crossroads this little restaurant and you'd walk in the restaurant and uh, uh right inside the door was a gorf <laughs> wow yeah i wasn't expecting this uh, it's, it, it's funny what we learn about each other yes Brent. it is yes it is and, a and, gorf a gorf wow okay and this is another one of those games that i know i've ran across uh-huh i mean it's not an uncommon game hey man yours is a great example of a good looking gorf too thank you yeah it is i've had a few yeah uh, uh, Re- oh really yeah i've had a few so if you kind of like trade it up over time or what I've had one that was actually probably slightly nicer than that, at least the front portion of it. Uh But you don't see that cabinet very often. As best as I can tell, that cabinet is was designed for the European market. Okay. See how the bottom, there's actually a wooden door below the coin door? Yes. As opposed to opening the coin door and taking a bucket out? Yes. That door folds down and uh, um, you pull out this oddly shaped, like, double like divided real deep but not very wide bucket okay and then that's that that's where the coins are collected so when i got it you know if you look in the gorf manuals there's there's schematics for u.s boards i can't remember how they designate the other set whether it's european or or what the deal is maybe um i know a lot atari there's a u.s cabinets and the european cabinets were called irish cabinets because they were built in ireland i believe it correct was. yes I, I can't remember how bally uh, it's a bally or bally midway midway i can't remember how they um just midway at that time i can't remember how they designated it but it, it was there was a different board set for less like, it was very obvious 
the ROM set looked different. The layout of the board was different. So yeah. this this had that that European board. I have no idea how it got here. I have no clue. <laughs> okay. I, I just know that I've not seen any other Gorf yeah. like that. Interesting. So, okay. and I, I want to say that never when I even noticed it. Yeah. I, now, now you're going to make me look at every Gorf I ever see to see if it has that door. I, if, I'd like to see another. Yeah. Um, but like I said, everyone I've ever seen has not had that lower door. So uh, when I had the other another cabinet next to it at one point in time, I had a, a definitely an American cabinet. Okay. And just out of curiosity, I want to say I, I was swapping just like the the back doors around, and they yeah. were just sl- ever so slightly different. Really? Yeah, in okay. dimension. Huh. So, huh. So yeah, I've had a few, but I, I've kept that one just because it was just a little different. So what? So what? What is it about Gorf uh, that that just really rings home? I mean, dude, for it to hit at your number two, I mean, there's got to be there's got to be some stuff going on with it. I liked when I was younger. I liked the aspect of the multiple games within one game. Uh huh. I liked the gal- there was that Galaxian esque type stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. That I really enjoyed. <laughs> yeah. I really, for whatever reason, I really, not just getting to it for a sense of accomplishment, but I just like the way at a young age that final final board per stage plays where you're trying to shoot the mothership. Okay. It's not very complex. It was kind of interesting to me that the shield aspect was inverted. It was, yes, in reverse, definitely. Right. So yeah. you had to get through the shield yeah. and then get yep. the ship and then not just get the ship, but get the center of the ship. And it was always kind of like a, a there was if you if you play Gorf and you look at that mothership, there's just one little sliver missing out of the belly of the ship, and a, a well timed shot you could get right in there on your and, and take it out with one shot and not have to chip away at it. Yeah, and it was always kind of a little goal of mine that once I got to that level to try to it. Try, I wanted to take that mothership out with the first shot to try to get that little sweet, like hitting the exhaust port on the Death Star. I yeah. wanted to get yeah. it just right in the right little spot. So I really, as a as a a young lad in Louisville, uh, I really... Brendan is Knickerbockers, my, man. Yes. yes. May I, yes, sir. May I play a video game? May, may I please play a video game, please? Uh, it was kind of like get. I really thought I was getting my money's worth because it was multiple games in one game. Yeah. Okay. Very. Very fair. Very fair. For me, Gorf has always had the the cosmetic appeal. You know, the 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 lights, the, just the way the cabinet is lit up, um, and just I think the presence of the cabinet for me is a little more than the gameplay is for me. But that's that's the reason why I've always liked Gorf, and like I say, I think it's I think it's just the, the visual aspect of the game more so than the gameplay itself. I mean, I think it's fun to play, but I never had any special connection to it as a kid. So for me, it I mean, truthfully, for me, it feels a little slow and lumbering, I guess. And as an adult, I would agree. Yeah, you know. And speaking of from the, you know the visual aspect, and as a kid, this just hit me. I'm sure the 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 unique for joystick yeah. you know it's not that unique today i mean we we've seen that flight stick look on several games yeah yeah definitely but 
I don't remember it. You know, I don't remember Satan's Hollow back in the day. Uh, yeah. And I remember Tron. Uh-huh. But I, I want to say I remembered it Chuck E. Cheese's, and it yeah. wasn't as common as a gorf. Yeah. And it was just always kind of cool to just look look down the row of games and see that stick. Yeah. You know, that flight stick and, yeah. and be able to play the game with it. I mean, when I first saw Tron, you know, I thought Tron was kind of like a little it, it was it was a little elitist you know because it here it was all lit up it had you know the spinner it had the lit joystick it had it just had everything it just had everything going on tron just seemed like whoa that's there's a lot to take in there the one thing that i always did always appreciate about gorf is you just walked up to it and it's like you know you just press your button for one player and it's just that stick you know it's just you just play with that stick and that's that yeah so i appreciate the simplicity of it when i played it back in the day i'd like to say i always enjoyed it but i just don't think that i played it enough and that it ranked high enough for me to carry the nostalgia for it forward you know but i, I do enjoy it today i i just think it takes for me it just takes a little while to, to i just kind of warm up to it i guess yeah i don't play it that often um unfortunately i don't play a lot of my games that often yeah, but I, I'd, I, I'd have a hard time i'd have a hard time giving it up and i, and I, I can appreciate that i can appreciate that and that's that's the reason why it's a keeper man so i, I totally get it all right, man. So we are at the illustrious oh, number one. The all important. The all important number ones. We'll have to cue up some drum roll music, please. <laughs> we'll find a sound effect for that, Brent. So if I beat on the table, it just causes all other bad things to happen. Just, but I tell you what, beat on the table. That way I don't have to go find the segment. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Can you do number it? Number one is Sorry Charlie. <laughs> oh, God. Brent, it's a game that I looked forever to find, and after I found it, it burst into flames and reduced to just a pile of, uh, you know, burnt electrical cord and uh, me uh, cursing uh, Carrington and Mike and saying, why did you ever tell me that this game was even available? So, Brent, I only got to play it once. It shocked me. I fell on the floor. Did you play it with one of the external joysticks, or did you have to reach in and use that internal no, one? No, 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 no. It, it came with three external joysticks, okay, okay. And they, but they were all mounted on the back door. So it was impossible to see what was going <laughs> just, on while I played just it. Just shake the cabinet. Let it hit the sticks against the wall. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I found that if I took a running start, I hit it and tipped it over, I got the high score. So it, it, it worked out really well. So yeah, sorry, Charlie, man. It's great. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I'm so... <laughs> For anybody who hasn't listened to there, no there's quarter, there's a bunch of people out there just dying, and yeah. there's several people out there. They're like, I have no idea. I have no idea what he's talking about. It, it's favorite, another favorite podcast of ours. Uh, no quarter. Go back and listen to episode number seventy eight. It was the April Fools' episode, and uh, I will say, Brent, that for probably the first ten to fifteen minutes on Sorry Charlie, I had no idea that it wasn't a real game. <laughs> you know, yeah, I was like, Where's Carrington going with this, man? This this thing sounds like a train wreck. And then by the end of it, it's like, Oh yeah, got it got it i was played i was played <laughs> the game the game does not exist and i think i want to say that they admitted in a later Three episode external joysticks yes that i think they admitted in a later episode that they they really just started making it up as, as they the, went as they along. as they it went just got yeah. worse and worse and worse <laughs> yeah. yeah stepping inside the cabinet the whole nine yards yes. man it was it was crazy but no brent uh sorry charlie aside you know my short amount of time with that uh truly my number one game is uh, as i'm sure you predicted is donkey kong <laughs> but here's the thing who'd have saw that coming <laughs> 
show great title, title, show title, I'm right there. I'm gonna, I'm, yeah. I'm, you put that in the one I'm note work, while I talk, please. I'm, I'm working on that right now. <laughs> Got it. All right, thank you, Brent. The whole thing for Donkey Kong for me is again the nostalgia factor. As I was a child, okay, as I was a kid, because um, the arcade that I went to, the Galaxy Games, man, knowing knowing um, now what I didn't know then, I'd have, I would have bought that place before it closed down, you know, <laughs> just to save it, because it was just the epitome of your all American arcade. You know, you walk in the t- the windows, you know, all the glass in the front is is tinted limo black. You walk in 112 degrees outside. You walk in at 72 in there. You know, just nice and cool and you know almost to the point Brent where when you shut the door it felt like a vacuum would shut the door for you and you were you you (laughs) were like you were like locked in and in this pressurized place of happiness whatever that may be but (laughs) I always remember talking about an arcade right yes yeah yeah I am I am yeah that's another podcast that we don't host but anyway um the thing that I remember most about Donkey Kong Brent is every time that I would go to the arcade, that that game was like four or five people deep, okay, with the quarters on top, and it was at the back of the arcade, not the front, uh, oddly enough, but it was at the back against the wall in a corner that was not lit at all. So for me, the whole thing about Donkey Kong was the the illumination, you know, the, the presence. Was that to give it focus? I, I, think, I think it was. because Just it, like it, this light, like, oh. Yeah, I mean, it, it literally... What I don't I don't remember the sides of a Donkey Kong cabinet. I remember the glow of the marquee, the 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 phosphor glow of the screen, and that's what really got me was just the the colors. You know, the Mario Donkey Kong, um, and the stark difference between like the the reddish purple of level one and the the just the the neon blues of uh, you know of, of the of the second level, the rivet level, and everything like that. And it was just so. Um, it was just so in. I, I guess just so unique to me at the time, and every and every opportunity that I ever got to play it, Brent, I would put my quarter in, hit hit the one player, let the open, let the sequence run its way through, and when it started, I would immediately die. Like within my game would be over within like twelve <laughs> to fifteen seconds. It would just it would just hand me whatever of my butt would fit in a bucket and then throw it back over my head, and then I was like, yeah. You know, and I'd be ready to to just it, run it, it and it, play it again. It did it in such a way that you didn't give up on. No, it. no. In fact, I I loved it all the more because of that. Okay, and I, you know, I again, I know it's cliched. Everybody says Donkey Kong this, Donkey Kong that, but whenever my brother and I would go to the arcade, I would spend the line the the lion's share of my time playing Donkey Kong. You know, just because. It, it just had a fixation for me. And the, the interesting thing about it, if I can take one game and say that it embodies the arcade spirit for me, it would be that game. And when I think about, in my mind's eye, what the perfect arcade monitor looks like, okay? The perfect pixelated, scanline, crisp, colorful, you know, the, the darkest black of background and, the, and the, the most beautiful, you know, popping of color colors of the of the sprites on the screen it's always donkey kong that's awesome just is it just is i love that game excuse me you tearing up 
I'm biting my lip because I'm not trying to ruin the moment by saying something snarky. <laughs> no, you, you've done said it snarky enough for one for one through ten right here. And Brent, I do appreciate this because as I was thinking about this, uh, you have given me the podcast, the episode banner for this month's show. This is perfect, <laughs> man. Yeah. This, oh, it's hilarious, man. It's great. Uh, you know, it, the only thing that would make this better is if it came in a box with a bow on it. So yeah. <laughs> don't tempt me. <laughs> But yeah, that's my number one, man. Uh, I'm sorry that uh, sorry Charlie had to get the boot, but you know it's uh, like I say it, it just it, it just befell a weird accident, you know. So <laughs> never really got to spend that much time with it. So I don't think my number one is going to be much of a surprise to folks. And this this goes back to um, a nostalgia thing, okay? And you know a lot of what you described, a lot of what you described for uh, Zookeeper, it was based on. Well, Zookeeper wasn't an arcade experience, but Zookeeper was the focus of that trip to go yeah. with your mother. That's right. The focus of that was to spend time with your brother, uh-huh. and it was that game. There was that, you know, my take, my my experience growing up was different because I was overloaded with this stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. overloaded. Yeah. I could walk out into the street and throw 10 rocks and nine of them would hit a video game see, i mean they were everywhere it's crazy and see and because in me brent because it was exactly the opposite for me yeah i think that has driven my 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 um modus operandi on how i've collected my games and how i've approached buying games mm-hmm. because for me it was always scoring a piece of a little piece of unobtainium for me and that's why every game has always had you know it's always kind of you know fed a pleasure center in my head or something you know the thrill of the hunt and it's like oh i can't believe i got this you know because i'd only see the stuff you know on just very selected time periods not you know so yeah definitely definitely opposite you're definitely different yeah uh, you know from well, from how you how you grew up in that my way. experience on the game's a lot of these they were in places that had multiple games they were in arcades and it was just something about the game at that point in time in my life that imprinted on me okay it wasn't it wasn't as much it seems like your experience where um you you enjoyed the game that was the game because that was the game that was it yes or going to visit a place that had games was for you not as commonplace for me yeah where exactly. i probably wouldn't have really noticed that donkey kong was in the back and kind of intentionally put to spotlight it uh-huh. oh, because yeah. i was there all the time yeah you know it yeah. didn't stand out to me yeah so you know so my number one this is a game that i played in a local arcade the arcade i've talked about this before on the show was in a building that was right out in front of the place that i would eventually go to high school yeah, and this was it was common for my dad at the time, um, and I'll I'll get into a little bit of the my dad stuff. Okay, um, my parents were divorced. Okay, so and it, it's a it's a common story. Yeah, you know? oh yeah, lot, yeah. So my my mother is pretty much who raised my sister and I. This will come into play actually a little later in this, okay. the segment. But, okay, so. Um, when anyone that's ever met my dad at a show he is not my birth father uh-huh. but for my purposes he's my dad oh I understood okay yeah. so he uh when, when my mom and he were uh first married 
and you know time was not as much of a premium as it was when we were getting older yeah and places like arcades were still common it was very easy for him to throw me or my sister and I in the car and we're going to go take a couple hours. We're going to get away for a little bit and we're going to go, you're going to hate this. We're going to go five minutes down the road and we're going to play games for an hour. Well, you know, consider yourself lucky though. And back at the, you know, this is stuff as an adult that I can reflect on and realize that he he would go in there and he would play games with us. I see. It's it's, it's you know, awesome. So we got to do it together. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't like dropping us off and let here's a here's five dollars and yeah. the arcade babysat us. Yeah. We we went in there. He and I or the three of us, and it was something that we could do. Yeah. To bring us closer together. Yeah. In this what was this newish family? Yeah. Yeah. So. The game that I loved to play then in this arcade was Battlezone. <laughs> okay. I'm terrible at Battlezone. <laughs> Absolutely terrible at it. But I love it. And it, it, it comes from that tie as, as, a, as a youth and everything that I just laid out in going into this arcade and I that was the game that spoke to me in that arcade. Yeah. And it kind of goes back a little bit to that, the asteroids conversation where the graphics were different. Yeah. You know, even, especially at that time, everything else was raster, you know, still, but this was an older game at the time. Yeah. You know, being a black and white vector on top, you know, black and white on top of all of it. The graphics were different. The control method vastly different, vastly different, yes. very unique. Yeah. The little para, the faux periscope thing uh-huh. that was that was fun. I had my own little step, yeah, to get on to play the game. That was that was interesting. Yeah, the sounds, yes. the tank sounds, yeah. the deep guttural sounds of the of the explosions. Yeah. You know, the um, I. I I just I love the game all the way around it. Yeah, and I remember the arcade had a raffle and they were giving away. They just said giving away a black and white game, and we bought raffle tickets. And I was like, oh, let it be. Let it. I was you know battles on battles on battles on. And we go up there for the drawing, and it was Space Invaders. <laughs> and, and at that point, sorry, such a letdown. At that point, I mean, <laughs> it, it let, not even thinking about the fact that I could have my own video game in yeah. my own house. Yeah. Literally, I was like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. You know, I don't care. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> we stuck around because we had the tickets, but I was like, whatever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Space Invaders ain't got nothing for no, me. No, they got, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's, that ain't no battle zone. No, no. Kind of, kind of like the old big guns. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Big guns ain't no battle zone. Ain't no battle zone. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a show. So, that's a tagline. Ain't no battle zone, baby. So that uh, David Paul that uh-huh. would look great on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would. We need to. Yeah, I need to. I need to reach out to David anyway and say hi to him. So yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be for the next round of shirts. Ain't no battle zone, baby. I, <laughs> so no, my number one. Yeah is battle zone that's that's awesome that's awesome now it's it's cool to hear the stories that that go behind them so brent for everybody's benefit why don't we recap these here real quick okay Okay. so um i'll go ahead and run through mine uh number 10 was mad planets number nine was gyrus 
Number eight was Donkey Kong 3. Number seven was Black Widow slash Robotron. Number six was Galaga 3 or Gap Plus. Number five was Satan's Hollow. Number four was Rally X. Number three was Food Fight. Number two was Zookeeper. And number one, Donkey Kong. Only because, sorry, Charlie, burnt to the ground. But yes, <laughs> burst into flames. Burst into flames. Yeah, dude. And that was, yeah, just take it out of the crate and boom. Sh- gone. <laughs> <laughs> she was gone. So. <laughs> I like that. She was gone. She was gone. Just, uh, just genie smoke. Where did that smoke come from? Yeah, what? I don't know. It was a game. It was a game. All right. My number 10, Juno 1st. Yep. Number 9, Atari's Asteroids. Number eight, Mustang Pinball, the Premium Boss Edition. Number seven, Moon Patrol. Number six, Time Pilot. Number five, Area 51. Number four, the original, Color Vector, Atari Star Wars. Number four, Frogger. Number three, Gorf. And number one, battle zone sweet yeah it's it's a very uh, a very different list for the two of us i will say now let me ask you brent um i have got a list of honorable mentions okay and what didn't make your list that you wish could have fit in the list you know, i'm just kind of curious I didn't keep an honorable mentions list. okay I, i'd have to think back to what i know i had a couple games on here yeah yeah and i and i pulled them from the list and you know, it, okay, some of them are coming back to me. And, and yeah. This is, I wanted to, uh, I started out with this comment that it's easy to go around the game room. It is. And put those in your list. Yeah. And I, those are the games I started to, to to pop off of the list for the reasons that you know were explained as we went through all the games. But yeah. Defender uh-huh. was definitely on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Great game. Uh, I remember it at the bowling alley uh, across the hall in the in the pool table room. Yeah, and uh, I remembered at Chuck E. Cheese's. Oh yeah, and uh, uh, Tempest uh-huh. was in my list. Yep, yep. And the the third one that comes to mind that was definitely in the list that I that I pulled out, and this was a Chuck E. Cheese memory. I remember seeing this game one time at Chuck E. Cheese's. I was drawn to it because of the unique cabinet. I played it and I had a hard time with it as a youth, so I I really didn't go back and play it, and uh-huh. now I have a hard time with it as an adult. Yeah, but it was Domino Man. <laughs> no joke, man. Yep. that was that's, the, that's a Slayer. No matter how you stack yes. it, yeah. So what what's in your honorable okay. honorable mentions? All right, so I'm I'm going to run through these really quick, but I do think that they that they warrant mentioning because it, ten is just not enough. Okay, but. You know, we said 10, so I had to limit it at 10. So I'll kind of roll through these real quick. Uh, first one, uh, pole position, cockpit version, just uh, for obvious reasons. You know, the 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 the, the stereo, stereo quote, stereophonic sp- uh, sound. I guess if you, you know, if it showed up on a record label, that's what it would say. Just the whole experience of pole position now, now and you, cockpit is awesome. Now you've made me remember that bowling alley yeah. because I could remember being down the row and hearing "prepare to qualify." Oh yeah, when someone yeah. would drop a quarter. Oh in the my pole gosh, position. yeah, and you know, I would see the uprights a lot, but uh, the arcade that I played I, at had a cockpit and it was awesome. I'm gonna have to asked Jimmy how difficult that bowling alley was to maintain because I know at one point in time he had laser disc games in it oh, he had a pole geez. position in yeah, it had vectors and in vectors it. in it color yeah. vectors it in must it have that must have been a nightmare yeah, a nightmare um, so yeah pole position cockpit and like I say I'll run through these here real quick uh, Mappy was one uh, Gravatar uh, I love love 
love Gravitar. He's, as he points to his Gravitar t-shirt. As I point to my Gravitar t-shirt. Uh, let's see. Track and Field. My brother and I played that at um, at a Walmart before it was a Walmart. It was, gosh, what it was, was just it? a Mart. It was it was just a Mart. What was what was Walmart <laughs> called before it was I Walmart? I don't remember it that. Was, um, uh, it wasn't Big K. That's that was the was that the was it Big K? Maybe it I was don't Big remember K. Big K. I think it was. I, I know I think it was Big K. Even to this day, there's several stores that that are out in the more uh, rural area. Rural areas. Yeah, roses was one of them. You remember See, there roses? Was, there was no roses around here that I okay. remember. All right. Okay. Town. Well, we, we, we knocked off consolidated sales. We knocked off service merchandise. I just mentioned big K. Uh, was it, it, it Zare? Was, Zare. You know, <laughs> it was big K because their logo was like, a, it was like a big crown. I remember that and it had okay. a K on the crown and everything. Yeah. Uh, but it, it occupied the place before Walmart did. And I, I swear it was the, the, the precursor company to Walmart. I, who knows? I could be wrong. But, but uh, probably am. But um, gosh, what else was there? Rose. Anyway, yeah. So we we've knocked off quite a few of them. But uh, Quality Farm and Fleet. You remember that? No. Okay. All I, right. I let Quality Farm and Fleet. Quality not Farm and I'm, Fleet. No, not yeah. where I'm at. Okay. No. All right. So I guess that that was kind of like before Tractor Supply. You know, uh, back twenty some odd years ago. But yeah, Quality Farm and Fleet. So that was one of them too. But uh, yeah. Anyway, my brother and I played track and field uh, in the vestibule of that Walmart. So yeah, it was always fun. Uh, Donkey Kong Junior. Uh, loved the game. Just it just couldn't really fit in the top ten. Uh, Bump and Jump. Brent uh, is is definitely one that I would say is honorable mention. I do have your Frogger on my list and I do have Time Pilot on the list next and I'm going to round it out with Qbert and Major Havoc slash Quantum. And the reason I say that, those two, is because I have played them in MAME. Love both of them. I think they're, I think they're a blast to play. Never played them on their dedicated hardware yet. Okay? Yet. And in the game, the honorable mention that does not fit in my 79 to 85 time period is Metal Slug. Because I love <laughs> I me play- some Metal Slug. I was playing Metal Slug oh, uh, yeah. just, just like yesterday. Were you really? I had the game room on, and I, I, I've i got a... In the Neo Geo? In the Neo Geo, I've got... Me- my nephew loves Metal Slug. Man, dude, is there anything... that Can you ever play Metal Slug and walk away disappointed? No. 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 Even exactly. When even when you lose. Even when you lose, Metal Slug is, is the fun. So, yeah. So, that's my list of honorable mentions. Um, I love all of those games, but like I say, I, I had to squeeze something in into the top 10 and that's how it that's how it went so yeah well listen brent thanks for humoring me i appreciate it you know and and uh, i'll just have to think up the next threat and we'll you know <laughs> two three months we'll, me to do now <laughs> yeah I, I have no idea I'll, I'll think it up as uh, as i'm driving home i don't know but yeah it's cool man it gives some insight into you know i guess personalities how we collect what we collect and what we drive after so yeah it was it was fun a little break from uh, from the usual man so i appreciate you playing yeah, I along think we, i think we learned a lot about each other unless you sit down and talk this stuff out yeah you kind of don't necessarily realize the angle that we come from that, that so. you come from and why game means something to you so yeah no it's all good man it's all good all right winning so now that we've got the top 10 list kind of behind us yeah let's uh, circle back around to updates updates what's been going updates. on man man dude unfortunately um my list of updates this month is uh is short uh as it was last month and eh, maybe a little bit more but man uh you know i hate to always lean on this but unfortunately uh just like last month i had travel for work you know going on and so it's only it, a hobby man yeah i know i know just a hobby well and, and here's the thing it's gonna be the same way for me next month as well so it'll almost be three straight hey, here's, months here's a secret yeah 
I'm really the only one that knows. None of these people out there really know you. Make up stuff. Make up stuff? <laughs> uh, well, I guess I could, but I would feel really bad for doing that because I always like to get pictures of stuff as I go and yeah. then I'd just be making up, you know. Hey, up kind of stupid Google stuff. Google is that. your friend. Yeah, I guess I, I guess it would be in that regard. <laughs> I'm but, not uh, that nefarious, folks. <laughs> but man, uh, what I did I'm get, much worse. Much worse. Yo, much much worse. <laughs> but now, what I did get done though, Brent, I guess is you know incremental. Uh, you know, across a couple of projects that I've had going on. Uh, you know, as, as everybody will remember from the last couple of shows, I, I've kind of uh, either through necessity or what have you, I've kind of set the zookeeper off to the side. You know while I'm uh, you know while I'm waiting on some artwork and stuff like that I've picked up working on my rally X and that really kind of took on a little bit of life of its own because once you start to take a second game apart while you have a first game apart then it's like oh gosh man why why did I do that but but the rally X is it's it's moving along so about the only thing that I have done on it or had the time to do was on the geo 7 monitor that's uh, that was in that particular game Brent uh, when I pulled when I pulled the monitor chassis out, I had realized, or and, and I was told this when I bought the game, that uh, that the guy that I bought it from uh, got I got that one from like mid mid to northern Indiana. So I'd have to actually go back and look it up where I pulled that game out of specifically, you know, city wise or anything. But nonetheless, the guy had uh, told me he's like, oh. Uh, there's not a lot of collectors around here, and I wind up doing a lot of this work on my own. You know, he goes because uh, a lot of it I, I just have to look up, and I'm like, okay, well, I, I hope he I hope he did a good job. That, that could go one of two ways. It, it could go one of two ways. That's the reason why I bring it up. But when I yanked the monitor chassis out, it had been freshly capped, or you know, quote unquote, recently in arcade terms, and it it looks it looks good. You know, it looks good. It doesn't you know the solder job's not sloppy or anything like that. It's got a new flyback on it, uh, new coals everything like that so it, it looks like it's had the typical bob roberts deluxe kit done on the chassis okay which i'll, I'll take that because you know as you know that's that's a good 50 dollars that you didn't have to spend you know when you look at mm-hmm. everything that you'd have to do to geo 7 to i guess kind of quote unquote you know write the ship you know on, on a geo 7 but what i have done to it is a couple things um i took uh i ordered uh, a handful of the uh remote pot adjuster boards for the geo 7 and uh, i got those from twisted quarter they're really nice i've got them on my on the sanyo monitors that i've redone too so got that installed got that guy up and going and uh and then brent i don't know if you do this on on your geo7s but i ordered some uh fuse holders off of ebay and i eliminate the pigtail fuses on on the on the chassis itself yeah i just for whatever reason man i just don't really like those i I have where where i've had to replace the fuses but honestly no i tend to leave if it's got a good fuse in it i'll I'll leave them and what you mean by pigtail i was looking at the notes i was like what do you mean by that and it's it's imagine a fuse with like a capacitor leg soldered, soldered off of on, each cap. That's exactly. So and then that solders right into the board. Yeah, it's a fuse with legs. Yes. Is what it is. So yeah, so I. I, I just do that just because it was out and it's like I can increase the serviceability of this within you know just a few minutes and it it, wor- it works out okay so I've done that but as far as the game itself um, you know outside of uh, the really good cleaning that I gave it last month and you know kind of where I've come along you know uh, you know team molding wise and everything like that there's not really been a lot done the one thing that I will say though Brent and this kind of leads into the next you know the next item 
write them on my updates is I have gone uh, to Lowe's, all right, and I'm sure Home Depot or Menards or anything would be the same wherever you may be. Uh, whatever you got access to yeah it's basically a big box store yeah hardware store yep yep exactly so i've gone to lowe's and i've bought a uh kind of a basket full of what are um these sylvania ultra led um light bulbs okay they take the place of incandescent bulbs and so they've got that screw in base uh, i can't recall what the designation for that base is but it's, it's that typical, i call it an edison bulb you know what yeah, I'm it's saying? a typical screw in base that we all know and love exactly. for forever yes okay. exactly us okay yeah so i've bought led replacements for those bulbs and my rally x and i've gone back and looked in some of my other games a few that i you know have had stretch wrapped and haven't you know haven't looked at in a while or haven't got to you know cleaning them up and getting them game worth ready game room ready or anything like that but what i've noticed is um the rally x has got the same light fixture in it as does a pac-man and a galaxian Mm -hmm. and i don't know if a miss pack is the same way or not but um i haven't i haven't uh looked inside my my old miss pack cabinet uh, in se- several several months, and even then, when I did, I wasn't paying attention to this. But it has actual two light fixtures mounted to the to the inside sides of the marquee area of the of the game. So they actually the the, the bulbs sit on a horizontal, and the bulbs actually point to each other, and with the little incandescent fixtures. And uh, normally, those bulbs would be a forty watt incandescent light bulb. I know that because uh, I've taken uh, several 40 watts out of the games, and I can tell you, Brent, those bulbs look like they have been in there for 20 years. So I doubt they they may not be original, but I bet they were replaced with the same thing mm-hmm. that came in the game. With that all being said, you know these um, these 40 watt LED bulb or they give off 40 watts a lot. You know the equivalent of a 40 watt light bulb give off 40 watts of light. <laughs> <laughs> they give off the equivalent of light of a 40 watt light bulb. And uh, it's nice because these are 2700K on the color scale. So they're, you know, they're very far, you know, if these bulbs were political, they'd, uh, they, they'd be on the left-hand side. And so they, they give off a very nice uh, yellowish kind of uh, very comfortable, homey kind of incandescent feel, you know, not a, not a real, uh, you know, uh, pure white, bluish, kind. bluish, whitish daylight, you know, quote, what's called quote unquote daylight, like a 5,000 or 6,500, you know, K range. And what's nice about this, Brent, is I, I put them in the Rally X, you know, put the marquee back on, the brackets back on and everything like that, fire the game up. And instantly, man, boom, just like that, it lights up with the nicest, just marquee filling, just nice incandescent like light that uh, th- that I've seen in quite a while. And n- none of the hot spots that you get on on an incandescent light, and it just looks good. You know, to me, it actually is brighter than it was with two, you know, e- even with two uh, sixty watt light bulbs in it. That's what I had in it, you know, to begin with. And they just you could see the you could see the light emitter on the on the incandescent bulbs. It looked like you had just two balls of light stuck behind the marquee, like this, where the filaments were. Yeah, exactly. This now looks very very. Um, consistent and you know it completely uh completely lit across the across the marquee there's no warm spots there's no cool spots so yeah i've i'm been very happy i'm gonna have to look at those Uh, i've used compact fluorescence yeah yeah i've had to get away from those i'm not a fan of i'm not a fan at all uh i've got them in all the the pots in the basement in the ceiling okay and this was my first go at them and i know they've improved them um 
the, these take uh, a little while to warm up. Yes, you can, they do. You can yeah. literally watch the the, the basement kind of come from this dim light up uh-huh. to a, a, the light like we've got now. Yeah. Uh, I don't particularly care for them because the mercury that's, that's in them. exactly if right. If I break them. Yeah. Um, that bothers me. And I, and I know that, that, and I'm sure it varies with, with lamp type, but um, it's rare, but not so rare that I haven't heard about it several times and seen proof of it, uh, both you know, from, from people that I know firsthand and yeah. then just, you know, yeah. generally online that they can fail in a catastrophic way, you uh-huh. know, and, and, and burst into a flame. Yeah. Yeah. So I've heard, I've not seen it. I, I've had, I think we talked about this and, and I, I started discovering that after yeah. I put these in. Yeah. So I, I may actually switch these out to LEDs. Yeah. But, I would highly recommend it. And then in the cabinets, like the GORF. Yeah. It's all compact fluorescent. Yeah. Okay. So that uh, I'm get I wanted to get away from the, from the heat of an incandescent. Yes. Yes. Because it, it's that way. All the lights in the gorf, it's all fixtures, uh-huh. like that that screw in base fixture, whatever the the technical term for it is. Yeah. There's two in the front, right below the control panel. There's a couple in the marquee, and then there's uh, a couple or one in the very back that lights up the back above the monitor. Yeah. So they're all compact for us. I'll have to look at these now. Well, you know, I, I was thinking we may have talked about this last month, but then thinking back, I, I actually I don't think we did. I think it, it was a different conversation, but it, it, get this. So my daughter's my daughter's uh, nightlight in her bedroom was a, I had a CFL bulb in it, okay? Mm-hmm. And it failed. All right. Now, what it would do is it would blink off and on really, really fast. Okay. It just cycle between, you know, between those two states really fast. The thing that scared me the most about it, though, is I had, she's also got a ceiling fan in her room and all that's running off the same circuit breaker. Okay. Mm-hmm. And as that CFL bulb would pulsate, I could hear the motor in the ceiling fan in opposite synchronization to that light bulb as it was blinking you could hear that motor uh, 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 like that you could I, I, it was I almost like it not. was pulling the circuit i'm, I'm telling close you close to ground but I, I'm, not I'm, enough to pop but the breaker. not enough to pop the breaker and i'm sitting there watching that light and i'm going i don't know how much more electricity that is pulling through that wire that it normally would but it's running way hotter than it normally does. Well, stop the show. I'm going to take all this stuff out right now. <laughs> well, I can only tell you my experience and what I saw, okay? And I took that bulb out and systematically uh, took it up to the recycling center and got rid of it. And, I, you know, over time, I, I mean, I still have some CFLs in my house, but I have... Yeah, all these need to go uh, away. Yeah, I, I, over time, I have, little by little, I have replaced them as I go. But, uh, yeah, I was, I was really kind of surprised about that. I mean, to the point where if you hear the motor... Straining, you know, it 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 was it was kind of telling to me, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, the Sylvania Ultra LED forty watts, big big fan of those. They've they've proven themselves well so far. You hit something uh, nail kind of on the head there without maybe knowing it. You you had to take it to the recycling center because you know if you you pitch them, you're basically throwing mercury into the you know into a landfill. You know, and and it'll seep. I, I suppose it would seep back into the groundwater and everything like that, as if you know anything else in that dumpster is not you know not dangerous enough but mercury let's is just throw just, some mercury in on top of yeah, it there's some medical waste and, yeah exactly just all the stuff that you never want to run into again so yeah, yeah no I, I i did i, I purposely uh, boxed that guy up and took him back to the recycling center and got rid of it mm. 
Yeah. So so those are those are the updates there, you know, the LED bulbs and uh, what's going on with the Rally X. So, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, literally swapping out as much as I can with the LED bulbs, you know, where where they fit, you know. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a stickler for originality when it comes to the fixtures and stuff like that. But this this was a no brainer upgrade to those. Uh, the only other thing, Brent, this was a couple of months ago, maybe even three or four. But we talked about I think in one of my updates, I, I had talked about the beginnings of building a PC to do ROM burning, okay? And I was going through the gyrations of, yeah, I've got this certain case, and I'm going to build this certain machine with, you know, triple boot off of this, and, and you know, be run this way, and configured this way, and that way. Well, I've kind of put that on hold, because I was uh, fortunate enough to receive, via a freebie, uh, a compact, what's, the model number on this is an SR1030NX, and this, this little baby is great, Brent. It's a it's an older AMD based uh, PC. You know, it, it will run. I think I think the the max on it's like a. It, I think it's it'll go up to like two gigs on the motherboard if I'm not mistaken. I think it takes 512 meg uh, DIMMs on it, and so old school. Oh, it's definitely very old school. But the great thing about this, though, Brent, is that you can slap a couple hard drives in this baby. It's not very big. Uh, it doesn't have extreme graphics capabilities or anything like that. But you you don't care about that. And this thing is the perfect vintage machine to dual boot DOS and Windows XP. And with that, I can run pretty much any programmer environment that I would want to run. And and uh, it has onboard native serial and onboard native parallel ports, which are getting harder and harder to find on motherboards today, you know, without doing an add-in card or anything like that. So the great thing about this is I'm guaranteed compatibility, you know, along those lines. So, yeah, I was pretty happy about that, man. And like I say, it was uh, it was kind of gifted to me, and, and uh, I was uh, it was a pretty sweet score. One man's junk is another man's treasure. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So I hopefully I'll have a little more, uh, a little more progress on that in, in the coming months. You know, I'm just going to... Um, I, you know, stick it, find a couple of older ID hard drives and stick them in there and uh, just kind of kind of run that way. But uh, the only other thing, Brent, is uh, <laughs> and I know this is isn't directly arcade related, but I was so happy about this because I can, <laughs> I can, I can, yeah, it's like, wee, you know, I can now move games uh, between my house and my outbuilding, my garage a lot easier now. I've, I've, for the past couple of years, I bought this, well, for the past couple of years, I've had a John Deere Gator, and I don't know if everybody knows what those are, but it's, it's kind of like a look, you can get them in either two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive, um, and I think they even make like a six-wheel version you know kind of like an amphibious you know uh, model of those as well but um you can think of it as almost like a f- uh, i don't know it's a like four- a miniature truck yeah it's like a yeah it's like Take- a it's like a four-wheeler with a with a with, with a bed on and, it and you not, know and but a really utilitarian one not very like, much so yeah not yeah. like the classic kind of like a I think Kawasaki makes the mule. The Kawasaki makes the mule. Polaris has has the same thing, but Ranger. This is, Polaris has a Ranger. Ranger, but this is like a, this is like way more bare bones than yeah, that. Yeah, it's, you know? it's much lower slung. Why it's wider? It's got a yeah bigger footprint, if you will. Yeah, and a, and a much more um, utilitarian bed. <laughs> oh, there's no doubt about yeah. it, man. This thing is meant for hauling firewood, uh, brush, really uh, working. Yeah, buckets of like buckets daily. Of, yeah, yeah, buckets of sand. 
concrete, what, whatever you want to throw in the bed, this thing is this thing's ready to go. And you know the interesting thing about this thing, man, Brent, this one is two wheel drive and it's belt driven, and that belt is tough, man. The 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 amount of force that it can pull on that rubber belt is is amazing because it's not you know it's not axle driven it's not it's not shaft driven or anything oh, wow. like that this thing is belt driven and it's uh it, it's wild just you know how much torque that that belt uh, can actually take because uh brent i have been moving uh, arcade games in the back of that gator now and uh man you know it's no problem you throw a 350 pound gyrus in the back of it and you move it no problem right right through my yard and back up to my building <laughs> i've not I'm not throwing a, a cockpit pole position in it yet, but who needs I think, a dolly when you've got a gator? Who needs a dolly when you got a gator, man? That's right. But I'm so happy about that because uh, over the winter, over last winter, uh, you know, um, is odd. Three of the tires went flat, and I wound up actually having to get two new ones put on it because they had dry rotted from the inside out. And so, yeah, it was. It was That's interesting. It's wild because, and I guess it's condensation on the inside of the wheel. You know, where the wheel starts to rust on the inside or what have you. But uh, yeah, when when the tire shop popped the tires off of it they showed me it's like man the the, the ins- there's no sense in us you know patching this or putting uh you know there's putting, nothing there to hold it yeah so. exactly there's there's nothing to hold it and the inside of the tire is so is so is is broken down to the point and brent i'm telling you it's the, just the, age the, these, you know these tires are like 15 17 years old because i've got an old yeah. i've got an old gator it's not like yeah they're just, it's just it's, age it's just yeah. age you know so i wound up having to put a couple new tires on it and then plug one tire and the gator's back in business man so so, yeah, I've been uh, I've been happy, man. That's that's some uh, that's some uh, u- that's some utility that I've been living without for quite some time. So uh, that's going to make it easy to get stuff to and to and from you know large scale stuff without having to you know run my truck through the yard. The only other thing, Brent, I I, I have to throw this in because it's obligatory. Um, dude, I put T molding on my zookeeper. <laughs> <laughs> you got it done. It's done. You got yeah. it done. Yeah, but uh, yeah, exactly. So it, I've. I've I've almost now almost now have to finish the finish the rally X because it I've I've almost put it in front of the zookeeper just because and I, I kind of hate that I've done that but I've got to finish the rally X because the rally X is in pieces in my game room and I got to put it back together so that I can rearrange some stuff in the game room so um, you know, Brent, that's that's my sorry attempted updates for the month. <laughs> How about you, man? Surely you've had a better month than I. Well, I've had a few things going on. Um, one of the, I'm sorry, you've had a much more uh, productive productive month than I. How about that? Well, uh, I I think I have. Okay, one of the good. things I've had going on was um, as I'm always doing. I think we're all all of us are always doing is it's clean up. So I've had this shelf out in my garage, and when I say shelf, I don't mean just like some little shelf like 12 inches deep. You know, I mean, I've got a couple racks in my garage like you would see in a small warehouse. Okay. And one of the shelves was the catch-all for all kinds of stuff arcade game related, and it was just full. So this thing is probably, it's probably eight foot by... It's four by eight at the smallest. That's, that's a good size. I think it's actually it's actually probably closer to ten. Yeah, ten long. Yeah, and it just got stuff piled on it and boxes of stuff. So, I, I, from the last round of cleanup, I still had a couple things on my main workbench, and I just I wanted my workbench back. So, 
the things that I had on the workbench really needed to go on the shelf. The stuff on the shelf really needed to be organized. The boxes needed to be broke down. Some of it needed to be gotten rid of. Yeah. So I have been out just pulling stuff off the shelf, big and small, digging through boxes, finding little treasures that I didn't know I have, and (laughs) things that you forget about. Yeah, things that I had forgotten about. Stuff, stuff where I had bought some something out. Yeah. And okay, all this, and I just start just piling stuff into big boxes yeah. and then it's just like, huh, I had no idea I tape it up that. and take it you know yeah it, I didn't do this this time but I hate hate needing some part yeah and then digging and scrounging and maybe buying and then come around a week or a month later and it's like I, I, hey, I had I got, six of them I got a box of those yeah I got a yeah. box of them yeah I, I know how you feel so I have been out this is this is the second to last pile of stuff yeah. that I have just kind of that needs to be gone through. Yeah. Maybe more on this later. Uh, I'm going to be creating another big old pile of stuff here soon, but we'll, we'll just have to see. I'm not letting any, uh, any, the cat out of the bag any further. So what would you, what would said pile of stuff be used for a uh, video and arcade game? Oh, uh, okay. Uh, pinball machine. You, you heard that folks. I just got the cold. <laughs> I, I just got the slow. No on that deal. <laughs> Cold shoulder, the slow no. <laughs> so down in the game room, there's been uh, quite a bit of stuff kind of going on down here. Yeah, man, you've rearranged a, I have, uh, quite I a have. bit, actually. Uh, longtime listeners of the show may remember me having mentioned I had an Atari Vapor TRX. Yeah. And I had it, the, my game room is in the shape of like an L. Yeah. And on the L side, air quotes, the smaller end of the room is it kind of curves around and goes to the foot of the L. I guess that's how you describe that. Yeah. You? Oh, yeah, yeah. When you get against the end of the, the room, on one side, I had the Vapor TRX. On the other side, I have, what is that thing called? The boat game. Um, oh, um, uh, Hydro Thunder. Hydro Thunder. Hydro Thunder. Okay, so they fit to the either side of this, this short wall, yeah. and I had games between them. And then the seats slash the thing you ride on for the vapor kind of protruded out against the adjoining wall, the side wall. And then once you had enough room behind those for people to get in and out, then more games. Yeah. So they kind of fit in that space, but they're kind of big. Yeah. The vapor has kind of, it's kind of the building. Yeah. It's kind of needed to go for a while. It's needed to come out of the game room. It has run its course in the collection. So it has officially left the building. Yeah. Uh, gentleman, uh, uh, purchased it from me and was very very happy to get it was good thrilled with its condition and excellent its, its state and uh he was more than happy to have it well, so it's made its way out of the building so do you miss it no okay do you think you will miss it i won't until i have a get together because i know a lot of the kids and the family and yeah the f- kids and my friends like the game yeah. yeah but you know they also see him playing the hydro thunder so yeah. I think it'll all work out. Yeah, I mean, you're keeping one of the two, so I, so from that perspective, you're right. But so yeah, kids, kids just love those games. So man. In the side of the, the the secondary effect was along that wall, the short wall. I had four games. I had the Vapor on one end, the Hydro Thunder on the other, and I had two Nintendos in the middle, my two versus cabinets. Well, I had the. Uh, vapor spaced off the wall a little bit because you you ride it you get on it like a seat like a motorcycle yeah so I wanted it away from the wall so that when the kids threw or even the adults threw their leg over it to get on it they weren't kicking my wall yeah 
And to kind of space everything out, I had on the opposite side, I had the hydro thunder pulled away from the wall. Yeah. Uh, and you don't kind of, and not, not the back of it, the side of it. Yeah. These were in the corners. Okay. So you don't really have to do that on a hydro thunder because you, you just sit down in it and turn like you're getting in a car. What I ended up being able to do is I was able to put the hydro thunder back against the wall and I picked up about six inches there. I got rid of the vapor. And then the two Nintendos, which were spaced out evenly between those two big games, I crunched those together. Yeah. And I put two standard uprights in the space of the one <laughs> game. Yeah. That's so awesome. I've yeah, kind of, awesome. in effect, made myself some additional room. Yeah. I've moved my Pac-Man multi-pack with the multi-game kit in it and my Galaxian around the corner into that space. And then right here between a couple columns, I've got right here in the main the main area where the Pac-Man and the Galaxian were, I slid my rip off in there. Yeah. And the new hole will be the home for the Burger Time. I see. Okay. So so, so the Burger Time's a keeper for a while then, huh? Oh, yeah, it'll be out here. Yeah, yeah. it'll be a keeper for a while. Uh, it, and it will be out here in the main game room. Okay, cool. Speaking yeah. of burger time, yeah, I have actually gotten quite a bit done with it. Well, good. People will be overjoyed to hear that. <laughs> when, when did we start this? Like episode three? Man, dude, I'm going to say it's like episode five or something I, like I that. I know that I, I, I have mean, worked, I've had this silly burger time going for so long. You could have brought me a six inch piece of wire and I could have built an entire game around that six inch piece of wire in the time I've worked on this burger time. Well, don't feel bad, man, because I am, uh, let's see, this is September. I am nine months in on Zookeeper. So Gosh, has it been yeah. that long? Yeah, it's been that long. So don't feel bad. So uh, there's there's pictures up on the Facebook page, and I yeah. talk about it every every show. Go out and check out the Facebook page. There's a lot <laughs> of stuff that goes on out there, and there oh, is. Yeah. There is. So, yeah, do it. Yeah. But I have added pictures where I booted the board up, and I, I was shocked because I thought this board had some problems. Uh-huh. And it booted right up. Score. Wh- hooked it up on my bench. So as, as I started to kind of just work with the board... And by work with it, I mean I let it run. Yeah, it started to crash. Okay, and it just it just would got it, worse and worse and worse. So would it lock up? Or yeah, it just would go or? away. No video. Oh, I see. Yeah, it was okay. just just like you turned it off. Okay, gotcha. You might get a little raster flash, just like it was trying to paint something, yeah. and then it it was gone. It's gone. So I fought with it and fought with it, and uh, I really thought it was something to do with the 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 fifty pin ribbon cables and connectors that connect the upper and the lower board because i noticed if i was kind of tapping on the board in the area of one of the ribbon uh, uh, cables and the connector it would crash on me huh so i went through the process of replacing the ribbon cables i have some old you know for people that are that have an it background old scuzzy (laughs) cables make your own yeah Yeah. i just made my own i've got boxes of cables around from old hard drives whether it was the 40 pin or 50 pin scuzzies yeah and so i went and got a set and cut them down and made myself a, a brand new fresh set of cables and i touched up all the solder on all the uh, connectors, which yep. is 50 pins times four, because yeah. you got two on each board. It's a lot. And it still would crash. As a matter of fact, it was getting worse. The more I handled it, the worse it got. Okay. So I started looking at, okay, something is in this particular area, because it, like I said, it seemed focused to this portion of the board. Um, went through and was checking ROMs. I actually went, while I was 
working on it. I said, now's a good time. I'll go ahead. I just verified all the ROMs with my, the EPROMs with my reader. Yeah. Actually, I had one that read incorrectly and I uh-huh. thought, well, this can't be right because it's nowhere near where I think I've got a problem and the game was running, but sure enough, it's wrong. Uh-huh. So I reprogrammed an EPROM, got that squared away. I don't know what little bit of data that was. If it was a graphic or something that was further down the chain or, yeah. or what, I don't know. Still having problems, having problems. And uh, so I went back to the basics and I was like, okay, let me check the power. Because where I was powering this is I took my JAMA rig out, had it sitting on the bench, and I had jumpers. I had a Bob Roberts harness plugged into it. Yeah. I had brought all the power cables around, had, ba- had wound them together, and I had jumpers coming out of the power supply for my JAMA rig, just like alligator clip type jumpers, just clipped onto the screws and then jumped over to those bundles of wire. And I had a couple jumpers because I knew that one of them wasn't heavy enough to carry the current for this whole board. Sure enough, my five volts was low. Uh All right. So I was running like five and a tenth volts at the supply. But by the time it got to the board, it was like 4.6. Wow. Okay. So I went through and I redid the power, how I was powering it, thinking, okay, well, maybe I've just got something on here that's just not happy with that. And it will run for a little bit and she'll warm up and she'll just go away because it's not, you know, but that still wasn't explaining why um, I could, I was at the point where I could leave the board for 20 minutes off and come back and it was still dead. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. So I was kind of really grasping at straws. And honestly, this, this is the side effect of, of not really kind of having focused on what I was trying to do. Uh, ended up just directly connected to the power supply. Took care of my voltage problems. Still dead as a doornail. So I was like, "All right, I'm at basics. Let me check. Let me see if the clock is running. Yeah. You know, got power. Let's see if the clock is running on the processor. I didn't have a clock. No uh-huh. clock signal. Yeah. Well, when I took the top board off, right below where I knew it was touchy was the crystal. Okay. I wasn't find. I didn't find any broken solder joints. I didn't find anything. So with the power on, I took a, a, a plastic probe, like a monitor adjustment tool, uh-huh. and tapped the crystal, and I started getting life. And I reached down with my thumb and kind of just pushed on the crystal, and it it popped back to life. So the board booted. It the board point? booted just fine. Huh? And it was running. And what I had done is I had slid the the crystal had a little strap over it, and I had slid the crystal back down toward its solder pads and kind of actually put put some tension back against the legs of uh-huh. the crystal yeah the crystal was laid over par- uh, parallel with the board yeah not installed perpendicular yeah. standing yeah. straight up yeah so i looked at it and i thought there has got to be some kind of wonky connection from the legs going up inside the the can uh-huh. i said this because at that point it was right there in that area where i was wanting to tap it was just on the lower board huh so i ended up i put another crystal in it took that crystal threw it in the trash fired the board up and then i just started picking the board up and dropping it bouncing it ran rock solid so now i'm happy yeah you know yeah i i I don't i'm not worried about the board i let it run for several hours and it it looks like it's good to go so got the board going i got the board stable yeah uh (laughs) yeah it was just it was just that's what it was yeah i should you know go back to basics You, you you start chasing these little rabbits down rabbit holes and you end up wasting a lot of time. <laughs> so. It's all good, though. We've got a new set of cables out of yeah. it. So, yeah. And I've been putting a lot of the wiring back together in the cabinet. When I first talked about the burger time, I'd mentioned that there was a lot of the wiring harness that was thrown yeah. in the bottom of the cabinet. And yeah. uh, 
what I found with the monitor frame that was hanging in it for, for that Zenith monitor, I, I mentioned this back when I talked about the Zenith, where it had had probably an inch shaved off of the frame. Yep. And I think, like I said, I think the back then, I think the attempt was to put, use that frame as a bracket for an LCD or maybe a, a CRT, and they had just adjusted the width of it for uh, whatever reason. Okay. So when whoever had this before me, I, I really do still, still think they were trying to convert it to a multi-game and fortunately didn't get far enough to ruin it. They didn't drill the control panel or anything to that degree. But they had taken a lot of the wire harness and cut it off like an inch or two inches shy of any of the connectors. Hmm. All of that was still laid in the bottom of the cabinet. So what I've been doing is basically piecing the harness back together because it's the you know honestly it's the original harness the wire color is all correct yeah it's night technically i guess 98 percent of the way there so uh i've been just going back through all those cuts re-soldering them back together yeah as a splice and then and then heat shrinking them so yeah. that they're good and secure yeah and just kind of putting it all back together and i think what i'm going to come down to is i think i've got all the harness except for the board itself actually has it's got two edge connectors and there's two finger boards the board set it's a it's a two-layer board set and it's uh kind of like a pole position where you've got uh, a an edge connector on each board uh-huh. it's yeah. not like the it's not like the small top board is a satellite board and anything that it needs it gets through like the ribbon connector or something yeah. like that yeah. so you've actually got a connector into the main harness off each board and i've got all the harness except for for one of the boards okay and that board uh is kind of i guess the the main board where the cpu is so i'm going to end up taking bob, the harness i got from bob and just using the half that i need and then then getting it back into the cabinet okay so gotcha. you know integrating it into the cabinet yeah, is what okay. i'm going to end up doing yeah un- understood understood let me ask you something uh, have you had to re i mean while you're at it are you repinning much of anything or? i haven't gotten that far yet okay you know i, I originally i was going to take the uh, um i was going to take the the cuts and say okay well this one's two inches shy here this one's how and i was originally just going to just cut it all even and repin it yeah and just looking at it and the way i've laid it all out i've just started putting it together yeah and honestly if i if i have to repin it i'm going to i'm going to figure that out when i get to, i'll cross that bridge when i get yeah there. i understand i was just kind of curious I, I mean for the for the bulk of the games that you've worked on do you find it easier to repin with the harness in the game or do you completely remove the harness and just repin on a bench or, or how, how do you I just repin it in the game yeah because by the time you try to I know, it's, where everything it's, is routed I, I know it's a lot of work yeah it's a it? lot of work yeah yeah it, it is because um you know my zookeeper i've you know i have started on that but i'm not finished and so i can't really call it as an update you know per se mm-hmm. but i was looking at it and it's like you know it's just easier to pull up a chair <laughs> yeah. and, and literally just sit here and just and just repin the thing as it sits rather than 
yanking it all out and putting it on a bench. I, I would much rather repin it on my on my workbench. That would be a lot easier. I'd have better light and everything like that. But it's just uh, I'm not even going to go there. You know, so I was just kind of curious how how you go about yeah, it. Well, I think I'm definitely going to have to repin the the harness that goes into the the linear power supply. Yeah, just looking at it. I mean, I've got it plugged up, but I know in looking at it that a couple of the the pins look sketchy. Yeah. So once I get it all together and yeah. I'm going to boot it, just see what it looks like. I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go back and just repin them. Just like repin I said, they, them, yeah. I can tell they look tarnished. They just don't look, they just don't look good. Yeah. Yeah. So. Un- understandable. Well, it's still good progress though, man. I'm sure that, uh, the legions of burger time fans, including me and uh, Phoebe Smith and Phoebe Smith are, are happy about that. So it's, it's good, man. I'm looking forward to playing it. So the last thing here, my last update, and this is going to be an interesting story. All right. So, um, and Whitney, you may have to carry my water a little bit on this because it's there's a uh, it's a very personal kind of story. Okay. That and I say carry my water because we'll see how I make it through this. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> this is a little, a little different tone. Well, for I, us. Pre- I appreciate you opening up. Brent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. You know, I really thought about this and I was like, you know, all these all the folks that listen to us. It's kind of like a family. It thing. is, and dude, we've got such a good group of listeners, man. I mean, wait till we get to the feedback for this month. I mean, it goes on and on and on. I, I you see the feedback generally before I do. Yeah, I'm going back to even thinking about you know my decision to talk about this a little bit. Yeah, was I'm thinking about the people we meet at shows. Well, because it, yeah. it's someone. A lot of times, it's somebody. It's like you've never physically seen them. Yeah. And on our side of the equation, we don't know them, yeah. but it's like they really know us. It, but you know something, man? I love that. Because, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that right there is is about 90% of what I need to get to know somebody else. And the friends that we've made via this show have just been remarkable, man. Remarkable. And just what they've done for us. So, yeah, it's 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 neat. And, and what's great, Brent, I just, I'll say this and I'll let you get started. Okay. Okay. You know, it's the feedback that we get from the, the, the consistent feedback that we get from you know quote unquote friends of the show. You know Eddie Cox, Jeff Waldron, Jim Hale, the the, the guys that that month in and month out. The O'Shea's. Know, the O'Shea's. Uh, yeah. Thank you, David Paul. Uh, David I mean, Paul. We could go on and on. We could go on and on and on. And these are the guys that that are you know that are really really you know pushing feedback. I mean Chris Payne. They, I mean the, the feedback we got from him this month was was great. It was unbelievable. And it's like these are guys that are really really enjoying the show and i love that you know and they 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 become fast friends so here's the story i wanted to share and like i said just kind of bear with me for a little bit it it may seem depending on how i feel when we get to the this certain points of the story it it may seem like a a a bad thing and and it's not um and everybody's like where is he going with this what does this have to do with video games there's a method to this though right okay Uh, i had another multi-game okay and uh, I sold the multi game. Okay, okay big, big, this month, right? Yeah, yeah. this month, big okay. deal. So what? It's a multi game. All right. Uh, that that's the end of the story. Okay. I I had it out in my building, and I was taking the marquee out of it, and making a couple changes to it uh, that I said I was going to make for the gentleman that bought it, and it hit me what this game, this piece of equipment meant okay and this is kind of those things where i know we all we have stuff it's just stuff yeah you know in this case it's a large yeah yeah, it's a wooden box yeah but every once in a while there's some stuff that that 
really, and I don't mean, okay, I remember playing this in the bowling alley. I mean, something that really means something. And like I said, at the end of the day, it's sold. And I am, I am okay with that. Actually, I'm very happy with that. And so, so that, that's the end of the story. So here's the beginning of the story. Okay. And here's how this, this wooden box means so much to me. All right. and still does, even though it's gone. Yeah. It, it needed to go have a mean something else to someone else, which it has. Yeah. So as I was taking it apart, I got to realize how many people have come into my life because of this one particular game. Okay. Whitney's looking at it because he doesn't, Whitney does not know any of this. I, I don't. I, I don't, I don't know, know where this. any of this is going. I, I mean, I'm sitting here with, with big pie plate. Yeah. Eyes, he's just you know, looking just, at me. He has just no going, idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm soaking. And I know it's coming. I'm yeah. trying to hold it together. Okay. So, um, we've talked about the origin stories, how we started collecting yeah. and all this stuff. So, not too long after I started, I was at an auction. Okay. And this was this is just an, a run-of-the-mill auction house here in an industrial area of Louisville. And the reason I was there was because my uncle, and this will come back into play later. Okay. My uncle works for a local company, and he had occasion to be in this building to do some work, and he saw some of the stuff that was going to be for sale, and he said, hey, Brent, they've got some video games. Uh-huh. So, um, and I just remembered another tie. This is this is really cool. <laughs> so, uh, I go and check it out, and they have auctions. It was, they, they do their auctions during the week, so one day after work. I rolled down there, and the games they had the ga- the game that they had that I was that I cared about was a Phoenix. Okay, and it was beat to crap. Yeah, but I got it for nothing, little and nothing. Nobody wanted it because it yeah. was just beat to death. Yeah. So while I was there, I got to talking to this other guy who frequents auctions, and he was looking at this little poker game, a little older, like early '80s, like monochrome bar top poker game. We okay. got talking. He got my number. A few weeks later, a month later, I get this call out of nowhere. I'm at work. He's like, man, I can't believe you're not down here. And I said, well, what's going on? He said, I'm down here at touch and such. I can't remember the name of the auction. And it's full of video games and pinball machines. Like, oh, it is. <laughs> so uh, I, when I get off work, it wasn't too, it was, this place was on my way home. I could make one turn. Yeah. And it, or actually not make a turn and drive right to this place. I go okay. straight, second right. So I go over there, and it is full of video games. All right. It turned out that there was an operator in town who had sold his route to a guy, and the guy, uh, I won't get into the story. This isn't germane to me, but he ended up passing away, and everything that he had left, his widow was auctioning. So... I went in and I was I bought quite a bit of stuff. And one of the things I bought was this big roll around cart with like three shelves on it of coin mechs and bill acceptors and it was it was pretty much anything uh, coin doors, it was anything that was kind of 
money accepting related. Okay, so hang on for just one second. I'm going to stop you. So just to make sure I understand this. So this was just on like a random Tuesday. Yeah. The, the, the guy that you met prior called you and said, hey, I can't believe you're not down here. There's a, there's a, essentially a warehouse auction type sale going on exactly. right now. Yeah. It's 2.38 on a Tuesday yeah. and it's going on right now. Yeah. It was full of games. The whole back room of the auction okay. house was full of parts. All right. And stuff I wish I'd have bought now, knowing what I know now. Now, yeah. I mean, just like small parts. I yeah, mean, there was yeah. nothing. I don't remember anything there that was rare. Okay. But it was just volume and there was stuff. Useful. Just, and yeah. if I was into pins, I'd have bought pins. Yeah, yeah. But at the time. So okay. I buy all this. Right. I buy all this stuff. And I'm looking at the, the coin. I'm looking at the coin doors. I'm looking at, um, uh, this is one of the things I bought was this cart. I'm looking at the coin doors. I want all the, the uh, uh, coin mechs. And there was a bunch of the little sliding things like for pinball or not pinball for uh, pool tables. I didn't yeah. want any of that stuff. Yeah. It was a bunch of bill acceptors I had no use for. So this guy walks up to me and he says, I, he was bidding against me on the cart. And he, he said, man, I really wanted that bill acceptor. Uh-huh. Would you sell me just that bill acceptor? And uh, I, I didn't know. I, I thought there's got to be something here. Yeah. And I took his name and his number and I said, let me figure, let me get it all home, figure out what I got and I'll get in contact with you. So at the time I was also wanting to build a multi-game. Okay. Mom, my mother who, uh, and I explained, talked a little bit about that dynamic earlier. Yeah. She always liked Miss Pac-Man and Pac-Man. I mean, she would get the TV, those plug and play TV games and yeah. she would play Pac-Man all the time. She loved <laughs> Pac-Man. That was kind of her little escape. Uh, yeah. And as I got older, she had done so much for my sister and I younger um, that you realize that stuff as you get older. Yes. As, a, as an older, as an adult, you realize what your parents do for yeah. you. Yeah, that's true. And I was, and I was and had been for years in the mindset of taking care of her. Yeah. She was getting older, not really old. Yeah. But she was old. You know, I always say I never saw I never saw her have a birthday past her fifty third. Yeah, and she would laugh and point at the picture of me standing in front of the happy sixtieth birthday picture. <laughs> yeah, but um, so if there was something she wanted, I kept that in my mind, and eventually, whatever I had to do, I would make that happen. Okay, and she didn't. She never wanted a lot, but I I tried to pick up on stuff. Yeah, so I was going to build her a multi game, and it was going to be a Christmas present. Okay. And I got working on stuff and working on stuff and I had a cabinet and I was working on it and it was just, it was going to be a lot of effort, but I was going to do it. It was in rough shape. So at one point in time at this auction, there was this cabaret Pac-Man that was just okay. there. It was in fair shape, but in pieces. So is this, a, is this same the t- auction, same auction, same day, same day. Okay. All right. And I got bidding on it and it, it went for more than i was comfortable with okay because i thought i can buy that i could fix it i could give her a real pack uh-huh or i can make a multi-game out of it yeah and it just went for more than i was comfortable with knowing what i knew at the time so the guy that wanted the bill acceptor i walked over to him and i said do you got any empty cabinets he said yeah i got all kinds so i got some stuff that's never had games in them i said I'm looking for a cabinet. He he said, um, "I, how about I trade you a cabinet for that bill acceptor?" And I looked at him and said, "Well, if you want that bill acceptor bad enough to give me one empty cabinet, I bet you'll give me two. 
(laughs) (laughs) And he said, okay, I can do that. Okay. So right then and there, we struck a deal. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, within the next couple of days, I went over to his work to Mr. Jimmy's warehouse. Uh-huh. And that's where I met Jimmy. Okay. Jimmy Litzy, my good friend, who now I count as one of my very good friends, Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. And of course, his daughter, Christy, is the real vocal talent of the Broken Token podcast. <laughs> that she is, yes. So I go up in his building. It's the first time I'd ever been in his building. And up in the uh, second floor, he had these cabinets from a company called Video Optics that was actually a company in Louisville back in the day. Okay. And he never heard of them. And Jimmy, it, it, we always threatened to get Jimmy on the show. We're going to have to. And apparently they had tried to get into the video game craze Uh and they were making cabinets and Are these they just like JAMA cab, just generic. Well, it wasn't JAMA at the time because the cabinets actually had well, screw in yeah, base light right. fixtures in them for all the lighting. Okay. So these were a, an upright cabinet about the form factor of a Williams cabinet from a physical, physical side perspe- size perspective. Okay. Uh, they had lighting at the top for a marquee they had a full back door that would open like a closet door okay you know not like a door that would uh, kind of pick up and come off yeah or like a double closet door type deal like some of the Williams games where you had the upper door it would open you could yeah. reach down and do a latch and open, it, open swing the, it open yeah yeah. and they also had above the monitor in that cubby you know I don't know what you fix, uh, physically would call that or actually call that you know you look down to play the game you look down at the monitor yeah it's kind of in that little shadowed in cubby hole yeah well the back of it like you if anyone's ever seen universal games like a ladybug uh-huh. they'll have art in there and it'll yeah. light up yeah. well they made their cabinets Beautiful. with a gap there art would go in there and there was actually a fixture on the door where you'd put a lamp and it would light up for art okay so apparently they they were building cabinets and they had complete wiring systems they had control panels made up they had art made up and from what i could tell they were trying to do bootleg stuff because of the stuff that eventually is is everybody knows eventually i helped jimmy we sold the warehouse out years later as as he kind of closed the rest of the business out I, there was additional art that you could tell came from video optics because it had video optics logos on it. Yeah, it, they had uh, um, he had control panels that had like bootleg Phoenix art on it, and it would say Phoenix. He had uh, um, bootleg like marquees, and what it ended up happening was when they closed, he ended up uh, buying the company out for their stock of parts that could be used in games that he needed power supplies joysticks all that other stuff okay okay i bebop on down the road with these two cabinets and oddly enough that is where my asteroids came from oh from jimmy's he had an asteroids Uh uh-huh and up next to the video optics cabinet was a gutted but beautiful phoenix okay and that phoenix also came home with me Uh uh-huh so the phoenix that i had bought at this auction the gutted cabinet needed metal work i needed control panels i needed this i i need you know so that all came from that just beat up destroyed cabinet all the metal work and those two games went together to to revive the empty cabinet that's now sitting in my collection okay so um 
I take those cabinets that, that I'd bought from him, those empty video optics cabinets, and I take them by my parents' house, and my dad sees them. And I said, look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to build a, a multi-game for mom, for the family. And uh, um, he looked at them, and one of them was like this kind of this off-white with these real thin kind of 70s retro-y but cool again stripes on them. And the other was wood grain. Okay. I love me some yeah. wood grain. So the stripes, yes. the stripe, the retro stripes came back. The uh-huh. wood grain didn't. So yeah, okay. he said, let's go with that one. So yeah. we went with that one. So I brought it home. And this, this cabinet was dead empty. It didn't have a coin door. I didn't have a control panel. I didn't have the mount for the monitor. It uh-huh. had brackets in it where you could slide it in like on a Pac-Man cabinet. Yeah. Were like a channel uh-huh. all that was in there had the back door i didn't even have a piece of wood to use to hold the top side of the marquee and had none of that okay. but the cabinet was beautiful it had never had a game in it no power section anything <laughs> okay so i started to amass all those parts i made the control panel out of out of a, a piece of wood kind of did the art myself did all the wiring upper end bob roberts jamma wiring harness Source the monitor, mm-hmm. put a 4600 in it. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Your mom made that good then, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, she did. Yeah. At the time, Game on Graphics was called Main Marquees. Scott, Scott yeah. had it as Main Marquees. So I had Scott print me uh, a marquee. And that's when I took that marquee out, it said Griffith Family Arcade. And that's kind of what brought all this together. Just realizing all the people that I have met and everything that had happened surrounding this cabinet. Mm -hmm. So I put a lot of time in it, a lot of effort. I'm, I'm pretty particular. All the wires were run beautifully. I mean, if you, when you open the back of it, it looked just as good on the inside as it did the outside. Okay. Fair enough. Had it all running, worked with my brother-in-law and my uncle again. And I took that game to a storage unit that we that my parents had close to their house and coming into Christmas I worked out with my dad when my mother was going to be away uh-huh. so, oh, so you could slip it into the I house I could slip it into the house yeah then my I roped my brother-in-law into coming at that little window of time and we picked the game up and we brought it to my parents house and I put it in their garage and I put a big garland over it and a big bow on it. And I had it sitting right under the garage door opener. So then when the light come on, it was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And I plugged it in and had it playing. Okay. And I just waited. I, I can't even remember where I hid my car. I think I, I my neighbor, my mom's neighbor, their driveway is below the house. Oh, okay. And so you get in the driveway and you drop down. And I think I had gotten with them and I'd hidden my car down their driveway. So I'm waiting in the house and I hear the garage door come up and I run downstairs and right outside the door leading into the garage, there was a freezer. So I was hiding behind the freezer and I was just waiting. I was just waiting and nobody gets out of the car. I'm like, what's What's, what's wrong? What's wrong? So I'm just waiting and I'm just waiting. Yeah. Well, it seems like forever. And I finally hear the door open and close. I thought, all right, she got out. Okay, good. Well, it was my dad. He comes over and he throws a hand up on the game like he's going to move it. 
And I come walking out from behind the freezer and I startle him. And I look out and my mom's looking at me and I'm looking at him and they're looking at me. (laughs) And she gets out and she was like, she says, what are you doing? And I looked at her and I said, she was we like both of us were like what are you doing and she said well i thought you brought a game over here and just stored it and i, and I looked at her and i said why would i put it in the middle of the floor <laughs> plugged in turned on uh, yeah with a garland and a big bow on it yeah and then she looked at it and she realized it was for her yeah and uh she started to get she started to get all teary-eyed and she yeah. she she it all hit home yeah that i had that I had made this for her for the family yeah oh yeah yeah she knew what the she knew that it was something that she had she had talked a little bit about and kind of hinted about since i started messing with the games yeah and here it was yeah it's awesome so I really expected that it was going to be in the basement because at the time my nephew wasn't born, my niece was still kind of young. Yeah, there was a lot of toys in the basement, and uh, I was expecting we were going to put it in the basement. There was a TV down there. It's kind of was that's where as kids, my sister and I, that's where we hung out with our friends, and that's where I know my niece spent a lot of time. And there was toys, like I said, and she said uh, I, w- I want it upstairs. Okay. And uh, uh, she uh, she said, I want it in the computer room. And to a lot of people, they're like, the computer room. Well, that was a very pivotal room in the house at the time. Okay. Mom was a, uh, uh, she was a gadget junkie. She liked her <laughs> electronics. Yeah, yeah and, a, lot, a lot like me. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. I, I, I never was a, ga- I liked my tools, but uh-huh. I never was a, I never was a gadget junkie. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I always tell the story. I built the internet infrastructure for a Fortune 500 company. I mean, I I designed it. At one point in time, I, I designed it and I redesigned it literally on the back of a napkin in a restaurant with a representative from uh, uh, Cisco. Okay. You know, the, they make routers and networking equipment. I designed it, I configured it, I implemented it, and I birthed it. I, I, I was early in the internet infrastructure side of the house back yeah. in the 90s. But I didn't do anything on the internet. And the first thing I ever bought on the internet was because of my mother. I, and I had had an injury in October of 99. This is how long ago this was. And I had built a computer for my mother. And... um with parts that I had and she took to it like the proverbial duck to water. Okay. I couldn't, I couldn't get out to shop. That used to be a big family thing. My sister and I, or my mother and my sister and I, we'd all would go and shop together and get stuff for the holidays. And I couldn't get out and about that year. Like I used to be able to, because I was on crutches. I I I had broken a bone in my foot and we sat down. This was when Amazon first, (laughs) <laughs> she was she was so happy because she got to teach me something. Uh-huh. Amazon only sold books at the time and we she was an avid wow. reader way back in way the day. Way back. Yes, yes. And we sat down and we we ordered books for the kids and the rest of the family members from Amazon. Okay. That was the first thing I ever bought online was with that computer and mom teaching me how to do it. Yeah. And that continued forward. Okay. So the computer room was a really important key room in the house at the time. Yeah. 
uh, it was my sister's old bedroom. Yeah. So she wanted that. I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So my dad and I, and it's kind of funny how you got to get up there. It's like a switchback steps. And all, but my dad and I got that game up those steps and in that computer room <laughs> for my mother. Hauled it up those steps. Hauled it up those steps. <laughs> yeah. For my mom. Now, did you do that while you were still in, on crutches? No, or? no, no. no. Okay, this was okay. years later. This oh, was years, years later. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Because okay. that was 99. Oh, so okay. Okay. This okay. Was, this, this was 2006. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And the reason I know it was 2006 is because inside the game I had actually made it was a 39 and one at the time yeah and I had gone through all 39 games and where I could find the instruction card I got the instruction card and if I couldn't wow and I had made a page in a Uh book in a in a in a a, not a three ring binder but it was like soft softback I had made a page for every game with either the instruction card for her yeah for the family yeah or I had typed out the instructions. Okay. And on the front of that book was the date. Yeah. So this was 2006. Yeah. So that she would know how to play each game and yeah. everything. Cause yeah. Because to, to me, it was kind of obvious. To most to everyone listening, it was probably pretty obvious. Yeah. My niece and my nephew, my, my eventually my nephew would take to it. But yeah. to her, it wasn't obvious. I mean, Pac-Man was four directions. Miss Pac was four directions. Yeah. So with that game, I actually, actually, that's the first one I did. I've done other games for the family, but I made it ambidextrous because we had lefties in the family. My dad is a lefty. My cousin's daughter's a lefty. Yeah. So I mirrored the buttons left to right, joystick in the center, so that everybody could play. Okay. And as my niece and my as my niece got older, as my nephew came along and he got older. They would go in and they would play the game. And at first it was just like kids just playing, just watching the lights and watching the action. And then eventually got to where they could play the game. Yeah. My sister, and this is why Burger Time is probably going to be a keeper. My sister could sneak away and she loves Burger Time. Yeah. And I'd hear that. I'd hear that freaking Burger Time music (laughs) coming from the computer room in that endless loop that it is. And and this is this is all stuff that just hit me. Yeah. With the game. Yeah. Take when I took that marquee out and it just all hit me. All these memories and all this stuff and everything that this game, this thing had become. Yeah. So mom passed away and I'm terrible with dates and times. And, um, so it's probably, it's coming on if it's not right at about six years. Okay. Okay. So, um, she, uh, she had several years of enjoyment with the game and I I won't get into the detail of it, uh, to bring the show down anymore. (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. Like I I said, this, I am happy with the ending. Yes. I'm very, very happy. Um, so she, she, there, she was sick for a while and, uh, um, there was, there was a lot of kind of downtime where the family was down and you were just as supportive as you could be. And, uh, you know, she spent as much time in that room as she could. Oh, I see. And, uh, uh you know, eventually the, the time came yeah. and she, she passed away. She yeah. left us. So, uh, uh. The, the the game stayed in the house for a while, for a while quite a long time um my uh family you know when we were all over there it would still get played then my niece and my nephew would still play it my sister would play it but of course that got fewer and farther but be- times that were fewer and farther between yeah my sister moved 
north and I moved south. We were both about the same distance from the house, but in opposite directions. And uh, uh, eventually it came time for my dad to sell the house. And so we worked through that as a family and went through stuff. And of course the game was there. What were you going to do with the game? And it, my sister, it just didn't work. It worked out where it it came to me Uh and it it came and my intention was to put it down here in, in, in the game room. And I had it setting out in the, in the building, one of the buildings just wrapped up and it just, it didn't feel like it needed to come here. And I talked to my sister about it and she was, she, she didn't have a place for it. And I could tell that it just, it, it didn't need to go there. And I said, Brittany, I think I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and sell it. Yeah. And, and I had made peace with it. I said, you know, it's just the thing, you know, and it, I didn't realize how much it meant until I started until I pulled that marquee out of the top of yeah, it. Yeah, I understood. So uh, um, my uncle Mike, who led me to that auction, that led me to Jimmy, that led me to the cabinet, that led me to build it, he had somebody that he worked with that wanted a very nice high-end multi-game okay for his for the the house that his family was in he's got a very tight family yeah they do a lot of stuff together so this is bringing it all back around full circle to present day it's all coming right back around present day yeah and i said mike i think i i think i've got exactly what what he needs and the gentleman's name was chris and i won't give his last name on the show because you know i've said it, we've said it before we don't give last names unless we kind of get permission yeah and it, saying that i just gave like a bunch of last yeah. names yeah you know? how many chris's do you know <laughs> well there yeah. you go so um chris um turns out chris actually has a tie with the the family yeah through the school that my sister and i went through we are okay. all slightly different ages but we all came from a very common background, a very common upbringing, a very common family background, and we had yet another tie. And uh, um, I, I called him and I said, I got this game. And we, we, we got to know and understand that we kind of knew one another already, even though we didn't. Okay. And he come out, he brought his wife and one of his kids out and played the game and said okay yeah this is exactly what we want and i said i'm i'm going to change the art anyway because it's got our family name on it and there was a good opportunity for him to pick his art out which led me to taking the marquee out and all of this big circle of friends and uh, and i mean that's what's kind of brought me here that's what brought you know all these people these people i've gotten to know that's what's gotten me to know whitney to do the show just yeah all these all additive all these things that have snowballed yeah starting from this hey let's let me go to this auction yeah i didn't know was happening and meeting these people and fostering the desire to continue to go and do this i'm going to do that and here i am and all these great friends that i've made and friends that i that i'm talking to now that that i know but i don't know exactly and and they're yeah they're awesome in that right as well because they spend their time with us and that that's what makes them great too so uh chris comes and he's coming to get the game 
And I look at him and I tell him some of this. I said, man, I, I had this kind of this epiphany when I went to take, and he already knew that it, that there was something about the game with me. And okay. I, I, said, he, I said, you know, honestly, I said, I'm really glad you're getting it because if I sell something, and I've said it before, I, I don't care, it's yours. You can burn it to the ground. Just do it in the street. <laughs> off my property. Off my property. Yeah. So it's not my problem. Yeah. It's, I may hate that you did it. Yeah. But it's not mine. Yeah. And I said, this, for as silly as it sounds, I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this, but there's more to it than I realized. And it's, it's family, it's friends, it's, it's, there's a lot of stuff that circles this particular game for whatever reason. Yeah. And I said, I'm good with it. And he said, um, it will get taken care of. And he said, I don't sell stuff. I tend to do stuff that gets passed on to the family. Yeah. And that's yeah. the way I do things. Yeah. That's, that's going a lot like typically a lot like me i don't sell much of anything yeah man. so yeah he said i appreciate that he said he said it will be taken care of he said you can come anytime you want yeah and uh, uh he said it won't be going anywhere yeah that's good and he said i hope to have you to the house and and i've been out there as it as it turned out i told him it had a 60 in it and it didn't and I had, I never upgraded the game back in the day, yeah. and I'd forgotten. And I told him it was a sixty, so it was going to be a sixty. So I took care of that. I went out and I changed the boards and stuff out, and and it's in this. He's he's building a, a nice family room with a big television for the for to have friends and have you know his kids' friends over, and a and a, a neighboring like little game room where okay. he's going to do like a pool the the classic game room yeah, for yeah. the whole family pool yeah. table yeah. and. There's a video game and yeah, maybe a checks bubble hockey yeah, or something yeah, stuff like that. For yeah. everybody, yeah. you know, not something as niche as we get into. Yeah. And they're right in a very prominent spot in a little cubby big enough for two games <laughs> is that game. Yeah. And it, now it's got his family name on it. That's and, cool. You know, I just, uh, I know it sounds real sentimental and real sappy and, and kind of different from what we talk about, but it, it, I didn't realize how much this one thing meant. Yeah. And it was really nice to see in this one case a follow-up and where that thing, that game went and what it's going to continue to do for for his family. Yeah, yeah. And, you know... I, I'm I'm okay with it. <laughs> you know, this is this is good therapy. It was just, yes, exactly. This is a story I, I I wanted to share. Yeah, you know, it's 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 different than something we normally do. But, oh yeah, but but you know something though, Brent. Seriously, just you know, hang. I tight. made it through it. Yeah, no, no, no. You did, you did, you did fine. You did fine. So I and I didn't even feel the need to toss you a tissue or anything. I mean, you you held it together well, but. And dude, that's why the show rocks. That's why the podcast rocks. That's why, you know, just kind of doing what we do is awesome because there doesn't need to be a set format. You know, it's really whatever we want to cover every month and, you know, mixing it up and, and seriously just showing the human side of it. I've got, it's picture, all good. I've got pictures of the game that I took back in the day. Um, and what I'll do is before this episode airs, I'll have them up on the Facebook page so everybody okay. can see. Yeah, you know, and be able to refer about. back to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah time wise. Yeah, that's awesome. I, wh- here's one thing I will say that is one 
heck of an update. So, <laughs> and I kept it family friendly. Yeah. Brent, you should be proud. <laughs> that this the, it went a lot longer than I thought. It's, but, it's, you all, know. it's all good, man. Here's here's the thing, though. Man, you know when you're homed properly, hobby wise, pastime wise, you know, friends, family, whatever wise, when when everything fits together like that. Yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. I you know I. I I, I I wish I wish that I had a story an accompanying story to go to 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 to, to kind of match that you know but my my time in my time with my parents and stuff like that you know they just they they just didn't do the same thing or didn't have the time or the interest well, level that, that my brother and I had so it it's just different but I think that underscores I'm sure what makes something it special you know in this case it just happened that it, it was yeah. family and friends and a hobby all crossed yeah. right through the center of that one game yeah and that's cool and and you know so here's what i'll say i hope that my daughter i hope that my daughter tells the same story someday you know that's 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 what i have to ask for that's what i have to hope for that's what makes it cool yeah that's absolutely. what makes it cool <laughs> so thank thank you all for listening it was yeah uh, maybe a little bit of therapy on my part. That's it's all but, good, Brent. You know, it's all like good. I said, uh, we've got a lot of listeners out there. Just, I'll, I'll, t- I'll say they're all like family. Yeah, and I'll just say this: next time you see Brent out of show, just you know, just hey, walk up and offer to buy Brent a beer. I'm sure, <laughs> I, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll return the favor, and you know, we can all clink bottles as friends. No, this How about is, that? This isn't about woe is me. This is about you know. No, no, it's about celebrating celebrating a good story. Yeah, exactly. Because I, what I will tell you is, I guarantee, at, you know, by the time that we you know we we get the end of this at this point anybody listening that has the same kind of story it made them think of that for them you know Absolutely. and, and yeah. that's what's and that's, cool that's about really it. Where, where i'm you've got you've got these games you've got yeah. this hobby i know a lot of us do it because i see the pictures and i hear the stories yeah you share it with your kids and you yeah. share it with your family yep yep and um man there's i don't have the game anymore and i'm okay with that but i've got everything around it um all the everything around it i've got all the memories i've got i don't have to have it yeah it is uh and it's kind of funny and this isn't it's not like it's uh, a major havoc prototype it isn't you know it's a it isn't yeah there's no intrinsic special special right. rareness to it or anything like that it's what you all made it to be exactly that's it and it's going on to do that i i have a real good feeling that it's going on to do that again for another family and you know what all things being said that's worth more than three prototype major havocs rolled together yes you know, when you when <laughs> you really pull it down to brass tacks i would i, I, would, I would trade everything in this game room for that to have not been any different yeah understood understood and with that brent that's like i say that's one heck of a story that's one heck of an update yes it is all right whitney let's uh let's move on and uh uh take a little break here then we're going to slide into another segment yeah this will be kind of a a new segment for us as well we got this uh listed out as a media and personalities and i'm kind of uh we've got a couple things to cover here before we get into the the technical restoration part of the show but uh this ought to be pretty neat there's a couple stories here to tell so yeah why don't we uh why don't you take a break and let's roll back into it cool
Okay, Brent, this next segment of the show is a little bit different for us, admittedly, and as we kind of alluded to in closing out the prior segment, we're going to talk about uh, some media and personalities, and what this is really getting to is, you know, some efforts that are going on in the arcade slash pinball community to raise some awareness for some very, very good causes, and uh, so there, there's a couple there that we that we really want to cover off on, and, and if anything, Brent, this might even be a little bit of a mini continuation of the segment we did last month where we aired the philanthropy segment in, that we did at the Southern Fried Game Room Expo uh, back in June. Okay. So, and, so yeah, so I, I can kind of see how these tie together, even though they are a little bit different. But well, before, it's a little bit of an extension of that because it, it, it is. we're talking about not only some of the philanthropy side of it, but some of the awareness. Charity, the, aware, the awareness and the charity side well, of and it. And I was yeah. also going to go with not even as much a little away from the charitable side of it because we're going to dip our toe into the waters of just awareness of the gaming community continuing to kind of propagate hey look this is something that's real yes uh not only in smaller independent films and one of the instances we're going to mention but also in larger kind of hollywood blockbuster exactly bankrolled films that's that's right and so where you where you see this focusing on are certain segments of the community that uh that may or may not be in the mainstream media or have uh the light that they deserve shine upon them and i think this is this is a good opportunity to help to help those causes out but before we roll into that you had mentioned that you saw pixels yes so that's and the so, that's the exact opposite of not in the mainstream <laughs> that, media. that's very true but i think it's a good place to start based upon where we want to end up so you saw pixels tell us what you think all right so let me throw this out there. If you have not seen the movie, which I have not, uh, there's going to be some spoilers. I, doggone it. Seriously? Yeah, there's. I'm going to have to because it, it's going to kind of make the point as to why I didn't. Uh, let me, I don't even want to say it because I was about to say why I didn't enjoy it. Uh, okay. I, I enjoyed the film. Okay. I went into the movie as I do with most movies. I may hear, but I disregard what other people think of it. Okay. And I kind of call that the Ghostbuster effect. Yeah. And the reason I call it the Ghostbuster effect is, is back in the day when Ghostbusters was released, it was critically panned by everyone. Mm-hmm. But we all know that it has become the cult classic that it, it is. is. That's right. And even back in the day in the theater, once word got out, it made bank. Yeah. It, it brought in the cash. Yeah. It was it was hot in the theater, not one of those movies that was hot after the fact when yep. it was released yep. in some yep. home version. Okay. So I try not to fall prey to the Ghostbuster effect. I, if, if it's something that seems like it's in my concern, yeah. I'll go see it and I'll form my own opinion about it. Yeah. Okay. So Pixels, I was interested in seeing because it hits us in the arcade side. I enjoyed the movie overall. Uh, I laughed through the movie. It continued to move forward and progress. It wasn't really stagnant, in my opinion, in any areas. You got a little bit of... uh, You got just enough character development of all the main characters. There was the the underlying, you knew it was coming, they're going to fall in love portion of it between Adam Sandler and and the, the lead female character. There wasn't any real surprises okay so but i enjoyed it i I went into it just to watch a movie and to be kind of entertained for an evening so how was peter dinklage he had to be awesome. <laughs> he was good. He, I was bet awesome. he was. He was awesome. Yeah. He's he's an angry elf. He's Such a- an angry <laughs> elf, you know. <laughs> but now, that, but you see, you, 
you bring up him and he is one of the two things that I had a problem with in the movie. Not him as himself, uh-huh. not him as, as his character, what they did with the character. And okay. Let me hit this real quick. The visual effects were awesome. I, I know they I, were. I know I mentioned earlier Frogger. Yeah. There's a scene toward the end when there's just a lot of video game characters running about. Uh-huh. And I felt that at least with the first the one viewing of the film, they did a real good job of combining that with live action so that it didn't look like like 1970s green screen stuff yeah, it looked yeah. really good yeah the frogger i loved yeah the two problems i had with it so all right we're already suspending reality uh-huh. okay it is what it is Extre- extreme suspension extreme suspension yeah. we know what we know what's going on it's kind of like the guy that used to do all the movie promos i think he's i think he's passed away now he is all all the voiceover the voiceover oh, guy the, he, he had that per- awesome and he always started with in a world where yeah. you know in uh-huh. one sentence he set the world up exactly you know yeah so that's we know we're <laughs> that we're, guy we know we're in that world yeah we know what the premise is there's uh aliens that have intercepted a time capsule put up by nasa and they think that we're declaring war and for some silly reason, we're showing them what our weapons look like, which is video games. Okay? And they're coming to invade, and they're doing it through these video games. Don LaFontaine. That's right. Is, is who that guy is. How did you find that that quick? The, the power of the searches, man. Oh, what, what's your search foo, man? Uh, search foo, dude. What was your search term? I, I, ran, me that some, guy? I, I ran me some Bing, uh, some <laughs> Bing action, man. And I just searched for movie voiceover guy. And that was and him. First thing Bing popped up was Don LaFontaine. That's him. Yeah. I remember the name now. Yes. Yes. In a world where. Yeah. yeah it's awesome. That's it. We need t-shirts that say that, man. That'd be great. Well, it's not real game related. I know, though. but it's it's still awesome, maybe stickers. Though. Yeah, there you, sticker. okay. there, there you go. Okay, there you go. Okay, back to the movie. So we are right, we've already suspended reality. We yeah. already we're already in that world. We know what the premise is, but I, I hate movies that you when you accept the premise of that world, that reality. Like, okay, I am in a world where the Hulk exists. Uh-huh. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, it's a pretty okay. sweet world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 When it just goes a little past what you could accept in the suspension of reality. Uh-huh. So here was the two things that ruined the movie for me. Okay. Overall, I enjoyed it. I will steal the the comments made by UK Mike on Retro Gaming Roundup, where he said, "If I was twelve, he said I enjoyed it. But if I was twelve, I would have really enjoyed it." Uh-huh. And I'm really I'm I think he hit the nail on the head. Okay. The two things that w- that wasted the movie for me was the over suspension of reality involving one Peter Dinklage's character, where when they were playing Pac-Man, that was the game that was being played between Earth and the aliens. They were following Peter Dinklage's car on a screen, and it looked like a Pac-Man maze, but it was a city. And all of a sudden, his car would zip. He'd zip away. And it, it would show up over there. And they're like, well, how did he do that? Uh-huh. The reality of it is, is he's driving a car. Yeah. We all know what a car is. And what it can and cannot do. What it do. can and cannot do. Yeah. That's very rooted in our reality. Yeah. Well, here's a spoiler. As it comes to turn out in the movie, when he was so good at games, he was cheating. You can't 
I mean, yeah, there's some games or some bugs that you can take advantage of, but there's no cheat codes for driving a car. Well, in classic video games, yeah, he can't. You can't go play Donkey Kong, or you. I can't go play Pac-Man, and mysteriously interject a code that makes Pac-Man run like it's got speed roms. It's very true. Yeah, and that was the premise of some of the some of this movie Ah. was there was a double suspension of reality, and he interjected somehow into this game with him and an alien where he is driving city streets in a car made by earthlings Uh he interjected this quote-unquote code and got a speed up oh i see and i was just like okay i'm accepting the pac-man is eating a fire truck i'm I'm good with that (laughs) but what is he going to do just yell this code out the window and make it happen make it happen and it kind of ruined the the suspension of reality for me i see and okay whatever so the last game god knows why is donkey kong (laughs) i'll tell you why because because it's number one through number 10 on on this list is what it is brent (laughs) and that's the awesome sauce that is donkey kong god i'm telling you if i had a mead notebook boy i'd be slamming that thing on the table just like strong (laughs) slam slam that laptop (laughs) no can't do that so the last in the in the end of it yeah here's a here's a spoiler uh, you know they're going to win. I mean, it has to be. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know, they have to. You know, somewhere at some point in time, a Jedi may die, but you're going to kill the Sith. It's yeah. going to happen. It's going to happen. So we know what the end of it is. So the last game is Donkey Kong, and there's like the girder system that's built out. And somehow, magically, these people are flipping around the girder system like they're Mary Lou Retton. Oh, okay. And that to me okay yeah i'm suspending reality an alien has come down they have digital they have dropped these little pixel boxes down that have created a electric but physical donkey kong play field uh-huh. but that doesn't mean that this person is all of a sudden mary lou retton and can twirl around yeah. and jump barrels and do this stuff yeah i mean that's yeah. just so yeah that's nitpicky yeah that's all silly but it I think they could. They had they had so much steam with the movie. Yeah. They had a, such a good premise. They had very good actors. I can't think of the. Uh, honestly, I've only seen the movie once, and there's a character in it, and his character as a kid didn't have any friends, and he became friends with Adam Sandler's character, and uh, um, uh, who was the guy that played. Mall cop, Paul Bart, Mall cop. He's in this movie. Kevin James. He, he became friends with Adam Sandler and Kevin James's character, and they yeah. were like, "Who well, you can be our friend." He has some freaking hilarious scenes. Kevin James does. No, no, the other guy. Oh, the other. Like, okay. If you're looking it up on IMDb, this yeah. is this is you can this is listen listen to the podcast as we Google. So, <laughs> like, there's a scene in it where they're trying to train Navy SEALs to play video games, okay. and this guy's really unassuming, and he's real kind of uh, uh, socially inept. And it's like all of a sudden the switch flips and he's like yelling at him and screaming at him and he and just rattling all this stuff. And it is hilarious. Okay. okay. Well, see, and the thing about it is, is I, you know, I just need to I just need to see it yeah. because right now, I, you know, I haven't. Dinklage's character is great because he's like all full of himself and he's the man and he's done this and he's yeah. got girls all around him. And, you know, everybody else is crap. They had so much going for him. 
And those couple little silly things really, in my mind, just kind of put the adult audience out. Okay. You know, the kids will like it. Yeah. Kind of maybe. Yeah. You know, it's not modern games, so you're kind of maybe there. Yeah, but I'm sure the the special effects and just the the over the top of the colorfulness of it and just how everything moves really helps a lot there, Mm -hmm. too. The, the, The effects were great. Yeah. To me, that movie has has a, a, a kind of a double target in terms of an audience. You got yeah. the kids to a degree, the tweens, the young gamers, and then you've got the adults like us. Uh, us isn't like Whitney and I, our age, or even younger that are that are that have picked up the gaming hobby, not having lived through it back in the day. And it, like I said, they had such a good premise there. And then the couple little silly things that are just script and just storyline things that they, they like, why was that there? Why was that there? Why yeah. did you, you know, you didn't have to do it. You could have, you could have advanced the story in a multitude of ways without getting into something that silly. Okay. So is, I know it sounds nitpicky, but that's just, once you accept, I accepted the suspension of reality, but that was just that was just too much. Let me ask you, <laughs> as if the rest of the movie wasn't. But let me ask you: so, would you watch it? Would you watch it again? I mean, is there enough there to see it again? Or yeah, I think it, I would. Would you, you know okay. if I was if if it was on TV and you know I I was walking through the house and I flipped it on and I, it's one of those things that would make me sit down and take a little break and sit down and enjoy it. But okay. I'd be hard pressed to buy it if honestly if it wasn't in the five dollar bin at, at Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Okay. So gotcha. So yeah, that is my take on pixels. Well, you know, it's 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 an interesting take. Um I'm curious to see if I share the same after I do eventually see the movie. I mean, it's it's out of theaters now, so yeah. I, I can't I can't go see it that way. I'm gonna have to wait for a tip Blu-ray and then watch it at the house. Josh Gad, Josh Gad was the guy's name, and he played Ludlow, and okay. he was the he was like the third guy. There was Adam Sandler who played a character named Brenner, Kevin James who actually is the president in in the movie, and he played a character named Cooper. And uh, uh, then Josh Gad, who played Ludlow. Okay, so it's Josh Gad that you're talking about. There yes, was, Josh yeah. Gad. Yeah, he had he had some pretty funny scenes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, I'm lo- I'm looking for I'm looking forward to seeing it. You know, it's just I just didn't think based on what I'd read with that there was um, that there that it was a clean pass for taking a ten year old girl to go see. You know, you, you'd mentioned that earlier, and I, I'm not sure because I mean I. I Everyone knows I, I don't have kids. Yeah, I, my mind just doesn't work that way at this point in my yeah, life. Where understood. I can, You're I can see something through a double lens, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, yeah. So no, I understand. I, I understand. I don't remember anything like that. But that's not to say that it's not there. Yeah. Okay. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I'll, I'll definitely report back when I do, whenever I do get to see it. So, I, I mean, it's on the list. I want to see it. It's just I uh, was not able to make it happen over the summer. Okay. So, there was our big Hollywood film. Yeah. So, this next one, uh, Brent, we got as a contact through the website, and it's a film called Wizard Mode. 
Now, have you have you uh, done any research on this? I, or I have not heard anything about this. Okay, and, and I'll tell you, I've looked into this a little bit, uh, and admittedly, because this is at its very beginning stages, I don't think there's a tremendous amount of information out there. But here's one thing that, you know, but here's well, I guess there's several things, but here, here's something that, that I do want to say about this, and, and we received this from um, from their website, Wizard Mode film.com and so i'll just kind of read this here for for a little bit and um, and then we can kind of discuss this here it says wizard mode is the story of robert uh is it gagno g-a-g-n-o I, I hope i'm i hope i'm pronouncing that right that seems like i've heard i have heard this name it seems like i've heard it pronounced that way, yeah so. yeah as not i to say we're all right yeah well i, I just I, I hope i'm not butchering the name uh, Robert Gagno, one of the world's best pinball players, he also happens to be autistic. As Robert comes of age while rising up the ranks of the international pinball circuit, he strives to gain his independence and transcend the label of autism. The story is presented by experienced filmmaking team Salazar. So, uh, it goes on to say, Robert's now seventh in the world and has dozens of pinball trophies to prove it. Uh, and then uh, they say, we believe it's important to represent people stigmatized by autism and other mental conditions as living, fulfilling, independent, and fun lives enriched by their wide range of interest and pursuits, the film hopes to stimulate a national conversation around autism and to contribute to the empowerment of those who are uh, of those who are told from a young age that they can't live normal satisfying existences now it, as it as it goes Brent it looks like they're um, it looks like they're going to start a crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo uh, that starts September 9th so a few days past when we're recording this episode uh, with and they, they say they have direct support from Vimeo and Indiegogo in this I uh, said we want to reach out uh, to you because we, you know, we love your support and sharing the film, which we certainly wanted to do, and we just ask that people uh, go and check out their website, Wizard Mode Film. Um, they do have a Vimeo uh, short film uh, that's at vimeo.com. Uh, forward slash and it's it's one three five eight four four seven nine four. Yeah, so we'll, it's kind we'll of, have links. Yeah, in the it's show kind, notes. kind of an unwieldy yeah. URL, but we'll have it in the show notes. But in case somebody, you know, for people that are listening, if you want to bring it up in a browser while you're listening and just check it out, that that is the URL. But uh, like I say, yeah, check out Indiegogo. Do a search for Wizard Mode Film. I'm sure you'll find it. And you know, Brent, I <laughs> after after going through the whole philanthropy and gaming. Um, Seminar at Southern Fried Gamer Expo and listening to the stories that were told, uh, you know, by uh, everybody on that panel, okay, and, uh, you know, Project Pinball and everything along those lines, it really, really softens your heart a bit for these, uh, you know, for these projects and the people that are uh, essentially using the hobby to help other segments of people out and especially those who are disadvantaged or you know as this is this mentioned uh, you know suffering from you know suffering from you know a, a condition where the public sees it as a stigmatized thing when it doesn't need to be that way so I, I for one you know full support for this and I think it's a, I think it's a movie and a cause that, that will uh, that, that will make a difference and Whitney what I've got to follow that up okay is um a conversation and this is actually from sfge okay uh, 2015 yeah. this was a panel that i hosted and we're going to run that right after this the segment with uh billy mitchell and joel west so okay. uh 
kind of an extension of what what you had mentioned uh speaking about uh um with uh, wizard mode uh-huh. i was about ready to, to actually throw the name out of this other yeah. film no, no, speaking of the extension of wizard mode and kind of uh, uh welcoming people into the hobby people that that for whatever reason may have felt that they would have been excluded or in some cases people exclude them yeah um the the this conversation that that we had at SFGE 2015 talks about that it talks about inclusion in the hobby it talks about okay uh, this is with Billy Mitchell and Joel West it touches on aspects of continuing to promote the hobby yeah uh, I think I I can't recall if I used this term during the panel I know that it came up on no quarter I believe it was last year couple shows with Mike and Carrington were talking back and forth uh, about something that had happened with them uh-huh. and the term was like geek gatekeepers <laughs> yeah. where, trolling at its worst yes, yes. Where, where you have uh, uh, the squeaky wheels if you will who yeah. more often than not probably 99.9% of the time are the minority yeah. and they tend to control the conversation. They can tend to control the group yeah. uh, just because they are the loudest and everyone else follows, follows, or they're just like, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get an argument with them. It's not worth it. Yeah. So it almost seems as if that attitude prevails yeah even when it's when it's the minority attitude correct but it's the most heard attitude so I guess. so films like um a wizard mode is an example of something that helps to break down a barrier like yeah, that yeah definitely uh, conversations like uh bits and pieces of this conversation with myself and billy and joel uh-huh. uh touch on that and bring that out and some of the conversation here talks about uh, a film that that Billy Mitchell was helping to promote called No Princess in the Castle. Okay. And right here from their site, it, right off their about page, real simple statement that pretty much adds, you know puts it all together for you. A new documentary on the lives of women in gaming who, against all odds, punched through the peripheral shadows and entered the gaming world center stage. Oh, awesome. So, you know, I, I'm kind of interested to in seeing this personally. Um, I mean, just as evidenced earlier by by just talking a little bit about my family. Um, female figures are very strong in my family. Yeah, that, sound, that almost sounded very Star Wars, didn't it? No, it's all good though. It sounded very. <laughs> that's the force is strong with <laughs> women, this one. <laughs> women, women are stronger than men, Brent, yeah. by and large. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah, there, there, there's definitely. Uh, I, I don't think any any good biologist would argue the fact that there's some <laughs> physical differences, but, but no, by large, yes, by and large, uh, they, are they are stronger. stronger. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Props. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of interested. In, 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 in this because in my experience um that's not necessarily the case you know I, i'm used to a world where if uh, uh my sister or someone in the family want to do something it's like okay then why don't you do it yeah you know it's maybe that's the the company that i've been fortunate enough to keep the people that i've been fortunate enough to be around but i know that's not the case you know yeah. it's probably more the exception than it is the norm i would think so i mean when you look at the retro gaming community the hobby uh and then leading into modern uh well i won't say modern gaming because i'm sure that that's probably much more you know um 
equally represented between men and women, but I, I think it's fair to say that the retro uh, side of the gaming community is largely male. And with this, I, I think it's a, it's a good message that uh, that this film purports to send. You know, to show to show essentially equality across all aspects of this hobby, and I think that's important. So, yeah, I, like I said, I've I've not seen the film. I, I, honestly, uh, I, I'm it's I'm, not out yet. I am woefully behind. I've not seen any of the trailers or yeah. any of that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, I know what, that that uh, um, like I said, Billy and Joel. Uh, Billy had several posters that he was giving out, and he was. They were really, they were really promoting the film. I yeah. had not had an opportunity to. This is this is terrible. This is podcast falling apart here toward the <laughs> toward the middle part of the show. Hashtag podcast fail. Yeah, I have, <laughs> I've just not had the opportunity with everything else going on to really dig in and and learn more about it any more than I've already said. Yeah, but um, it looks like it's going to be a very very interesting project. Yeah. Well, with that, Brent, why don't we go ahead and uh, run it, and then let's let's hear about this conversation and learn a little bit more about the film. Okay, everyone, good evening. We'd like to welcome you all to the Southern Fried Game Room Expo 2015. Uh, this is one of the icons in gaming seminar, and we are very fortunate uh, to have with us in attendance tonight uh, two legendary names in the, in, the, in the arcade gaming community, Mr. Joel West and Mr. Billy Mitchell. Now, I'm uh, Whitney Roberts, and my co-host, Brent Griffith, who's going to be the moderator of the session. We're from the, the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast, and uh, we really appreciate you all coming out tonight, uh, and surely this will be a you know a really great discussion so with that we'll go ahead and introduce down mr billy mitchell and mr joel west For this session, I'd like to touch a little bit on maybe a little bit of history, and then I know we had a little opportunity to speak before the session uh, about the futures of gaming, and, and that's where I really kind of would like to take things, and hopefully that's that's where things work out. So, um, first, just real quick, uh, Billy and Joel, how did you all first meet? I, I, everyone knows of the famous Time Life magazine article, and you know both of you all were, were featured in that, and Billy was featured for Centipede, which you're kind of known for Donkey Kong and Pac-Man. I've been researching a little bit. That surprised me a little bit. But uh, no. was that the first? There's a story you'll like on that. Okay. All right. Well, well, it's funny. On the way here, Preston asked me about Joel. He says, you met him back then? And I go, yeah, in November of 82. He goes, you've just known him all the way through. And I go, well, I saw him in November. And uh, then I saw him at a reunion photo uh, August, September. Uh, August 2005. August 2005. Then I saw him again 2009. And that was the first time I put his number in my phone. I didn't call it. I put his number in my I phone because him, what we'll call a law enforcement guy, explains to me that one of the guys there, who's really unhappy with me for some reason, basically threatened to kill me. And I didn't know it. And uh, I go, really? He goes, yeah. I go, really? He goes, yeah. And I go, hmm, I guess that shouldn't surprise me. And being his history, he would know if it's something to worry about or not. But he brought it to my attention. But really, we didn't have any contact. But then we went back a year later. And somewhere along the line, he joined us, I guess, where me and Walter go and we continually do these things. And there are other people who 
help out as well. And over the years, they help and they drop off. But he is, without a doubt, absolutely consistent now. But he's at a point in his life where he can do that. As you're growing up, as you're raising kids, as you're you know, doing all that stuff, you can't always get away, walk away, do these things, and you shouldn't. You shouldn't do what we do. But, uh, but now he's at a point in his life when he can even, you know, he enjoys it. And uh, the bad news is how much does he get paid? You know, <laughs> he gets paid less than you do for listening to this. That's right. So, Joel, when, when you had to kind of pull away from competitive gaming, the gaming scene for a while, life, I mean. What, life, uh, jobs, marriage, um, you know, kids, grandkids. Were you still involved in gaming just on the side? Did you? <clears throat> Actually, no. If you saw the movie Chasing Ghosts, the one and only game I had, the Berserk, it went down in uh, early 85. And it did not resurrect <laughs> until uh, shortly after uh, Christmas of 2010. And uh, then it was back and forth. And I got back into gaming that way. Um, people have their opinion, but the only uh, opportunity I had gaming at that point was Maine. And I, I have no problems with Maine. It, it helps keep your I skills do. sharp. He it's, does, but I have no problem. It's a four-letter word. Yeah, it, keep, it keeps your skills sharp if you have no other alternative. Okay, I don't see a main convention like this ever happening. But if you're without anything to play, come on. I'm, I'm, but, I have it on good authority that you hold a, a record in Maine, a world record. In, several, yeah, there are no uh, records in Maine. <laughs> <laughs> see, if you play Maine, if you play it to have fun, if you play it to try new things, then that's fine. But when it comes down to brass taxes and you want to play for a world record, you got to play the way it's meant to be played. Well, you can golf all you want. You want to put your name in lights, you got to play at Augusta. Well, that that may be true for most, but I disagree with my, my esteemed friend for one thing. Uh, back in 2011, I recaptured the main world record, the main, the frenzy world record um, that I had held in '82. And the only way that I was able to practice was Maine. And I went from Maine straight to the machine. And my skills were sharp and I got it back. Well, 42 hours. So for that, it does serve a purpose. I just don't like the fact that they track things, track world records on Maine. Okay. For example, or now, is, is Hammerless that... Donkey Kong and Guinness had to put some records in the, in the record book and they had extra space. So rather than call somebody or call Walter, they just looked online, and they go, oh, look at this guy got this score on Hammerless Donkey Kong. So there's no world record on Donkey Kong. They got a world record on Hammerless Donkey Kong instead. Oh, it's uh, just sort of annoying. Then I have people say to me, well, you know, how come they're tracking world records on MAME now, though? And I go, I can't win every argument. I just have my opinion. Well, that brings a, a question up. This is something that had crossed my mind, not necessarily MAME related, but yeah. you mentioned Hammerless Donkey Kong. In, in looking at some of the high scores, um, there's, there's, it's not just a high score in your first, second, and third. There's different tracks. You, you can do, uh, so much, so, so long in an hour, first, you know, shortest time to a hundred thousand in a game. What, what's your all's feeling on that? Is it, Add to the environment? Does it confuse the environment, or should it be pure first, second, third, high score? That's it. Can I take that one? Um, it adds to the environment and it confuses the environment. 
Uh, it adds to it in the respect that it opens up competition for more different levels and that sort of thing. But it confuses it because if the uh, no novice is looking at it and saying, what's the world record on Donkey Kong or Pac-Man? And you've got all these different categories. Well, which one is really the top? You know, that's where you come off at. Um, it confuses, but in my opinion, uh, you know, you've got your your first fastest Pac-Man ever, the first perfect Pac-Man uh, ever, right here. Uh, he was. I, I stood as far as I am to you right now between Steve Sanders and and Billy Mitchell when they were playing that famous game where Billy uh, in 1982, right after the Life magazine photo. When, what was it, 840? Just, just before the photo. Oh, it was after, wasn't it? Sunday night, wasn't it? Arm wrestle. It was before. Arm, okay, wrestle before. For, arm wrestle for it later. Yeah. You went 840 what? Well, Steve had dodged me because this goes to your earlier question about centipede. I'll expand it. Mm -hmm. How come you're in a photo with centipede? Well, I go, gee, I got this high score on Donkey Kong. They go, no, this guy's got this score. And I says, no way. And Walter says, what do you mean, no way? And I go, he's lying. He goes, he's not lying. He says, I know this guy. I go, well, then you know a guy who's lying. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, nobody would lie about a, a video game score. And I go, are you kidding me? <laughs> Walter lives in an innocent world. Everybody wanted to be the best. Everybody wanted their name on lights. Everybody wanted to be the circle of, in the arcade, in the center of the circle. And so basically from July until November, Steve, I mean, I couldn't pin him down. He lived in Kansas City. Now we're both at Life Magazine. But fearing that I was going to go to Life Magazine and be left out because I didn't have a world record, even though I knew I should, I sort of looked and I go, i got to have a world record on one of these games. And I go, <laughs> much, everybody's surprised. I go, gee, I think I'll play Centipede. And I played Centipede, and I ran around because of the time of year with the holidays coming, and I got sponsored for every hour I could play for Toys for Tots, for a Christmas program for kids. And then I played 47 hours on one quarter. Uh, and got 25 million points. That's the photo in Life magazine. I didn't do it because I wanted to. I, I was going to get cheated out of history. So then I go there, and I finally corner Steve. I pin him. He can't escape. And we're playing a game. And he gets 190,000 on his game. And in any arcade in the world, you would be the center of attention, and all eyes, eyes would be on you. Twin galaxies in a tumble. And so that with day. a grin on my face, and I'm, maybe that's where I got my cockiness, it was, that's, that's good, that's, that's a good score. Sit down, watch this. I had never played this good before. I got 849,000 on my first guy. Wow. And, uh, and, but the secret was in front of the lights of Life magazine, because they showed up the night before, that's how I remember, and in front of what would be the 19 other best video game players in the world. I mean, it was not a more spotlight to do it. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of the movie Chasing Ghosts revolves around that. And, Steve, how he sort of, he just finally admitted, he goes, the only way I could beat Billy was to lie, so, <laughs> so he did. <laughs> but that's why I'm in front of the centipede. Um, but the guy who played centipede, who would have been there had I not beat his score, he was angry because he got cheated out of his spot in, at centipede because I went there because I couldn't go to Donkey Kong. And by the way, Steve is, both of ours, are very good personal friends, like best of friends with us, so. We all make mistakes. The history is history. You know? Well, that begs a little larger question, which actually that may have been the answer to. It, it, at the end of the day, it, you all are a form of a pop culture icon. 
and you garner attention. Now, just coming to this show, a coworker of mine who's not a large gamer said, "Is Billy Mitchell going to be there?" And I was shocked that he even knew who Billy who Billy Mitchell was. So, um, do you all see more? I guess the anger, for lack of a better term, or a little jealousy, than you do kind of a, a, a kind heart and an open hand. See, he's he's cheating a little here because I gave him a little history before this, <laughs> and he altered his question to fit this really, really well. I have so, a separate answer from him. I'll, I'll have Joel give you the gentleman's answer, you're and then not, I'll give you the real answer. Not, by, you're not supposed to show behind the curtain, Billy. Don't pay any attention to that guy behind the curtain. Uh, the way that I that I approach things and I see things, I'm a very competitive individual, and uh, I'm I'm glad for his sake that he and I are not uh, on the same game because I would I would just tear him up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, that's his feeling too, and that's my feeling with any friend. Do that in or the any mic, person. Like. <laughs> okay. Sorry. But my, what I'm saying is, most of my responses they're kind, they're encouraging. I've I've been fortunate enough to teach four people to set a world record on different games. I like people progressing the hobby, the sport, whatever you want to call it. I like people progressing it. If somebody somebody was crying recently a year ago about somebody beating my world record, I said, well, you're wasting your energy sitting there crying. I said, that's not manly, first of all. And what you need to do is you need to show them how good you are and go back and chase it. I'll never get that good that high again. That was a freak game. I said, well, then you don't deserve to be champion. I felt, I said, that, I felt that about every a, score that a, I ever got. A world record is not yours to own. It's yours to rent for a while until you inspire somebody else to come after you and do better. It's my opinion. So, yes, sir. I agree. <laughs> no, the, um, the truth of the matter is uh, I told him there's – to, we do do this to po promote and push the hobby. We do encourage and help anybody and everybody um, get world records. For example, when I got the kill screen in front of Life magazine in 1982, it was nearly 20 years before a second guy got a kill screen. Um, and the obvious thing is, boy, that must really hit your ego hard. Yes, of course it does. Um, gee, that must have upset you. No, it didn't. The fact of the matter is because of our work, because of the movies that have come out, now the competitive nature, say, on Donkey Kong, there's probably 40 people who have done it. Yeah, something um, like that. And there'll only be more and more and more. And, oh, but isn't that stealing your notoriety or fame? Not at all. You take, uh, to draw an analysis, um, you'd have a hard time anybody in this room naming three other Donkey Kong players. Okay, it always seems to come here. Um, but we work very hard at it. It's like I say to people, every time a place opens around the country or where there's gambling, oh, now they have it on um, you know, the, the Gulf Coast. Now they have it in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, now they have it in New Jersey. It doesn't matter how big gambling gets. Somehow Las Vegas just doubles in size every time. It is, it's, you promote the overall hobby, the overall quest. And that's the answer to the first part. The second part is um, the jealousy or the backlash. I used to have a hard time saying jealousy. I got no problem now. I got over it. You um, learned this is a true word. It's a real word. There's right? so many people that come here. I haven't met an unpleasant person here yet, and I, I almost never do. Um, the unpleasant people stay home. They stay behind their keyboard, and they throw bombs. 
And boy, when they're when they're drunk at three o'clock in the morning and they're behind that keyboard, they live in their mother's basement because they don't work. Boy, there's some tough SOBs. <laughs> I, I got, I, I have some emails that I've gotten that if I was in a room and all it was all men and you were all drunk, I wouldn't show them to you. They're so bad. But uh, the truth of the matter is, there's two things I like more than anything. One is when I come here, obviously I help. All the stuff that I donate, everything I do, all that money goes towards creating cards and creating venues and creating notoriety towards players. If I just donate something for 20 bucks, it's 20 bucks. If I donate something like the bottles will show you, then he turns it into $120, and so it has a purpose. But the fact is, I like coming here. I like meeting people because... The second most favorite thing is when I get the reserve person, the person who's like, oh, I don't know what he's like. I saw him on TV, I, you know, and so they're reserved, and then I meet him, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, oh, I can get a picture, oh, can I, oh my God, he's so nice, oh my God, oh, oh, and then they talk about it on and on. And so I love debunking what people are so concerned about. But my most favorite thing, there's hardcore people flat out absolutely hate jealous, they want notoriety, they don't want to put all the work in that we do, they, want to, they don't want to come here, they don't want to show up, they don't want to interact, they don't want to promote, they want to sit behind their keyboard and they want you to want their autograph and have fun and fuss just like you do when you come here with everybody. Okay? Um, so what I want to do is... I was going to say, here comes a real softball question from me, which is going to lead right to that. So you do all this work. I've seen you all at events. I mean, I recently saw you in Cincinnati, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, I know I've recently saw you online with uh, Richie when he was restarting his web show. And I think you you got tied up in traffic, Joel, but yeah. you were going to be there. Joel's never on time. I'm never. <laughs> so as you do this, as as you make some money, and you said you mentioned promoting venues, and, and where does that money go? How does it work? How do you make it work? Well, for example, there's trading cards. I just happen to have just happened. <laughs> Coincidentally. Trading cards. It, actually, many of the people in this room are on trading cards, correct? Yes, sir. Somebody say yes. Yes, sir. Okay. And uh, the, the trading cards cost money, and they don't care about the hobby. So they got to be paid for. And if we're not careful, what Walter will do is he'll take his rent money, he'll take his electric money, he'll take all his money, and he'll put it towards the trading cards, and he won't have money to pay. So then Joel stepped in. That's what I mean these few years ago. And Joel started managing everything very well. Walter, his greatest strength of giveness is his greatest, his greatest weakness also. Walter can't handle anything because he gives everything away because he's got a good heart. So now Joel handles all the money and the trading cards and the T-shirts and everything that's created to be sold to create more money for more projects, to create more, to create more. Uh, you know, Walter would kill the goose, eat the goose, Joel just keeps taking the eggs. That's, 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 yeah. that's, that's, good. that's a good analogy. But the fact of the matter is, there's a movie coming out that I actually think I play a negative role in, I think. You? Which is fine. You? you. Which, which is good. You I have to have a, seem to live You on. have to have a villain. Yeah. Well, it's a movie, and it's a movie. Give me a break. Do you think Charles Bronson, like, after the film, he goes out in the street and starts shooting people? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, and the movie's coming out, and... There's a group of people making it, and I never, honest to God, I never go online, I never see anything. 
I never hear comments. I never talk on blogs. That's the only the thing I ever get is what he sends me, and and most of the time I delete it. That's right. But the fact of the matter is, there were some never people answers his mail. <laughs> there were some people involved in making a movie, and it ha it has a storyline that I would probably agree with. And the fact of the matter is, they can't quite get it off the ground. It seems I don't know authority, but it just seems like they can't quite get it off the ground. So. I met a couple of people involved and they were really nice and they were really good to us. And so I said to them, I go, I go, hey, come on, send me the trailer. I said, I'm going to get it shown at, at the show. And I said, and I got things I'm doing in the future, I'll get them to show it. Or I didn't call, I had somebody who works with us call. He can do that? Yeah. Why is he going to do that? Well, why is he going to do that? He does a lot of stuff for a lot of people. Do you want him to do it? Do you think he can get it done? If I ask Preston to do it, he'll do it. We work together. And they go, okay, we'll send you a trailer. So they're sending a new trailer that hasn't been seen, and then you guys will see it here at the show for the first time. You can't even see it online. Well, then you'll go on and you'll hashtag and you'll comment, and the people that trying to drive behind it, the people who do a good job, whether it's no princess in the castle bottle of hot sauce or a no princess poster, you'll get it. I'll just give it to you for free. It helps drive their engine. It helps push the hobby. It helps create awareness. And I'm helping doing it. And, and I can attest as far as the money, he's not getting anything. He's actually losing probably some. With well, I lose the, the price of this. But the fact of the matter is the people who were involved who were so negative, I'm thinking of three in particular, mm -hmm. this is my most favorite thing in the world. I told you how I'll meet people here and they're like, oh geez, so nice, so wonderful, get a picture. But the haters, now that I do this, Man, they really hate me now. I mean, really. I mean, think about it when you've been your maddest. I mean, if somebody came up and tried to be schmoozy to you, you would have hit them. You know, like when you're mad, when you hate, when you're pissed off, you know, you want to be left alone. So the fact of the matter is, sure, I love coming and I love creating the positive environment we do. But I, I don't, I'm not going to lie to you. Man, I love sticking it to the people who can't wake up every day and look in the mirror. I just make it even harder on them. But the good people that are behind us, like I'm going to say Dan, Natalie, Aaron, I mean, they're like flabbergasted because this is going to bring them positive attention because they want to get their movie out. Yeah, they're all good people and um, they work hard and they, they try to uh, embrace the gaming community. Uh, there's a proverb that says, um, a soft answer turns away wrath. Well, it's also a magnanimous gesture uh, also turns away wrath, too. So I commend Mr. Billy here for... But, but, that, but that's where the humor comes from. This. You know, she'll say, well, well how's he going to get it shown there? Because he's Billy Mitchell. You know. <laughs> Again, Preston doesn't just show it because I say show it. He shows it because we've worked together and had this positive history. One day, if for some reason he couldn't do it, he would say, "Well, no, I can't because of this reason." But he says to me, he "Goes, yeah." He says, "We can squeeze that in." Don't 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 go too far. One day there'll be a book written written because I'm Billy Mitchell. That would be the title of it. There are so many stories that I can tell you, of course, that he can tell you uh, about uh, jo Joel Billy Mitchell. What's funny is if you could read my writing, that says book and a question mark right there. I was going to ask. Can I, can I tell one story? Well, this, well most recently in Chicago, I'm on CNN, and the lady goes, she goes, oh, my God. She says, this is incredible. She goes, I, I, I've never seen someone do this. She says, did you research this? How did you learn this? I says, what do you mean, how did I learn? I'm Billy Mitchell. She says, oh, excuse me. <laughs> and that was, 
that was live on WGN. But, yeah. but, I, but let me tell you a quick story and don't interrupt until I cue you because I want to make sure this goes right. Um, we were in Banning, California at the event back in January, and it was a wonderful event. Uh, they were opening the big uh, pinball museum there in Banning, California. You may have seen some See, of it See, there's online. so many stories. I actually don't know which one he's going to tell, but I'll, it'll click as he's going. Okay. We always have a lot of drama in our time at any place. I mean, it's always drama. We're never where we're supposed to be when we are supposed to be, and we're, I'm always late, and we're always rushing to airports or whatever. Okay? Oh, I got you now. All right, so we had we had a, a plane flight, and uh, it was an hour and forty two minutes before he had to get there. Well, we couldn't find uh, his son's phone. We had to find it. We found it. Then we had a hundred and seven mile trip to the airport because Banning is in out near Palm Springs. Yeah, in L.A. that's like a thousand seven miles. Yeah. So he said, we'll never make it. We'll never make it. And I said, please. I play pole position. And so we got in the rental car. We got in the rental car. And, and Billy's son is sitting beside me. Billy's in the back seat. I could have swore I heard him praying. And uh, anyway, we're zooming down the road. Zoom, 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 zoom. And they finally just kind of nod down, slow down, relax a little bit. You know, it's been a tiring weekend and fun, but tiring. And all of a sudden, I start nodding, and I'm going well over 85 miles an hour, okay? And I'm in the uh, lane where you can pull lane. Uh, pool lane, where you can ride multiple people. And all of a sudden, blue lights. Yeah. And, I mean, he's doing the blue lights. He's doing the, the white flashers. He's doing the loudspeakers. I'm thinking, I look down, and I'm, I'm doing 84 when I'm slowing down. I don't have a seatbelt on. I'm weaving. I'm thinking it's one of those haters. I, I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> I know I'm going to jail. I just don't know if Billy's going to ever get to an airport. And so he moves me over, over five lanes of traffic. And we get off at Vermont Street. Okay. He comes up to the car and he comes to the passenger window. The, the police officer does. And he said, and I just knew he was going to start, you know, naming off the citations. He said, what you doing here? I hadn't said a word. He didn't hear the southern accent. And um, I said, well, we were here at the wonderful museum of pinball and, and video games that you guys have put up. I mean, I was smoozing him. Okay? Now, he was about the right age. Yeah. yeah, he was about the right age. I'd say 35, 38, something like that, maybe maybe, maybe a little bit older. But um, um, So I was telling him about that. And he said, really? He got interested in the museum. So I knew I had him then. But I needed a little <laughs> bit of help. And I said, uh, you probably remember uh, Donkey Kong and Pac-Man and Centipede and Miss Pac-Man. And um, I said, you, those were the great games in uh, 1982. I didn't dare mention Berserk at this point. And uh, he said, yeah, I remember those. I said, well, the guy who held those records at the end of that year, those world records at the end of that year, is sitting in my back seat. And he takes his light and shines it on Mr. Billy and show him the smile you gave him. <laughs> he flashes the pearlies and they start talking and he lets me out of those tickets. I do not go to jail because of Billy Mitchell. Okay? <laughs> I saved his life from getting killed. He saved me from going to jail.
And because he's Billy Mitchell. And we made the flight. That's right. And we made the flight. So that's the kind of stuff that happens all the time. We don't plan it. Yeah. To be honest, to be honest, things happen to me every single day, and I don't mean every week. Every day. And I promised as it grew and grew and grew over the years that I would never unappreciate it. Um, and I haven't. And we had to stop at the florist on the way here. I'm in there and Preston's like, gee, what took so long? There's a couple people in there, they recognized me. I had to, you know, do my thing. And then um, it, it, it happened uh, uh, twice. It, oh, it happened in the airport too. But when I say I promised I'd never unappreciate it, um, for example, um, I've never, oh, said no or, gee, I can't take a picture, I'm in a hurry or whatever. And one of the things that I discussed with Preston, and I do it with everybody, and I mean there's no exception, um, and I guess we're prepared for it today. If I'm seated somewhere, like I'll be out there at a table, and there's people in line for an autograph, a picture, a hi, a hug, a question, anything, it doesn't matter, and they say, oh, come on, we got to go, we got to get this. If there's people in line, I don't care what we're doing. I am not walking away from the table. The people drove an hour, two hours, four hours to come here, and I'm just going to walk away, no chance, get lost. And I've had it, I talk about it ahead of time, so now they, everybody prepares the schedule, but before I sort of learned to do that, I've had it where they're really mad. There's people there, and I say, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, not leaving, I'm not leaving the table, no. You know, and I keep doing what I'm doing. I've had it before where there's 10 people, and they take those 10 people and they invite them in free to where I'm supposed to go. I mean, I've had that happen too. But I just, it's a courtesy I gotta give back to people if they come for me. So that's my way of knowing that I never unappreciate, you know, that which I've gained. So, and we were just I don't talk right, about that movie, though, because I don't want to appear to be a nice guy. Yeah, we were just in the right place at the right time uh, in 82, 81, 82. Um, we're very fortunate. We're no greater, no better, no worse, no, no different than any of you. We just were at different, <laughs> except for Billy Mitchell, of course. Well, but, uh, let, me ask, let me ask this of you all. That notoriety, your name and your face, was that there back in the 80s as part of like time life? And today we've got the internet. If I Google Joel West, which I've done many times, I'll get, I'll see what Joel West looks like. I know where you're at, what's going on. I, I've, how, ne how I, people... I've never Googled Joel. Well, <laughs> I, you, I, I try to do some homework. I know. I, I try to do some homework. I use Google. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So that, did that build over time well, or like, did it just like all of a sudden just like skyrocket here well, no, in the last the decade? The further back you go, the more you had to get towards a hardcore game environment. Mm -hmm. I went to San Diego for something. And there was a guy waiting for me, and I thought he was waiting for me. He's all, you know, happy and wanting an autograph, and it would have been like my second autograph. No, he was really hostile, like he wanted to hurt me because I had this high score on Miss Pac-Man, and he was here. And again, in an arcade, he would have gotten a lot of attention. It's a really hard game, and there's just no way to get here, and we had come through some breakthroughs. And so he heard this guy who's claiming his score is coming. And he's going to, and I, I didn't know. I knew this guy really wanted to see me. And so I didn't know he was there. And I'm playing a game, and his high score was under 200, well under 200. And I'm playing, and the score's climbing. It's over 300. And all of a sudden, at the top of his lungs, um, a normal-looking guy like anybody in this room, he just screams, he screams, this guy is effing awesome, he screams. I mean, he startled me like this. And I, I still didn't know who the guy was. 
and I'm playing and I do something and I, I clear another board. Uh, I'll give you a, a hint as to how difficult it is. I've had a room full of 10 people and I've put them on this board. If any one of you finishes one board without dying, just one, I says, you all win. I says, me, I gotta do four in a row without dying. I mean, it's really hard, it is. And it's at that level that it's just too difficult. And uh, every time I did a board, he, he like screamed. He was smart enough to know not to do it while I was playing because it might startle me. But he did it in between boards. It got to the point where I'm cringing as I was finishing the board. <laughs> and he went there in a hostile nature because he didn't like me claiming this world record that he knew wasn't possible. So he was gonna put me in his, he's a big guy too. He was gonna put me in, his, in my place but he just walked in and he just stood behind me and watched me. And I understand that from other players that he had this like this and he's like, and as time went on, he's, you know, like his whole expression relaxed. And finally he was so relaxed then he started to get excited. This guy's effing awesome, you know? And I mean, there's kids around and everything. It was kind of, and I, I've tried to keep track of people over the years and he's one guy, I have no idea who he is. So. Probably for the better. Yeah. So. How do you see things progressing? I know uh, to tie a little bit of a parallel back. No, well, I wanted to say. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Even like from '87 to '99, I mean, I didn't play any video games, nothing. But it, when I began playing again in '99 with the perfect Pac-Man, that was the absolute explosion. That was yeah. all the worlds colliding. I could never even plan on having all of that luck, all of that timing, all of that energy meet at one time in one place to cause that. The story went in every, probably every country in the world. It went over the AP wire. I had interviews and requests from languages I, I never even knew. I didn't know what country they were from. I had people fly in from different countries to do interviews. Um, you know, letters were coming. Um, it, it was just a constant barrage of, gee, you're on this, you're on Sky News, you're on this, that, on and on. And it was me versus a guy from Canada. It was Pac-Man on its 20th anniversary, or near its 20th anniversary. Um, me or the guy from Canada, I got there on July 1st. That's Canada Day, since nobody knows that, because Canada's not really a country. <laughs> right. I, I did it on July 3rd. The story went out on July 4th. If anything in the world had happened, anything, it would have knocked it off the front page. If any, anything wicked, evil, nature, anything, and it didn't happen. And it happened to go on the AP wire. And um, I've, I've even thought, gee, how do I top this? How do I duplicate it? I can plan it now. I mean, I'm this good, I can make all this happen. And, and there's nothing I could ever do. To, I mean, to bring all that energy back to one place. I mean, I simply couldn't do it. The, what, what I see for the future of classic gaming and mm -hmm. pinballs, uh, pinball is just wonderful. It is just uh, growing, I think, in leaps and bounds in development, and uh, they've got a world of fascination still to develop yet in, in what they can do with it. Just a simple little metal object going around the tilted uh, you know, angle, but yet it's very uh, uh, interesting the way that it does. In video games, you know, I've heard people say, well, there'll never be another video game arcade ever open again. Well, next week we're going to Northridgeville, Ohio, outside of Cleveland, to John Salter's uh, arcade opening, and we're going to be there for that. Uh, we were at Carrie's when we met you not long ago, Carrie Cheney's in Cincinnati. Um, Richie Knuckles has had a reopening in mm -hmm. Flemington, New Jersey. 
there are there are arcades around people who care for the games people who love the games like people here I'm sure there's got to be somebody in here who does restoration uh, that is the thing to preserve the old games who knows maybe some um, a new version it's kind of like uh, I mean might come along it's kind of like stamp collecting it, it exists there's people that are fanatical about it mm -hmm. yeah. well, and, and but, but but if I can Joel, throw Joel under the bus we were recently in in Cincinnati, mm -hmm. and I had no idea we were going. I had met Carrie Cheney, his wife, and six kids. Six kids, boy, that's a soldier. Um, and he says, "Oh, you got to come here and, and help us with this." And I says, "Yeah, okay." And I thought of a couple of very unique ideas with the bottle and the mm -hmm. that I had never done before. And I says, "Gee, I'll just give this to him. It'll be like a personal something." And I had no idea. I knew Carrie liked me. We interacted very well. I had no idea about his wife, and he's going to tell the story. From the time I went there, I was there until the time I left. I mean, first of all, she was appalled at the fact that I was going to be there. She was uh, Darth Vader. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I—I I mean, I, Darth I had, Vader comes I, I to my no, home. I had no idea. I didn't know why. Although some of the usual stereotype why, I had no idea, and I just went there and just did what I know how to do. Well, anyone who's ever seen the King of Kong uh, comes away with a little bitter taste. And by the Billy way, Mitchell. Not only have I never seen King of Kong, I've never seen any of the films I'm in. I don't watch them. That's true. He doesn't. He doesn't. Yes, I'll take a polygraph. Um, and everybody here has to take one too. And some of you guys don't. And want he to doesn't have a <laughs> and he doesn't have a mirror in his home either. But no, uh, no, he he doesn't he doesn't watch the movies. Okay. But uh, Carrie Carrie Cheney's wife uh, wasn't quite sure about him, and he just came and was his uh, natural nice. natural normal self, and she decided that. Uh, you know, he was welcome there. She 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 likes him. Oh no, she was way overboard. Yeah, yeah. She's ridiculously kind now. Yes. I didn't know. I was gonna say she is the sweetest person she is. I have ever outside of you. You're a pretty nice man, but she was she's the sweetest person I've ever met. I can't imagine yeah, she was. And if she doesn't is, like I, somebody, I, I had must no say idea. something, right? I had no idea that she <laughs> had such a bitter taste. And so I didn't go there like trying to change her mind on anything. But I mean, I don't know. They had me taking pictures with their kids and all that. Anybody here got kids? If you don't like somebody, don't let them near them. So, anyway, she, she even she's the kids liked lady. him. Even the kids liked him. I remember. Um, I think it was Abigail, his little daughter, looked up at Billy when there was the award ceremony going on, and she looked up at him, and it, it got caught on the mic. She said, "You have perfect hair." <laughs> So, I would have given anything if there was, was really a wig and I could have pulled it off at that time. <laughs> See, what we're dealing with here, just a little bit. Remember, jealousy. we talked about the jealousy. Jealousy. Just a little bit. Jealousy. So, going forward, on the video game side, you talked about pinball. You've got this, this great resurgence because you, they're still making the games. They're still playing the games. There's the brand new Kiss out in the hallway. Yeah. On the game side, we're we're kind of working with the old stuff we're working with records we're uh personalities we're we're making movies it's media it's books and um do you do you, do you see that continuing do you think that snowball will pick up and continue to to build well what does or do we have to have a shift what did hollywood do in the uh, uh 70s and 80s and even the early 90s they started making Movies that weren't family friendly, uh, kind of bombastic and, and loud, and uh, you had to cover, you couldn't take your kids to the movies. 
they have gone back to some of those things and they, they have become blockbusters. All you've got to do is look at the Pixar movies and some of the Disney movies. Maybe someone in the video game industry will catch a uh, epiphany and just go ahead and, and, and put some games out there and try to go for a quarter and not a dollar. Nobody's going to pay a dollar. They might, they might pay 50 cent, but quarter is kind of a, uh, a usual type standard. They could make money doing that if they can come up with a concept and not rehash stuff that's not going to be repulsive to families. People have changed somewhat in the last 30 years, but why do people keep going to classic arcades? Because it reminds them of fun. And why do people go to places like Carrie Chaney's and Richie Knuckles Arcade? Because they can take their kids there and they feel safe. And hopefully that will continue here to grow. And feel safe too. Well, like you're asking where I see things going. One of the things that happens more and more now is like a higher level of interaction. And what I mean is uh, the creator of Pac Man, I met him in New York in 2006 just for a photo, nothing else. I didn't have any personal interaction with him. I recently met him in Chicago where we had a lot of personal interaction. I was shocked at how much he knew about me. And even though he doesn't speak English, he could say things about me in English. It was kind of cool. But so meeting him and learning things, uh, it sounds funny, things are still to be learned. Uh, I was here, well, there was a whole table of people, but I was here, the interpreter there, he was there. And she's saying what he says, answering questions. Um, I, I thought it was cool because it's the first time I was on a panel when somebody got about as many questions as me. So He did say the word hairy giant in English, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll pay for that one. So anyway, he, uh, <laughs> for example, as he was talking, um, he said, he, and the lady translated, she says, when you eat the power cookie. And she said it. And then she said another time, I go, whoa, wait, I go, are you translating that right? I go, you mean power pill or energizer? And she goes back to him, no, he's specific, power cookie. He's the one that designed it. He's not the engineer, he's not the programmer. He's the one that designed it, and he designed that as a power cookie. The same way he said Popeye eats his spinach. He gets his energy from the cookie. Those dots are cookies. So there I said how the whole world has thought otherwise from what he said, or at least the United States, or the English world. So out of respect for him, now when I speak, I'll call them power cookies. You know, I mean, I do. He was hell-bent on the game being nonviolent because he wanted to attract families. He said games were shooting, they were male-dominated games. He wanted a male-female family atmosphere. And so when you get to the end of Pac-Man, I almost always call it a split screen, but once in a while we call it a kill screen. Well, not anymore. I'll always call it a split screen. I'll correct if someone asks me in the media. It's a split screen. Donkey Kong's more violent, so that can be a kill screen. But things like that. So when I say going to a higher level or higher in depth is something that I enjoy. He took, um, he worked on it for a year and a half. The guys seated to this side work on modern games. They work on 20 to 30 games at a time, and they take about two months. Uh, and they have about 30 to 40 guys working on them on a particular project. He worked on it and there were six other people and he was the only full-time one. So it shows the contrast of, of worlds. So that's what I mean when I say it kind of goes to a higher level. I mean, I, I can see myself interacting more and more with other people who created things that obviously I come here to talk about. But 
he uh, when I was in Japan, everything happened in a very closed environment. There wasn't a there wasn't a camera. There was nothing. So when I went to the world and I spoke about it, they were really taking my word for it for all the things that the Japanese said in regards to me and gaming. Well, he set him on stage. He wasn't at in Japan when I was there. He set him on stage, and that was so cool because now it's out in the real world. It's on record. Didn't matter what question you asked him. People said, "Well, what happens at the end of the game? Did you plan that?" And he said. End of the game. I didn't know anything about the end of the game. I never thought anybody would get 50 or 75 or 80,000. He said, I had no idea a guy like Billy would do this. And I guess people don't always listen to the person's question before because somebody asked a similar question. He goes, Any of those questions you got to ask Billy. I don't know about that. And so I love it when, like I say, I like the hostility. I love it when somebody <laughs> says, Oh, you think you're so smart. You think you know more about the game than the guy who made it. Like, yeah, he told me I do. <laughs> no, he, he, had, he had never seen the He's split, the perfect authority. He had never seen the split screen other than a video or um, a picture. So I showed it to him. Not only did I show it to him the first time, but I said, I'm going to show you this. And after I show you, you're going to be able to do it every single time. I said, Billy Mitchell, split screen 101. And I, and, I mean, I showed it to him. So um, it's personal interaction like that that's, that's really, really super cool. Now, uh, we're right toward the end of the hour, and we need to turn this room over. Where turn it you over to who? Billy Mitchell. All right, then we can keep going. I, Joel and I are going to leave. It's, <laughs> no, we'll were, were you going to go ahead and do something with the poster? Were you going to give those okay. away? Yeah, so we'll start with the Southern Fried Gaming Expo. So there's particular bottles that I made here. There's only 22, and there's 22 posters of Southern to commemorate the event. Those go to the event. For no reason, for no cost. You gonna complain? No, sir. Not this time. And um, <laughs> it's just to show appreciation for the hard work they do. Um, again, we'll be doing a trailer. I actually don't know when. I don't think anybody quite knows when. The trailer for No Princess in the Castle. And again, trying to help them. You see it. You like it. If you don't like it, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't be a hater. But, but but if you like it, just create as much. Conform. Everyone conform. As much whatever as you can, and then come see me. You know, you'll hashtag it, and then we'll give you something for sure. Absolutely, an appreciation for that. But what Joel will be doing again in an effort to try to create the dollars that he does is he'll be. He hates to have to collect money, don't you? Oh yeah, I hate that. absolutely. But he takes a small amount of money and his memorabilia, and his bottles of hot sauce, and his T-shirts, and it's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. He's, He's a weirdo. We're in a restaurant, and I get whatever I get that had a cherry in it, and I took it, and I tied the stem in my mouth. Watch. Real quick. I'm good at it. He takes it and puts it on eBay. <laughs> That's an entrepreneur. Yeah, but, and then somebody buys it? I mean, they're sick. I keep telling him when he goes and gets his hair trimmed. I was going to say hair clippings. Clippings. He won't do it. So... So it's good he does that because I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> well, Brent, I think it's a good time. Why don't we go ahead and uh, take the mic and go in the audience and see if anybody's got some questions. Okay, one thing, though. Yeah. Yes, sir. It's a tr traditional statement. We are going to pick on you. We are going to rag you. Um, it's part of what we do. But we enjoy the hostile questions the most. <laughs> Not, so what does your mom think of you? I, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> How many quarters did you spend? I mean, I don't want to hear it. 
this guy doesn't look very hostile. He had me taking pictures with his kids. <laughs> um, I've recently joined the new Twin Galaxies uh, website and scoring system online. And in the new system, you have to submit videos of all your high scores. And uh, it don't bother me, but a lot of people have complained saying people that have spent years like on Secret Move saying it gives away all their secrets. And I was just wondering what you guys thought about having to post videos for all the, your uh, records now. Well, there is an answer to that if you don't want to post a video for real. If you come to a proper venue like here and you do it, it's here and it doesn't have to be posted. Uh, in October 2nd in Banning, there's the world's largest pinball. There's 700 pinballs there. There'll be like 300 videos. And again, we'll all be there and again, that's the proper venue. You could go there, you could do it and outside of your girlfriend here and your buddy here and you know the referee who's looking over your shoulder yeah you could make it happen i actually agree with you not for the same reason but video i mean why don't we all go videotape ourselves playing around the golf and we'll see who wins uh, part of the pressure is having to be there and having to do it uh contrary to what you may have seen in the movies no um my video games are are live just because that's the way i like it i'm I don't want to force my way on anybody else, but that's the way for me. And the fact of the matter is, well, I don't have a machine near me, then you don't get to play. I don't have a golf course near me, you don't get to play. Having to do it, having to train, having to find a way to make it work, that's part of being a champion. I have a little bit of a different opinion on that, just a little bit. I, I totally agree that uh, the way Twin Galaxies has it set up, that you should be able to go to a venue and, and do live. I have no problem with that. I think that keeps the spirit of the arcade alive. However, if you are a champion, if you are a champion, not a player, but a champion, you don't mind somebody looking over your shoulder because you're better than them. If you don't think you're better than them, then you're not. Okay, you need to do the, the uh, just do the venue route. But I have no secrets. I post all my stuff online, and I defy anyone to take my sco score down. Now that doesn't mean that they won't. It just means that I stand staunchly in competition, and that's what this is about. Um, I have taught my own competition in Berserk mostly. Um, I've, got, I've had letters before from Phil Younger, uh, I, I, Grant Thinneman, I, I, I helped teach him, other folks. Um, this is about fun. This isn't about blood and guts in real life. Yeah. You know, it's about fun. So let's be competitive and let's lift each other up, and that'll bring the hobby into a better light and it'll be more widespread. That's my opinion. Well, to go along with what he says, um, Again, I don't know that it's just me, but I don't see why other people can. There's this many people that have had a kill screen on Donkey Kong. Well, there's this many that wouldn't have had it without me. Um, of the six, seven players that have done a perfect score, I'm 100% confident that one guy would have done it without me. The others, I'm not, not at all. Matter of fact, one and maybe one more. The other, not a chance, zero. Some of them that are humble, say, man, Billy showed me this, Billy showed me that, man, I, and I appreciate that. But the fact of the matter is I see it as, it actually takes your crown, so to speak, and it furthers it. It creates it bigger and bigger. You've 
you know, you've created something bigger than just yourself. Um, and the last thing is that I just find so annoying about gaming, and I mean, not that I'm not guilty, we all are. I keep using golf because it's easy. So Tiger Woods wins Augusta. So he's a champion. Next year he doesn't win it. Oh yeah, well put him out the pasture. No, he's still a champion. If you have a high score and somebody gets higher than you, you're still a champion. You know, you're the president. Somebody else becomes president, they, they still call him President Clinton. Mm -hmm. You know, you're still a champion. And, but in gaming, we tend to say, oh yeah, this guy, yeah, he, he's a champion. No, 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 he's not, he got beat. Oh yeah, that's right, he's a bum. I mean, we're like hard on ourselves. You know, any, anybody who gets, I would say anybody who gets a high score is a champion. Look at the time, the dedication, the effort that it takes to put into it, but I won't stretch it that far. If you ever work so hard that you hold a title, okay, you're a champion. You're a champion and you're a champion when you pass your title. So I often get, um, I always send congratulations to different people on different scores. I send emails and I always tell them, you know, think about when you started this, when you said I'm going to do it, you would have never believed that you could get this far. Look back on your journey and each step it took. The idea of delayed gratification is incredible. Um, it's such a long bus ride, you know, to go from one coast to the other, but if you don't get on the bus, you're never going to get there. And I tell people, the only people that'll put you down, the only people that'll uh, somehow downplay it are people who could never achieve it, okay? You would never have another game player say, gee, that isn't important, or gee, you spent too much time or you wasted it. And the same people that have the tenacity to do something that's so long, that's so hard, it's so incredible to achieve. I'm talking about a hard record, not one that's easy. Bizarre. Um, bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, if you can do that, it actually creates a spirit within you. It, everything in the world, everything, actually just comes down to perseverance. You know, my wife got her doctorate, and she'll easily tell you she's not smarter than anybody in this room. It simply comes down to perseverance. She worked harder. You simply keep putting one foot in front of the other. Uh, it, it says it's an you it's an testament to your personality if you can do that. One of the things that I've said is that iron sharpens iron. Uh, that's a biblical proverb. It's a and that it's an analogy that a lot of cultures use in one form or another. Men helping men, uh, people helping people, and if a person wants to hide, I know they're I know they feel like they're the pioneer who who got such a great score and. But you know, you're never going to get any better if somebody doesn't challenge, does not challenge you. All right. By the same token, I got the kill screen in 1982, and I didn't really bother anything after that. If someone hadn't come along 20 years later, I wouldn't have played again. They wouldn't have created a movie, and now there wouldn't be 40 or 50 people who could do it. That's true. Whitney, do you have another for me? I sort of have a statement and a question. I watched King of Kong several, many years ago, actually, and uh, I was like, why is this, well, it's been I, 10 I, years. I knew him, and I hated him after I watched it for Yeah, I watched it, and I was like, why is this Billy Mitchell trying to take this away from Steve Weeby? I was like, just mad about it. And then I came here last year, and you were so gracious with my son playing the battle of Pac-Man and doing all that, and I was like, wait a second. This is different than what I experienced when I watched the movie. Regardless of that, what was funny to me is, we go back, coming back this year, my son's out there playing and stuff, and we're watching, we, we rented it this past week, and we watched it again, and I was like, wait a second, 
that's not the guy. That's not right. I watched it a totally different lens, and it was a totally different experience. And so it was kind of awesome to watch it from a totally different lens for having met you last year, and you're so grateful, my son, and everything like you said earlier. So my question is, is video gaming to you innate? Because I love video games, but I'm terrible at them. I play them all the time, and I'm really bad. <laughs> so how do I get over the hump of actually, I mean, there's a couple of games that I do pretty well in, and I maybe can finish with, I put a lot of quarters in or whatever, but I'm just really bad at them. So is there any advice, or is it just innate, or what? And so no. that's my question. You're doomed. Give it up. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I, have a, I have a saying that maybe will help you, okay? I, ha I have something that may help you. Practice to your weakness so that you can play to your strength. If you keep practicing the same thing over and over again where you mess up, it will eventually become your strength, okay? And, yes, I, I hated him when I first saw um, King of Kong, and I knew him. But, you know, the power of editing is very powerful. Yeah, they, that took, out, they took out the good stuff. I'm really not that nice. No, he, he's not. He's not. But you remember that. that wait till wait we're done with this interview. Quote from uh, Chasing Ghost You can teach a monkey a certain number of rooms, but you cannot teach a man how to play berserk. How many have seen that? Okay. Well, one. That's one. good. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, they cut off. I, I, I kind of pause when I talk, and that's how Billy gets to talk. I kind of pause when I talk. You're and, right. And, uh, and, and so uh, I paused right there when I finished that phrase, but I added with a four-room pattern. They cut that out, and they made it the uh, joke clip of the movie. And the power of editing did the same thing to him. So that's no, all didn't. I'm saying. No, it didn't. Oh, that's it me. Did. You haven't seen the movie. <laughs> all right, going Whitney. back to you for a second. Um, when I've done panel discussions focusing on what you've said, no. you know, I've said to people, I mean, it was different. I had a whole chart. If you actually create a chart, if you say, this is the score I'm at now, and every week you create what your new score is and you watch it, you see you have the gratification of seeing a climb. You actually see it. It's not in your mind. You see it. And then, so you look and you look and you see the different leaps and you actually gain a lot of confidence because you see the growth. It's kind of like, you know, when you weigh yourself, you know, you see the progress of whatever workout you're doing. And the fact of the matter is when you see it, when you have satisfaction from it, then it comes even faster. You know, I've, don't sit here and create an unrealistic thing. Don't say to myself, gee, I'm going to get a million points on Donkey Kong because you're not. You know, say to yourself, you're going to get 100,000. And when you reach 100,000, you simply continue, okay, and a next goal should not be a million. The next goal should be like 120, and the next goal 140. Small, easily achieved goals, easily simple, simple, easily duplicatable, and you'll find that you'll do it for sure. Yeah, Whitney, I think we have time for one more. Okay, this is pretty quick. Um, so the new Pixels movie is coming out. Pac-Man. Billy, were you involved, or did they ask you at all? And if not, what the hell's wrong with them? Why didn't they do it? Because um, you'd be freaking perfect standing in front of them. They uh, they did ask me. Quite a bit. Um, gee, I, I try to be politically correct in our answers. Um, the average video game player, not the average. I can think of one other guy besides me um, that this statement does not qualify for. If you say to uh, one of the video game players, and you say, Ooh, we want you in a movie. We're going to point a camera at you. We're going to fly you down here and we're going to give you a soda. They're like, oh, they're all happy. And I said, this. And they offered this. 
and I got a wife, I got a business, I got kids, and um, I schedule things. For example, my son's an extreme football player. Football season's coming. I won't do anything on Friday. Oh, no, we got to. And I say, no, I wouldn't miss my son's football game for my father's funeral. And if that makes me rotten, I'm rotten to the core. So I have these lists of things. And maybe when I, in 1982, I would do anything for a camera. But I mean, I won't. I have a list of priorities. And they talk to me on a short basis. And I, I wasn't bending in the different things that I would need. And I think it's something they didn't count on. And so what they did was they filled the gap with other things. They were interested in me creating the gameplay because almost all the games are games that I've had or held the world record on. And I can do that, but it takes this much time. And you know, I have a family that demands this much. And I can't imagine what I would be in the conversation or the thoughts it would be, everything I'm saying, if I was that person to just sort of abandon my family because I'd like to come here and sit on stage with Joel. You know, it's just, that's not it. I have to keep my priorities in perspective. For example, right now, um, my wife and kids are in Las Vegas for something for my son. Normally, when I go to a venue, I, I won't go if I don't have some member of my family with me because I still have to be a dad and decent. And of course, now they're getting older. The youngest one is 16, so it's not so bad. But before, I mean, say when they were 10 and 12 and 9, and um, it was just the demand that I had to have in order to keep my focus. When they were real little, when they were this big, then yeah, you could go, and mom took care of them. And, you know, my kids were one and three when I did the perfect score on Pac-Man. So, yeah, you're right. I think uh, I think Peter Dinkle is a he's a good guy. He just comes up a little short on my chart. That's all. <laughs> Whitney, I think you did, you had one more, right? Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make sure that I got around to this side of the room. If anybody else had a question, we got two more. Okay, well we'll do two and then wrap it up. Okay, here you go, sir. Why two? Oh crap. Keep them coming. Oh, we're down to one. I'll shout it. That's fine. Yeah, that's um, is there a record that you used to have or a record that you've never had that you think to yourself, man, I wish I still had that or I wish I could have gotten that? No. <laughs> uh, the more expanded answer is games that I got good at but I just didn't really care for. Um, they're great games. Defender and say Robotron and I don't know. There's so many lives, it's a continuation of lives, makes it seem easier. Um, games that only have a limited number of lives seem to be harder and create a greater focus. I actually tr tried to choose games. Um, I played pinball, pinball, pinball. These things came out called video games. As you, <coughs> as you might tell, I don't go along with change very well. So <laughs> the fact of the matter was I kept playing pinball and all this focus was on these video games. I can't get to the back of the arcade. I can't get around this yellow machine in the middle of the room. And so finally, there was like not any competition on pinball. So I couldn't get to the yellow machine. So I started playing Donkey Kong. That was busy, but not as busy. And then once I experienced the world of Life Magazine, like I say that competition, I thought unbelievable. And I mean, I, there's nothing I wanted more than competition. So I go back to the Aladdin's castle and I say to the guy, because they had done the Tron contest, where do you have competitions on Donkey Kong? He goes, oh, we don't have, nobody has competitions on that. And I go, why not? He goes, Donkey Kong? And I go, yeah. He goes, well, that's popular, but it's not like Pac-Man. 
And I go, what do you mean? It's Donkey Kong. He goes, yeah, but it's not like Pac-Man. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like annoyed. I go, what the hell? I guess I'll just get the record on that too. So I always wanted to go after that, which was most popular because it had the most competition. But I never wanted to go after games that had a lot of guys. Oh, this guy's got the world record he played for 73 hours. That was obnoxious. It's, I don't know, it just, there's this many people that were that good at Defender, and there were this many people that were good at Donkey Kong because of the level of difficulty. And his answer to the question is no. <laughs> yeah, but I, I expand on it so that I give the so, SOB answer, but then I give the, the political answer. Uh, I had uh, two questions, actually. My first is kind of goofy. Uh, would you be willing to participate uh, in a movie as Neo where you can only move orthogonally and you realize that you're in the Matrix because you get to the level 256 in Pac-Man, but it's not a split screen. It's just normal. <laughs> Once again, what's the paycheck? <laughs> the red pill, the blue pill, and the power cookie. No, um, but seriously, I, I was wondering, actually this is to both of you guys. I was wondering, do you guys have a game that you really like that you're not particularly good at necessarily? Do you know what I mean? Something outside of all the games that you have high scores in. Just a game that you enjoy but you're not particularly great at. Not necessarily bad at, just, just a game you enjoy. Well, yeah, I can answer it saying that a game that I or Joel never put the time in Big to get good at. Uh, yeah, Junior Pac-Man. But it came around later and again at that point was I going to steal the time from all my priorities to do that and uh, if so why what I'm doing here if I had this score on Junior Pac-Man it would not contribute or make me any better at what I'm trying to help push or create here so I just sort of waited and I'll have fun playing now and again but I never took it to the level that I took the others my answer to that would be the game Chicken Shift I like it just because of its name. I laugh every time I play it. Yeah, that is a real game. That chicken shift. S-H-I-F-T. See, that's what I mean. I'd be embarrassed to say I've I got the record on chicken shift. <laughs> oh, I think it would be so I mean, cool. it sounds like you should be wearing an ankle bracelet is what it sounds like. <laughs> I, I worked in uh, chicken houses uh, three years when I was a teenager, and I know all about chickens, and I tell you what, uh, that would be fun. <laughs> well, well, gentlemen, we thank you for your time, and uh, uh, we will uh, be taking Mr. Mitchell and Mr. West out to the signing table if anyone would like to come by and get an autograph and or a also, picture. We also have lots oh. of nice things. What, what, what would you say our table is located at? What, what's the area? Uh, it's in the, uh, the hall right off of the small ballroom. Well, wait a minute. Before we came in here, we needed this from the table, and he didn't know where the table was. I picked it under the bus. We have, yes, have T-shirts. We have hot sauce. We have posters. All kind of great memorabilia, plus some things I haven't mentioned. If you're interested. And what do we have well, here? No, they already told me about that. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, and we appreciate you listening to us. Yeah, I was going to say, when you asked about the movie. In the very beginning, I had all this email that came, and um, this much of it was hostile. Um, but it's totally changed now. Um, I would attribute Walter to the most of it because, you know, I'm, believe me, I, I mean, I don't care. I, I like playing a bad guy. You get a lot more attention for it. Everyone knows Darth Vader. Who the hell knows Obi-Wan, right? But the fact of the matter is that um, 
as the stories came out that it's a movie, that it's fun, that it's entertaining, which it is, um, it's not true exactly to history. For example, um, at the time the movie came out, my score was done live in a venue in front of referees. The other one was a tape submission, exactly opposite of what the movie says. Um, but a movie, every movie, every documentary, everything, it, it's on a truth baseline, but if you've ever seen something truly, truly, truly supposed to be the truth, um, I mean, it's the most boring thing in the world. So if you basically create the storyline, but then you add the color of Hollywood in there, you create something fun and exciting. So the idea that it created competitive gaming and brought it into a light is a great thing, a positive thing. But um, chasing ghosts, I would say, is not as entertaining. Is that correct? But it's actually closer to the line of truth. It's closer to truth, yeah. Yeah, it's closer to the line of truth of historically what happened. Um, in their movie, one of the efforts they made quietly was to try to take each person that was at that original Life magazine photo and show the weirdness of them, embarrass them in some way, and that helped create a movie. I get, in all honesty, I'm told that it didn't, they didn't do it with me, but they did do it to a severe degree with a, a certain people, and that's why there's a little bitter taste, because not everybody rolls with it, not everybody rolls with the punches. You know? And gentlemen, uh, thank you. Gentlemen, what about Joe? <laughs> gentlemen and Joe. Hey, Whitney, before we get into feedback, it looks like there's quite a few really cool restoration items and maybe a tool or two that we might want to talk about. What oh, you got? Yeah, Brent, I'll tell you, again, one of my favorite parts of the show, I'm fully expecting to spend some of your money. Cha-ching. Gosh. <laughs> because. I'm trying to reverse that tide. Yes, you know that. Yeah, I, I know, I know. But I, I do my best every month to, uh, you know, to, to keep this, this side balanced as best as I can. You know, Brent, here's, what, here's what's really wild. We've been doing the show for what now? Two and a half, two years, two I've, plus, I've lost some, track. something like that. But, you know, I, between two and two and a half years, okay, we, something. We, we've done this show so long that <laughs> I don't even look when I cross the street anymore. <laughs> You're just waiting for it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's what I will say. All that, uh, just before you cross the street, you just change that one piece of paper that's got my name in it, okay? okay and then right. we're good. I promise I won't push you or anything. Um, so, in the entire, in the whole time we've been doing the show, every single month we have a host of new products or uh, aids or tools or whatever to aid in the restoration of our games. And that is, you know, 24, 25, 26, 28 months running strong. And that just proves how vibrant and alive this, you know, this hobby and the little cottage industries around it really are. It's like stuff you didn't need, know you needed, but you're like, oh man, I need that. But when you see it, it's like, oh, I got to give me some of them you know it's it's one of those things so so let's start this off so 
Uh, new this month, Brent, are reproduction Nintendo control panels, and these are forty-five dollars shipped, uh, and it's, it'll cost you an extra four bucks if you want uh, the really nice white uh, true flat uh, T molding that uh, comes from uh, Bill at Chomping Quarters that, that he sells uh, to be installed on the control panel and then now, shipped out. You say Nintendo, so looking at this, this is for Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Junior, uh-huh. Donkey uh, Kong Three. No, Donkey Kong Three is a metal control panel. Okay, yeah. So Junior, uh, uh, Popeye, and Popeye. Yeah, and uh, Versus cabinets have a metal control panel, as right. does Punch-Out. And, and Versus have two joysticks. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, so so this would largely fit your Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., and Popeye cabinets. But, you know, truthfully, that's, that's going to be probably 80% of yep. what you see people restore, you know? Yep. So, so um, and I will say, I wish I'd had this as an option about a year ago when I was doing the Project Flip-Flop, or no, I'm sorry, two years ago when I was doing Project Flip-Flop. Jeez, dude, it's been that long. Yes, it Gosh, has. That makes me I can't sad. believe it's, what would you say, nine months since you got Zookeeper. It yeah. seems like it was just last night we were playing I, it out I, here I, in my, my driveway. I know. I know. Oh, oh, vey. All right. So um, these are designed in SolidWorks, okay, and they're reproduced via CNC. And uh, the, the the gentleman on Claw that's doing this goes by the handle of Hailraiser, and we'll have a link in the show notes. But these things are plywood. These things are CNC'd out of plywood. They have all the proper recesses for the joystick to sit flush and everything like that. They are black laminate on the top. Uh, you know, everything is countersunk. It's, I mean, it, it looks good, doesn't it, Brent? Oh, yeah. yeah looking beautiful. at the pictures, it's, yep. it's beautiful. Uh, you know, all the proper recesses are in, in the, the holes and, and everything are exactly where they need to be. So um, this is uh, probably some of the best 45 bucks you'll ever spend if you're a, uh, you know, a Nintendo uh, fanboy such as I or you're working on the cabinets or whatever. You know, if you got a converted game and someone had Swiss cheese the control panel. Yeah, it's no, it's no contest. Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't you can't, fix it for forty five dollars. For forty five bucks, that's no. exactly right. And now, you know what this has done is, I look at the top of this being the black laminate. I've gone back and looked at my control panels, and they don't look near as good as I thought that they did. You know, and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to spend ninety bucks and swap them out. No, I don't need to do that. It's just that this is a lot better. So it's one of those things where it's like you want to make your game as as clean as you can. Very very good options so yeah hellraiser on club we'll have the link hail h-a-i-l exactly yeah not the kind i do on saturday night no but this is hail razor r-a-z-e-r that's right yeah all right so the next uh reproduction part brent is something that i just this is more than a part uh, this is more than a a part part. this is a big old part it's, this is something that took me by surprise. I didn't. I, I just didn't really expect to see this. But these are reproduction Dynamo uh, HS1 cabinets, and this is being done by a gentleman. Uh, goes by Mark RL on cloth. Okay, uh, four hundred fifty bucks assembled. Uh, it charges an extra fifty if you want T molding, leg leg levelers, and the like. Um, these are made off of a birch base, uh, black melamine. Uh, Brent, all I can say, looking through the pictures here in our OneNote. These things are, I mean, CNC cut. They're beautiful. I, I just, they're, they're just beautiful. And we were kind of talking about this before we hit the record button. It's like, um, you, you know, Dynamo cabinets being what they are. Um, I don't know that they're the most desirable cabinet, but if you want a Dynamo cabinet, what you generally have available to you as options have had the living daylights beat out of them. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't ever really recall seeing many good Dynamo cabinets in my years of being in the hobby. And I remember back when we were just over at Jimmy's, is at like the either the last or the second to last sale, every Dynamo cabinet that was in that place had you know wood laminate stuck to it. 
good. It had it had oh, four, it was well four, used. four yes. levels of artwork, you know, four layers of artwork, and the corners busted, and you know, just chew chew part, you know, chew pieces out of the tops or the sides or whatever. Man, four hundred fifty bucks. I know that's a lot of money, but honestly, if you really want a good Dynamo cabinet, I, I don't know that you can throw four hundred fifty bucks at a bad one and, and make a good one and make a good one. That's the issue. I you mean, know, you, you always say that your time is free. No, no it's not. But yeah, it's mo- no, it's, no not. it's the most expensive commodity you have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're not fi- you're not spending hard cash on it and at the end of the day, you may look back and say, "Okay, well, I did that and it cost me $50." Yeah, exactly. But, you know, sometimes you got to step back and say, <laughs> "What's my time worth?" What's my time worth? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or, you know, if you're building a game from a kit that never was dedicated and it's your game, I know yeah. there's people that they have games typically a little younger than you and I, Whitney, because they, they're more from the era of kit games. Yeah. And you want it in a beautiful cabinet. This is this is your ticket. This is your ticket. This is your ticket right here. Or if you're making a new game. Yeah. Yeah. And so so Mark is, uh, he's based in Crystal Lake, Illinois. I believe I have that right. And he is the uh, the same guy that has done the repro Atari 720 cabinets in the past. And you can go and just do a thread search, you know, for his name, uh, for threads he has started. And the 720 cabinets are just... Uh, they're just unreal. They're they're beautiful, and uh, you know, Brent, that's uh, 720 is a game that's on my short list. I'd love to pick one of those up. I think they're. I need to play it more. I've only got to play a couple times. Yeah. I, I haven't gotten the 720 bug. Yeah, no, no, I understand. I understand. I just uh, I, I I do like the game, I, but I love the I love the uniqueness of the cabinet. It's kind of like the total package for me. But uh, but man, yeah, his 720 cabinets are just awesome. On top of that, so yeah, so like I say, we'll have a link. Uh, in the show notes and go check that out. Now this next one, Brent, is uh, is a tool, and I figured. <laughs> what did you call me? <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. I, I, hold, hold up now. No. So this next this next one, Brent, is something. Wait, wait I'm going to quit. Hold on. Wait, <laughs> grab, grab the notebook, dude. We, we've got an imminent slamming coming up. So rage quit is uh, is, is imminent. Call me a tool. <laughs> Look at this, man. This is this is pretty sweet. This is called the Bit Wrench. Okay. Yeah, I'm and actually. This, I'm looking. I'm hovering over the PayPal right now. Yeah, and so this is the um, this is the type of tool that I never thought I would need, but after I saw it, it's like I actually need three of those. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So so here's the deal. This is made by a, uh, a forum member, a claw forum member, Glitch, and we'll have again, we'll have the link in the show notes. But what the bit wrench is, okay, and I'll just kind of steal a little bit of the of the uh, wording here. It says it makes arcade control panel uh, assembly quick and painless. No more tightening button fasteners with channel locks or clunky pliers. How many times have you done that? A bunches. Yep. Uh, easy to access both commonly used one and one eighth inch plastic nuts and 15 sixteenth inch PAL nuts, even with the switches and wiring still in place. That's the value That's the add. Thing that kills me. That's the thing that makes it worth the worth the money. This is laser cut from six oh six one T six aluminum, which complements any DIYs toolbox. Which means you and me, Brent, we got to get us yep. one. So here's the thing: it's ten bucks, okay, per. And it, this and, thing looks like a double headed 
uh, open open ended wrench. Open ended wrench. Not to yeah. downplay it because obviously no, no, no. I've yet to make one. Exactly. Yeah, but I didn't think of this. Now I've got a tool for the for the large plastic nuts like you have on yeah. uh, micro switch sticks. You're talking about the black cylinder. The, the, the black, black cylindrical cylinder. Cylinder. Yeah. yeah. Now what this, sh- this is better. Though, what, I yeah, I like this better. What usually eats my lunch is the the leaf <laughs> switches. Yeah. Like either on a, a control panel for a classic game or a pinball where yeah. you've got that pound nut that captures it but you've got a leaf switch riding over the top of it yeah and what i end up doing is i'll get a pair of needle nose pliers and i'll grab a lip of that pound and, nut and, and, and give her a little I, I yeah i know but that's that's that's, that's kind of hokey yeah it yeah. is it's hokey i this mean it slides works. right in there and just works yeah i mean it's 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 great and, and it's real know, thin it's very thin uh 15 degree uh design it says allows for pre- precise positioning for hard to reach places uh you know i, I mean for ten dollars per i hope this dude sells a thousand of them yeah you know in all honesty he deserves to because he he just came up with a better mousetrap I'm looking, what's what in my, I'm looking what's in my paypal right now okay <laughs> yeah fair, fair enough fair enough so so yeah the bit wrench man um i i, I just it's just one of those things it's like why didn't i order that prior you know yeah um okay so the last thing on on the arcade side brent is uh midway monitor bubbles now i had no idea okay that there were so many different types of monitor bubbles okay on midway games but uh there's a gentleman on the on cloth uh going by 3d arcade games and like i say we'll have uh have a link in the show notes but what he is doing is he is charging twenty dollars shipped on the small two rib bubbles and and you can think of these monitor bubbles it's the it's the plastic cap that goes over what would be the protruding neck that sits you know the neck of the monitor that sits at an angle that comes out of the back of like some of the cabaret games i know gorf has a bubble on it wizard of war has a bubble on it too and what's the two the little round two rib one i've never seen that one this one goes on wizard of war oh okay okay. Uh, according to the thread okay okay now he does make some additional bubbles but they didn't if you if you read through the thread there's a lot of discussion on which bubble fits which games and he's like and 3d arcade games to his credit he's like listen i don't have all these bubbles i don't know what fits what because i don't have access to everything Mm -hmm. but i'm reproducing what i do have access to and that right there is the is the the solid that he's doing for the hobby because you know he's getting you know he's getting everything um he's getting everything that he has access to reproduced and i think that's i think that's really cool so do i have a need for it no am i interested in it uh, yeah i mean it's you know if you ever if you ever need one you at least know to the at least you know the guy to go and oh, ask is, looks like he's cast or uh, uh, molded a couple in clear too yeah. that's kind of cool. yeah it is it's, it's pretty cool and the price is right and hey he may not have the bubble you need but if you felt the you know the need or you were that serious about getting a game restored i'm sure you could ship him one and work something out to where he reproduced the one that you shipped him you know from a size perspective so i i don't know i just never thought i'd really see those reproduced i mean of all the games out there how many games had monitor bubbles on them not a lot you know but it just goes to show man in this hobby it's the people of the hobby that get it done you know Mm -hmm. so i I think that's really cool um and the last thing i want to cover here brent is something that i thought was uh was actually pretty sweet um this is called the dmd saver okay and this is um, th- this particular um, this particular circuit board is something that is being reproduced, okay, uh, from a, a company called German Pinball, okay, on Pinside. 
And uh, we'll, like I say, we'll, we'll have a link uh, in the show notes. But uh, the DMD saver from German Pinball is meant to lower the operating voltage with a with a replaced diode, where they can make um, different diodes on older displays find just enough voltage to light the DMD in such a way that it reduces the brightness of the DMD and then extends the life of the DMD. Okay. Now he's got three different versions of this board. Okay, and like I say, just going just going by you know just going by what what we've got here in the uh, in the in the show notes, you know he's got uh, version one, a version two, and then a version three that is specifically for WPC ninety five games, and you know it's it's neat to see um, you know, it's neat to see how this works out. One thing I will say, Brent, is this tends to based upon the three versions of the boards that he has, it looks like he is covering almost every single game type available. I mean, the Stern, you know, the Sam system from Stern, um, you know, Gottlieb boards. I mean, the, the whole, the, just the, the whole nine yards. It's, it's crazy, you know? So anyway, you know, without going into this, uh, it, without going into the entire list, um, you know, it's, I mean, we're talking yeah, Sega's this is huge. White Star, the Capcom games, uh, version twos for WPC DCS dot matrix, the Fliptronics one and two and so on down the line. I mean, the list is just, the list is just huge so uh like i say we'll we'll have a link on Pinside. you can go take a look at it um i mean is this something that i would put on my machines um i mean the the three pinball machines i have are newer sterns i don't really feel the need to do that but but if you have at least not today did you mention the price what's the price um i did not mention the price and And i did the reason i asked that is, is i'm not sure if i would do this personally for a home use game but if but i was routed, routed yes. yeah 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 dude uh there is no doubt about it if if we're talking a routed game uh, i would be all over this because the thing is and and he mentions this in the thread okay with a lot of dmds going upwards of 500 bucks to replace an older style dmd yeah this is way better than doing that you know, so yeah, it's it's something to look at. You know, like I say, I don't I don't know that it has applicability to every single game or to every you know single scenario um, that our listeners may run across. But hey, man, you know what? If you've got that older game and or it's, if you just want it in your house or like this, I mean, exactly. You know, I mean, it's it's it, a, it's it, a good for option. you. It might make perfect sense. That's exactly right. It yep. might make perfect sense. So so yeah, so Brent, that's that's kind of a, a, a I guess a capture of what new and notable uh new and notable in the uh, parts and restoration side uh for this month whitney it looks like we've had quite a bit of feedback and uh oh I, I know gosh, i know that last little bit was a mouthful it's and, been rolling strong and guess what you're going to get to read all this too. <laughs> well man i'm going to need i'm going to need some help okay you know because there there you is just a wanna, bit. you just want to make me read on air again that, exactly 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 that's a that's a bridge to failure <laughs> well brent you know here before we close out the show i mean uh this is probably my second favorite part of the show because we 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 get to call out everybody who's taking some time right <laughs> call again. them out yeah. yeah yeah exactly give them a shout out you know for everybody that's taking some time uh you know out of their day to to write in and uh you know and really just uh you know really just give us give us some feedback on the show so brent i'll take uh i'll tell you what brent i'll take the first yeah, two well i was gonna say the first one it looks like it uh fits right in your wheelhouse and the second one 
uh, from uh, Bill here. Looks like it fits right in mine. Yeah, so. th- there you go. Yeah, yeah. And, and so what I'll say real quick, we hadn't talked about this, but the second one from Bill, uh, just you know, it's a comment submitted on the website. Okay, okay gotcha. so that's the reason why the formatting looks a little different in the OneNote. That so, no one else can see. Okay, yeah, gotcha. no one else can see because you know, <laughs> podcasting is a visual medium. You know, yes, absolutely, absolutely. As we sit here and wave our hands. So uh, this first one is uh, an email uh, or it's submitted by the contact form on the website. Uh, it's from Todd McCullough, and Todd writes in. He says, "Hey guys, I love the." show i hear that whitney was on a recent trip to seattle i wanted to extend an invitation to you both if you ever find yourself in the seattle area again i live on nearby bainbridge island 30 minute ferry ride from downtown i've got a game room with some diverse games i think you guys would enjoy playing hit me up the next time you're in the neighborhood my cell number which we will not read on air no 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 we're not gonna read the 20 no uh, okay there's we got to find a beep sound for that you know are you sure Uh, yes i'm positive i I would not do todd that way so Uh, well i'm not you (laughs) Todd's number is... (laughs) And Todd says, keep up the great work as we frantically move past Brent. Keep up the great work. He says, "Uh, P.S., I hope to meet you guys at Expo. I'm easy to spot. I'm seven feet tall. And I'm like, whoa, seven foot tall. That's um, that's pretty daggone tall. (laughs) So, yeah, Todd, I I will say this. um, I'm not. I'll say this much. I'm not. I'm not. Neither am I. but uh, Todd, we appreciate you writing in, and uh, you know, Brent, I am going uh, back out to Seattle uh, in October, and I'm going to get in touch with Todd, and I'm going to go see his game room because I want to spend some time with a listener of the show, man. It's it'd be a great opportunity to do it, so and make a new friend and uh, see what I what I'm suspecting to be. A most awesome game, right? Well, take me along in spirit and maybe Skype me. I, I, will, I will do that. I've, I've made it to the to that coast, but not that far north. Yeah. So um, yeah. Uh, I don't see that I'm going to make it out there anytime soon, but I know you will be. Yeah. So, so I, I'll tell you what, Todd, I will. Uh, he gave us his email address, Todd. I'm going to reach out to you uh, out of band, and we will set something up, man. That'll be fun. This is, and we got one from Bill. Yeah. And this, like you said, coming oh, this, from. Yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> great podcast. I lo- love your overview of the wells gardner 4600 but i still hate the monitor <laughs> oh that's oh all. my gosh it's awesome stomped on me yeah yep the yep. horizontal uh width is made of freaking cardboard and i'm sorry <laughs> no, no, horizontal width coil. yeah exactly now what do you guys say about that brent i still love it <laughs> exactly just, just treat it just treat it like the sweet gentle flower that it is <laughs> the sweet delicate flower that it is oh me oh that's but yeah great feedback uh so uh, yeah bill I, I, yeah i'd rather have that over the plastic no. one on a on a geo 7 i could look at it funny it, and it shatters and it shatters and falls apart but yes. yes you're right it is made of cardboard and if i told you i'd never broke one i'd be lying yeah so. that, <laughs> hey it's all good man we're working on 30 year old stuff so uh facebook though brent that has been uh that's been rolling strong man um so if if we look at all the people that have uh, you know posted a you know put a post on our page or commented up i'll take this first one here uh you know jake danzig who has who has uh posted on the page a couple times before uh definitely you know great listener jake we appreciate you doing this man he posted up about the cartoon booths and i thought it was interesting that he said never would i thought i would have heard the top of these cartoon booths coming up on it on an arcade pod you any carto- podcast you've got to have a cartoon booth well dude I, what i'm saying is you're making them cool again i get you're bringing them back <laughs> i'm owning this <laughs> yeah, you should own I, the cartoon there's booth something thing. i want to own it's the yeah. cartoon booth yeah, yeah own the whole cartoon booth movement man you so know, you're bringing it back that, that uh, uh those pictures and the comments for that 
particular post have been going strong. There's been yes. a lot of people jumping yeah. in, a lot of people liking it, yeah. a lot of conversation back and forth. Uh, I know it was mentioned that that people have found them at auctions, but they were gutted, and I assume left them. Yeah, there's ways around that, and you know, if anybody out there has has a cartoon booth or cartoon theater, whatever you want to call it. I am more than happy to give up my scripts. Yeah. Uh, You'll even waive your nominal setup fee, won't oh, you? Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. The first okay. time yeah, the first time it's free. Yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, I got, first I, I give you the cartoon <laughs> booth at first, and then I sell them to you <laughs> exactly. once, you're, once you're hooked. That's right. So, yeah, uh, the scripts that I use to set up the pie to do uh, what it does in my booth, I'm more than happy to share that. So if you get a booth out there and you don't have cartoons, you don't have a projector, the projector's broke, whatever, you know, just shout out. And, you know, like I said, I'm more than happy to share that stuff with you. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and Eddie Cox, he posted some pics of of a recent game haul, and Eddie he's just showing off. Eddie's showing off, but but it was in a good way. So there was there was some pretty cool stuff there. He got a raven. I know. I saw that. I saw that. Ravens, I think Ravens coming back. Those, uh, that series yeah. of Gottlob games. Yes, they're starting to get kind of warm. Well, you on know, their way to hot. They, they are because that that's the same style of game that the Gottlob that the uh, I'm sorry that the Goonies pinball retheme was done out oh, of was Hollywood it? Heat. Okay, so yeah, the same style. I keep so, hearing I keep hearing Raven Hollywood Heat come up quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's some there's some uh, there's some fledgling popularity there that seems to be growing. So yeah, so yeah, Eddie. Post Posted, posted some pics of, of yeah some several nice games. You had a centipede, a Popeye in there, and some other stuff too. Our uh, production assistant, oh, our under yeah. our underpaid production assistant, yeah. Sean O'Shea. Yeah. Say that real fast. Yeah. Sean, our underpaid production assistant, Sean O'Shea. Yeah, and Sean, I promise to correct that never. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> collected a he's collected a bunch of links that relate to a presentation that Whitney and I gave at SFGE. So. Uh, Whitney and I were actually talking about this before the show. We've yeah. got video of those presentations, and it's yeah. just a matter of time where we can digest the video and, and get them up. So I can see that Sean's work is going to be a great companion to, yes, to yes. one of the videos where uh, we discussed a lot about tools and just, just different things related to the hobby. Yeah, and Sean, thank you for taking the time to do that. So, I mean, he he had a very nice summary of, of everything that we talked about. And I, I, Brent, I do have it on my shoulders to pull that presentation render it to pdf and then get that along with all the you know the the tool links and stuff posted on the website i, I will do that and uh, uh, sean admittedly i'm going to cabbage some of your work to do that <laughs> so thank you thank you buddy appreciate that um chris O'Pa- uh, chris Payne. i'm sorry i almost said chris O'Pain from sean o'shea i'm sorry <laughs> every, every yeah everybody's irish yeah, this show. that's that's right now chris Payne, a uh, friend of the show chris he posted up from the silver ball museum and Asbury Park, New Jersey, and from our friend Richie Knuckles' arcade. Brent, he was wearing his BT t-shirt, man. Dude, he looks so cool. You know, uh, why doesn't everybody do that? I, I don't know. We, we need to start another movement, man. I think, you know, there's there's a contest in here somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and I have to get together on that. But, you know, if yeah. you've got pictures wearing our gear. Yeah. 
please send them along. If yeah. you don't have our gear, why don't you have yeah, our exa- gear? Exactly, exactly. I mean, all you have to do is uh, just send us a contact form on the website, and we can get you a shirt. We can get a shirt out to you. L- l- let's just be honest, Whitney. This entire show is a front to e- expand our ego because we want people to wear a shirt yeah. that doesn't necessarily have our name on it, but is something related to us. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's real thin, but it's, it's, I mean, it's yeah, it's a thin. I guys, can see the but, connection. Yeah, yeah. but it's it, it's thin but real. So yeah, that's that's exactly it. But yeah, if anybody's interested in helping to uh, support the show, I mean, we do sell T-shirts. Um, I don't have a cart system up on the website yet, and it's just due to lack of time. But uh, you know, as Chris did, I, and I've got to give props to Chris. Chris just he just did a contact form on the website and said, "Hey guys, I want to buy one of your shirts," and we got him hooked up. So you know, it's a uh, very. You know, we, we, we don't talk about this, but we do have shirts for sale. We do. Yeah, we, we do. We, we take shirts to show, shows. Yeah. What, what is it with me and all the S's? <laughs> we take shirts to show. <laughs> uh, someone's going to slip out here and we're going to get a, a bad rating yeah, or a bleep. Yeah, no, the bleep, a bleep will fix many things. Yeah. We take shirts to shows and yeah. we're very appreciative uh, of folks that, that purchase shirts. We do have shirts available. Yeah. Uh, and like Whitney said, just reach out with a, the contact uh, uh, form on what's the what's the pricing? Whitney? Yeah, it's uh, it's fifteen dollars for anything running uh, up through XL, and then two uh, XL and three XL are eighteen dollars, and then it's probably going to be like five bucks shipping just to, just to cover me stuffing it in a box and getting it to you priority mail. Okay, so honestly, you pay for it and like two days later, you'll have a shirt. So that's that's the way that it goes. So if anyone out there would like to have one, we'll uh, be glad to hook you up. Oh and, yeah, and then down the road, we we're really aiming to have a shopping cart up yeah yeah we we talked about this a lot of times it's a labor of love it is it's a a labor of love so we do it when we can yeah that's exactly right but uh, yeah chris he was awesome he posted pictures he was out and about and he posted pictures with his family they were eating and just everything else and he had the shirt is is just it was sweet why they all weren't wearing shirts uh, we'll have to correct that well we're gonna have to blame chris (laughs) uh (laughs) <laughs> no, but Chris is a great, great, great uh, supporter. So, Chris, man, we thank you. So, Philip Millwood has uh, he sent us a post to a Soviet arcade. Yes, and I have seen various posts and, and pictures and, and stories over the years about arcades in in the the former Soviet Soviet Union. This one I haven't seen. So, uh, Check it's it kind out of and read it. it's, it's kind of it's interesting. Crazy that when you look at what the First of all, that they had games of some type is amazing because if you think about the history of the Soviet Union, the state basically had to have set aside resources for someone to produce these games. And I've seen EM games, I've seen early, but from our perspective, uh, solid state type games, a lot of them kind of seem reminiscent of games that are stateside almost like they were maybe copies or inspired by and others are like what is that yeah but it's just it is like another it's it's the uh it's the movie trailer guy in a world where yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's another world it's, and it's another world it's really interesting to see i mean it's it's crazy how the games that were popular in the soviet union you know during that time so yeah so philip thank you for posting that i mean uh, everybody seriously Everybody owes it to themselves to just take five to ten minutes and go read that article, and it, it's an education, if nothing else. 
So Mike Martin got in on the top 10 list fun. Yeah. He sent in his list of top 10 games, and it looks like there's also some pins in here. Yeah, yeah. So so what do we have here, Brent? Number 10 is Tapper. <laughs> Love it. Uh, nine is Paperboy. Love it. Uh, eight is uh, the Pole Position Cockpit. Uh, love it times two. Seven is Cubert. Oh, I'd love that one as well. Six is the Czechs Bubble Hockey. Now, you know something? That's... I've never really considered putting one of those in my game room. I have not played one of those since the days of Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. And every time I talk to someone that has one, it, it it's like the bell of the ball. It, it, it is. is the it, game. It's, it's like the thing that everybody gravitates toward and plays. And, and I'm thinking it's kind of maybe like pinball in that it's the physical aspect of it. Yeah, I'm guessing. I think so. I, just the I, maybe the the teamwork aspect, or you know, multiplayer, or whatever. But yeah, it's inter- interesting uh, pick for sure. Uh, five is Baby Pac-Man. What do you think about that? Uh, I had I had an opportunity to buy at least one, and uh-huh. I ended up turning it down because it was damaged. Yeah. So from that point on once i finally got to, to where i could physically see it it was too damaged for me to, yeah you know, i had made a trip and i wasn't two wrongs weren't gonna make a right <laughs> yeah you know understood. it was it buying it because i made the trip was not gonna make the trip worth it yeah, so i left uh, it yeah understood so I, I started to kind of keep an eye out for one from that point on and i had an opportunity to some months what however long after that to play one that had just been gone through end to end was it fun i didn't like it. see that's me and and, and mike i appreciate you submitting the list but uh, it, but you know but with that it, it just shows what people like and how different we are yeah i've played baby pac-man on numerous occasions and cannot get into it. I, I, I don't know if it's just the mismatch between pinball and video and just how the video is the video side's done and how short the play field is from a pinball perspective. I, I don't know, man. I just but I never that, get into it. You know, I threw out Area 51 earlier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And e- even being kind of repetitive and, you know, no real surprises in it, I think yeah. the only real surprise in it is the occasional alien that'll pop out like coming like a window shade from the yeah, side from and the like side uh, other than that i mean it's it's not a dynamic game yeah. i mean once you play it you start to know where everything's at and yeah. then it's just keep up with it yeah uh i like it but but you know baby pac-man's got a huge following i mean yeah. there, the people people who love this game love this game you know so yeah you know it would be terrible it, interesting choice man if someone pushed you know this would be terrible if someone pushed an Area 51 off of a building on top of a baby Pac-Man. <laughs> Ooh, that would be... <laughs> that would be where two wrongs do make it right, Brent. <laughs> this, we've just gotten deeply philosophical, yes, Mike. Yes, we have. We've taken your list and gone philosophical. <laughs> yeah. Number four is Satan's Hollow, one Love of Whitney's it. favorites. Love it. And uh, now we're starting to get into some pins. Number three yeah. is Revenge from Mars. Way fun pin. Two is World Cup Soccer. A way fun pin, yes. And number one is the Simpsons Pinball Party. And definitely way fun pin. So, yeah, solid choices uh, on just about everything on that list. So, yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, thanks thanks for sending that in, Mike. We certainly, certainly appreciate that. And you Speaking know, of pinball. Yeah. We have um, we have a comment. It was actually, it turned into a, a, actually a fairly interesting discussion on the new Game of Thrones. Yeah, we did, we didn't even discuss 
discussed this earlier. No, but. no. I mean, we've gone an entire show. Um, and as Sean O'Shea says, uh, listener Sean O'Shea says, he's going to start measuring our show length and the number of commutes that he can get out <laughs> of, out of the episode, uh, you know, to and well, from the, work. Sean, just looking at the meters right now. Yeah. Uh, from what I've seen and what I know I've got to add. We got a is, week. We got a week for you. Yeah, this is going to be a long one. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so this, this is great. So fellow Clover, uh, Griffin. Okay. Joel, uh, Joel Griffin died, um, reached out to us on Facebook after we made the post uh, about Stern, you know, announcing, announcing Game of Thrones, yeah. Uh, yeah, announcing Game of Thrones. And this is worth reading because this, I mean, this is, he's got some valid points and this is great because it's not all the lovey-dovey gushy stuff that a lot of people do as soon as Stern announces or shows a new game. So listen to this. He goes, sorry guys, I'd, I'd, I'd have to say this thing looks like total junk. The art and layout are disgusting. The castle on the premium edition looks like a peel and stick uh, kids model from the back of a cereal box. I have no idea why people get so enthused over such poor design. Now, have they shown? I, I admit I have not followed this. This has only been announced a few days as of this recording. They've just shown renders, so they haven't actually. Sh- and when you say render, it's it's a picture of the whole game. Oh, it's it's full. Yeah, I mean it's full art. It's full art. But are they it's showing playfield? So they're showing a picture of a computer rendered version of the play field. Yes, yes. So you don't really get a sense of depth or No, it's 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 in it's in um it's in side it's it's like side perspective 3D view. Almost like almost like I'm sitting well I again podcasting yeah. it's hard to show. But almost think about it like you put you put a stool, okay, on the front right hand corner of a game. You okay. draw up your stool, sit down at the front right hand corner of the game, and then you look across the play field from the bottom right hand corner of the play field up to the top left-hand corner of the playfield, so you're it, it, looking up and across the playfield. It looks That's like how the renders are it done. It looks like there's more out now because yeah. I, I yeah. just did Game of Thrones pinball, and there's head-on pictures like from like if you were playing the game. Okay, okay. So there's gotcha. there's but there's I'm not seeing anything that's not just computer generated yeah. at this point yeah so so that's what we've got you know and i'll tell you what i i think i think griffin's got a valid point from from the perspective of you know the the entire public because there's going to be people who like it and people who don't i did respond to him i said you know and, and just to kind of paraphrase we're just talking about them being a, you know a render and brent i've never seen game of thrones i don't know much i don't about, know I don't, anything I don't about know it much i know peter dinklage is in it yeah so that's probably makes it pretty awesome just because he's there but i Outside of that, I just don't know much about the franchise. Okay, but just looking, uh, just looking at the games themselves, there's a pretty star. If you look at the renders, there's a pretty stark difference between the pros and the premiums, man. From you know, I mean, there's an entire upper play, upper playfield where the castle is, and and everything oh, that's like that's not that. in the pro. No, it's not in the pro. The pro is a looks like a single level playfield, and and honestly, there doesn't look like there's much on the pro playfield to me today see right one, now one picture i glanced at early it looked very stark yes and um, yes. um this might be this what i'm flipping through right now this might be the pro because yeah there's other stuff in this upper left no that's probably just an earlier rendition i, I don't know because this looks vastly different than the, than the play field with the castle the, yes uh, the castle it, the castle is basically like an upper play field with sides around it to make uh-huh. it look like a castle yeah to make it look like a castle it's on the upper left hand corner of the play field the pro play field 
looks almost empty by comparison, doesn't it? I, I mean, I think so. Yeah, I think this is a pro here. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. there's just nothing over there. There's nothing there. It's just, it just. I mean, there's some wire form, you know, ball return rails and stuff like that. But yeah. man, it, it just, it doesn't look, it doesn't even look like That's close a to the same ma- game. I mean, it's a major difference. It's isn't a it? major difference. Yeah. I, this is a yeah. more close up picture. You're right. It's, it's got major difference. It's, it's basically like a ramp that brings you back around to the right is what that's, it looks like. And that's really about all you got going on. And it looks so. like there's a there's a throne that's on the, assuming these are all valid pictures, it looks like on the pro slash premium, there's a wire form off the right of that upper play field that comes around to a throne. Yeah. And that's not on, the throne isn't on the pro at all. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, there's a ramp that just crosses through that area. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing. I I, I responded back to uh, anyway. to Griffin. Well, I mean, it's yeah, a val- yeah. it's a valid yeah. point. I mean, I responded back to Griffin. I said, listen, we may talk more about this on the next show yeah. because neither of us have. I I have not had an opportunity at all to look at this. Well, I looked at the renders, you know, as part and parcel of posting, you know, posting the uh, the article to the website or I'm sorry to the Facebook page, and I responded back to Griffin. I said, hey man, you know, you've got a valid point, but you know, these are just renders. They look good but we've really got to see you know i i I made the point of it's going to look different when it's released and i'm sure it's going to look better than what the renders show because the renders will show color and in in depth but they they're not going to show texture and they just don't show the physic the physicality of it you know Mm -hmm. they give you an idea of placement but they don't really they don't they cannot compare okay and you know and joe he responded by joel responded back and he said look he goes i love your, your optimism i think the renders are certainly high quality enough give a very realistic idea of the final product and he goes he talked a little bit about the wall street journal you know picking up the article and stuff like that but get this he had some pretty stern words for stern right here think about this he said sorry don't mean to be a negative nelly he said this is the this is the hype marketing of established brands slapped on a very expensive lunchbox as usual the pinball community are uh, the community uh, are losing their minds ready to throw money at gary stern's table scraps you know what do you think about that i mentioned this that uh on the i'm not all the way through it but of the current episode of the pinball podcast yeah don and jeff show yeah and i apologize for not having the number in front of me but uh, i didn't know i was gonna go here well heck half the time when i know i'm going somewhere i don't have the notes so (laughs) yeah uh they mentioned that someone on pin side at least one person yeah i kind of got the impression that this wasn't a unique circumstance that they had no they had already said i have no idea about the show but it's a steve ritchie game so i'm buying it huh interesting yeah kind of i i mean it's it's a it's it's almost saying the same thing but in but in reverse you know it's interesting so so yeah so 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 i'll say this griffin thanks for the for the comments i mean it was definitely thought-provoking and i can't say he's wrong i mean no i can't can't say he's wrong i mean honestly it's a good perspective i I, I see his side and i see stern's side i mean we've made this comment about prior stern games that um they're the the wrestle wrestle uh, right, wrestlemania wrestle i was gonna say yeah. wrestle fest wrestlemania is a perfect example you've got the following of people for that entity yes for that franchise for that franchise yeah that will buy it simply because it has that name and those because, characters and stuff right. all over it. that's right that's right so, so it 
it fuels the fire of interest for me because I really want to see what this one comes out to look like because there is just so much of a difference between what I see on the pros and the premiums. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if what Joel mentions is uh, actually is true. We'll have to give this a good thrashing on the next show. Definitely show. Definitely so. So here's one from Twitter. Out of Twitter. Yeah, this is, is, yeah, moving on to Twitter. Sorry, Brent. From Supersonic Brewing. And uh, uh, (laughs) he he invoked your name on this and this was pretty pretty good this is pretty good he he tagged the game room junkies and us and Uh says saw this at the chive which i'm not sure what that is it's probably it's probably a magazine i think it's a magazine kind of like a a, well it's a it's a web web web-based magazine oh is it okay yeah i think so so. saw this on at the chive brent's a car guy right uh may have found his next project so what it looks like hilarious is this i can't tell if that's a minivan it's it looks like like a dodge caravan like an old school caravan and then in the back of it there's a wood grain flat panel and countersunk in the panel (laughs) is uh an amp yeah and right in the middle looks like about a 12 inch sub yeah and then behind it is a probably a a 13 inch yeah 13 15 inch tv old school tv yeah next to that is an old school boom box with an atari 2600 (laughs) and four atari carts and a controller all set there so oh and is that vodka on the on the right hand corner it's it's vodka on the right hand corner and all of this looks like it is literally stapled to a sheet of unfinished plywood yes yeah Yeah. and it's in (laughs) it's like it's like backup retro party yeah and they did it in a day is what they did did they no 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 i'm saying that's i mean kudos to them but it it, kind of has the finish level of it's like oh we did that on a saturday afternoon we're just gonna we're just gonna we're gonna have fun with this we're just gonna have fun with this and that that's what they got yeah it's it was that is hilarious yeah so yeah super Supersonic Brewing, uh, yeah, thanks for that. I wonder if I wonder if the the volume from the TV runs through that amp and that one sub. <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh, you, you know, what, man, dude, I'd hate to think that it wouldn't. You know, that, that's <laughs> that, that's what would make that special. You know. All right, uh, Wayne, why don't you grab the next one? Yeah, Damon Jackie, uh, it's Hoover nine thirteen uh, reported in and sent us a tweet, and uh, he sh- he shows um, he he posts some pictures of uh, a post that came from originally from historical pics, and it's Toru uh, uh, Awatani shows his original drafts for Pac Man, and I don't think I butchered that name. I hope I didn't, but I can say it in my head. But then when you have to speak it, it comes out different. But nonetheless, yeah, Brent, I think these pictures floated around several months back but i saw it and it's just like man that is just so cool and you can see uh you can just see all of these hand-drawn uh renders of of pac-man of, you know of, of one the of, pac-man sprites you know, one of the, yeah, one cool. of the panels is one of the pages is what one two three four five so it's 10 panels total yeah, yeah. uh in two columns of five of yeah. each of the sprites that represent pac-man dying, dying. yeah it's it's then, it's way cool did you did you notice the one with the like i assume which was a an early maze drawing where yeah. there's like the little rectangular space in the at the bottom, at the bottom where the yes. score is in your yeah. in your pac-man count is yeah i kind of I, actually i kind of like that better than how it actually rendered out you know so i, I think it's that's different. actually kind of cool it's different so it, it, it breaks away from what was kind of that norm of games to have the the, the high scores at the top yeah. and stuff like that yeah so. uh, this next one brent I'll, I'll let you do this one because th- this one's awesome i had uh, after episode 32 had had posted i took the picture of me and 
Hulk Hogan, and I Hogan myself up, and I posted it on Twitter, and I said, obligatory episode uh, 32 selfie, brother, and then I posted a picture of Hulk Hogan and I, you know, and then what does Jeff Waldron say? Jeff Waldron comes back and says, uh, he, meaning Hulk Hogan, looks like he could crush you, Whitney. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's half a head taller than you. Oh, yeah. He's a... He's a... Big guy. He's a he's a big dude. But yep. uh, uh, Jeff, um, I don't think you're necessarily wrong. I would just need a running start to find a baseball bat or yeah, something. You, you know, <laughs> yeah, two man in or one man lead. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but no, all serious. All joking aside, Hogan was so Hulkster was so accommodating. Just uh, he was a great great guy to uh, to even you know take his time to do that. So, um, but yeah, it's it, that was an interesting interesting. Uh, run in right there so whitney is this chris Payne? is this an itunes review it is yeah we've got we've got an itunes review so chris we, thanks for like, taking the time to do we'd that. like to thank chris for doing this yeah. we would also ask that everyone else with <laughs> itunes do this please. yeah please please yeah this is this is neat says uh it goes on to read whitney and brent bring you informative fun and inspiring stories of their arcade and pinball collecting repair and playing experiences in a friendly down-to-earth kind of way they do an excellent job of comprehensively covering each topic they bring to the table including deep dive segments <laughs> i think he said we're long-winded <laughs> yeah well that's well this may be the truth uh what's going on uh, what's going on with each of their game rooms and more that keeps me interested and along for the ride every month thanks uh to you both for all you do for us and keeping us up to date and informed with your awesome podcast well chris uh we certainly appreciate that we man. do appreciate yeah, it chris we've said this a million times it's definitely a labor of love <laughs> it and turns into that we it? uh it is a labor yeah and we do love to do and it and we do love to do it that's exactly right so i guess brent uh, that's that's the feedback and uh, some emails that i've got for the month here to wrap up the show uh don't we think we don't have anything uh, you know going on the road this month uh, thank goodness i mean like I say i've got some upcoming work travel and and i've actually i'm i will uh be out of town myself a little bit this coming um in the coming weeks well, so hopefully you find some games uh, somewhere along the way so it'd be interesting to see if what, i do what turns i will up. be reporting back excellent excellent uh as far as shows and events uh brent i will admit i have been uh a little short on beefing this uh segment of the show up i've not seen anything come past my desk either no no not not much i mean i, I do know we have pinball expo uh going on uh the 14th through the 18th of october in chicago uh, in chicago and you can find out more about that at pinballexpo.net i don't think i know I definitely will not be able to go to that just due to uh, some prior commitments. Uh, but we had a good time last year, and I'm sure it will be a great show. If uh, if folks out there have shows that they're going to attend that they are actually organizing, let us know. Reach out to us, Brent at uh, BrokenToken.com or Whitney, W-H-I-T-N-E-Y at BrokenToken.com. There's also the, the feedback form on the website. Yep. yep find us facebook find us let us know and you know we'll we'll talk about it on the show oh yeah for sure and uh, real quick brent before we turn it over to christy to uh to to go ahead and kick us out i just want to say uh thank you to uh rob flack o'hara for letting us uh ride on the throwback network a fantastic uh network full of podcasts uh if you are of the retro minded or i'm sorry of the retro mindset you can find tons of uh interesting shows to listen to there so uh, Rob, we, we thank you, and uh, we're proud to be on his network. Check that out at uh, throwbacknetwork.net. Yep, .net. Um, iTunes, please leave us a, a review and uh, rate the show. It does help us to get noticed and uh, definitely increases our reach. And of course, you can find us on Stitcher Radio 
and Xbox Music. Yep. Uh, social media, just Facebook.com slash Broken Token. Our website at BrokenToken.com and on the Twitters at Broken Token. All right, Whitney. It's been a heck of an episode. It has. It's had its ups and its downs. Well, uh, they've all been ups. They they may have sounded a little down, but they've They've all been been ups. ups. They have been all been ups. Yeah, we've we've cut some new ground. We hope everybody uh, enjoyed this month's episode, and we look very forward to bringing you another episode uh, next month of the show. But until then, uh, we will say game on. Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode, they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with, but I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britt and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes store and on our Stitcher Radio page, as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Litzy. And that's me. <laughs> Music for the Broken Token Podcast, graciously provided by Hacy Dixie. Head over to their website at www.hayseed-dixie.com for videos, tour dates, merchandise, and to purchase music. You all right? Yeah, I was hoping you'd just go on with it. No, no. I, just, I, was, <coughs> I was wanting to make sure a boot wasn't going to fly out of there, man. That's why, that's why I muted my... Okay. Yeah, I know. You're all good. Now that is an outtake. We didn't have anything funny in here, so I'm going to stop this. (laughs) (laughs) I felt felt uncomfortable. This is so inappropriate. Uh, So, Brent, this is... uh, uh, (laughs) 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 Kind of like big guns. Dude, that's so big guns. <laughs> that's, that's so big guns. You jump the shark. Hey, Whitney. Before we get into the feedback, it looks like uh, there's a there's. <laughs> Excuse me while I untie my tongue. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs>